everyone, and welcome to Garage Hammer, episode 42. On tonight's episode, special guests, Grant Better, Ryan Noble, and Chris Yu discuss their time at Wakaka with Christopher. So, without any further ado, here are your hosts, David Whitetech and Christopher Barnett. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 42, the answer to life, the universe, and everything. Yes, it's Hammersode 42. We made it this far <laughs> to Garage Hammer. My name is Christopher Barnett. And I'm Skip Stevenson. And together, we are Wild Stallions. <laughs> we are. So in case you all just said, did that dork just say Hammersode 42? Let me explain that because that will absolutely not become a regular thing on this show. But uh, I was finishing up the editing while you guys were at PACA last weekend yeah, or whenever. Yeah, yeah. And Heather heard the beginning of the show. And I had the whole show done except for the Hey Behabas. Yeah. So I was testing the volume. So I'm playing that. And I'm listening to it. And she hears the announcer say, You know what he says. And uh, he, yeah, the announcer. Him. The cast of thousands. That's, Remember that. Yeah. Shush. That's Shush. That separate person. Exactly. And she thought he said on tonight's hammer sewed. And I'm like, hammer? No. He said, she's like, it sounded like that. So I played it back and she's like, I just thought you reached a completely new level of complete dorkiness. So we I, did. We're doing this. So then I said, well, I am now absolutely 100% going to call it a hammer sewed. Except she's not going to listen. I know. But just the fact that she knows I'm doing it, I win. So you win. Yay! You win! <laughs> I rolled a six. I win. Yay! I'm, I'm playing third edition talisman. I win. <laughs> Speaking of winning, we should take a minute to thank our sponsors. Like Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. Unseen Lurker, the tabletop wargaming magazine. Game Preserve Stores located throughout Indiana. Urza's Den, custom painting and sculpting. Battle Foam, protecting your army. And Weird Worlds Terrain. Ooh. What's your world? <laughs> you can find links and information for all of our sponsors, both in the show notes and also on our website, garagehammer.net. That was pretty all right. Hey, that, that was, was adequate. That, it was terrific. Uh, we got two shout outs. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Okay, and let me throw this out here because I know Mark Zelinsky's listening and he did send us a shout out. Mm -hmm. He said there was no rush on it and he didn't want to double down. Okay. And we had this other one come in and this one's kind of timely. Okay. And then we had one that actually we missed. Right. And that's my fault. In the big Give Chris Thousands of Things hubbub, some people sent in donations for the show and donations for you at the same time. When they did that, uh, one of them was a shout-out, and I totally sidetracked and put the shout-out into a separate folder. Oh, I see. And, like, totally lost it. Okay. So that was from Matt Teeter. He's on the forums, and he's just like, um, hey, you ever going to read? Where's that in the queue? Because that was, like, you know, two months ago. I was like, oh, crap. So let's do Matt Teeter's first, since it's months old. Uh, yeah. Shout-out from Matt Teeter, Leap and Lizard, on right. our forums. Right. I want to thank David, Christopher, and all the other podcasters out there that are helping make, are helping take this hobby to a higher level. If it wasn't for all you sharing thoughts, information, tips, and giving us forums and blogs to add our thoughts and ideas to, where would our hobby be? You've helped make our worldwide community one click away. Thanks to all of you who take the time and energy to create these platforms for the rest of us. Lastly, I'd like to say hello to all my fellow hobbyists who hang out at the War Room and thank Wayne Berry, the owner, for giving us a place to paint, 
and to play our war games. If you're ever in Traverse City, Michigan area, stop in and get a game in. So, Thanks, Mark. Thank, thank you, you very much. You know, it's not just us. I mean, there are a lot of podcasts out there that are doing the same thing. Ohio Hammer, Point Hammered, and even Heel and Hammer and uh, Bad Dice. I mean, we're all, we're all kind of working together. And uh, it's not just the podcasters, but it's also the players who are jumping in. So really, thank you guys. Yeah, no kidding, huh? We got one other one from Josh Young. Yep. He sent us uh, a shout-out, and he asked us to mention a petition they're putting together. Um, Josh is a Wood Elf player. Oh, this is the petition to come and, out and with. And he's pissed. <laughs> but they're doing so well recently. They, well, I mean, but basically, it you know, all signs point to Empire. And then all signs after that are pointing to Dwarves. dwarves yeah. Although I'm happy that the dwarves are getting a book, you know, I I would admit that probably yeah, the dwarves actually are the last sixth edition book to come out. The yeah. I think the Bretonians were like 2003. The dwarves were, I want to say 2005 or six. Yeah, I mean they were the last sixth edition book. They were the last book that shows you in the pictures. Um, they're ranked up four wide because they're going by the pictures yeah, in some of sixth edition that's rules. That's right. That's right. Um, but you know, Brett's can use one, and so could Wood Elves. Not that Wood Elves aren't playing well because they're winning tournaments around here, but... Doma said Wapaka did really well with the with the Wood Elves. But they're, I mean, but they're not, they don't play like... If, when you read that book and what they're supposed to play like and how you have to play them now, I think we could all agree it's not the army that it was. No, you've got to make best use of what's in that book. Yeah, and people don't, uh, that's not what people... Uh, People want to be able to take their wood elves the way they took them. So, but basically, he asked if you could go to www.ipetitions.com/petition/update-the-wood-elves. Update the wood elves with hyphens in between all the words. Yeah, he just would like us to go and basically, it's a petition. Hey guys, we really would love for you to hurry up with the wood elves. Uh, they kind of need it. I mean, I admit it. I don't, you know. They're certainly due for a facelift. It would be nice to see the new book. But, again, a lot of books are like that. I, I would agree, though, that the Wood Elves and the, the Bretonians yep. are quite due. You know what's kind of funny? Um, a lot of things, Dave. Well, there are a lot of things that are funny. But, you know, I listen to lots of podcasts. In yep. fact, I'm actually getting to the point where I'm going to have to start culling the herd. Yep. Um, but I listen to a lot of – most – most, but not all of my podcasts I listen to are gaming podcasts. And uh, a lot of the 40K podcasts are going on and on and on about how, you know, probably won't be any more fantasy books for the rest of the year because once Sixth Ed comes out in June, it's going to be all 40K. And they're like, End of this year? Yeah. And I keep dreaming there, uh, Spaceworks. Well, what's, cra- what's cracking me up is they keep going, man, I just hope that 40K gets all the love that fantasy got when their book came out and i'm thinking yeah me too yeah because, screw you we had eight months of like dryness well i guess they're also counting um eight months of nothing well they, nothing nothing they also counted uh storm of magic okay and blood in the badlands and those things as part of you know the loving that fantasy was getting but i said you know what in the past it's been what now it's been, uh, july of 2010 so we're looking at it's February, so March, April, May, June, July, so minus five. So 19 months we've had four books. Yep. Well, four official army books, the fifth official Forge World army book. Right, right, right. Well, Forge World's always putting out stuff. Though. It's, a, I mean, it's it, considered yeah. official. They consider it official. Right. Um, but what I'm saying is, I mean, don't don't, don't, don't be crying. You want to get what Fantasy got because we got didn't get an army book for 
Ford, eight or nine months. Yeah, Ford GW published Army Books, one Ford, uh, Warhammer Forge Army Book, and then Blood in the Sun. Or excuse me, <laughs> uh, not Blood in the Sun. What's it called? Uh, Storm of Magic, and then what's the other one called? Uh, Blood in the Badlands. Blood in the Badlands. That's it. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm just I keep listening. I just every time I hear it, oh, I hope we're getting some of that love the fantasy's got. I hope we're getting that love fantasy. Fantasy got didn't everything. They, didn't they get enough? I mean, they got a new well, Dark Eldar. The they got new Necrons. I mean, the well, two books that needed it, they got. But here's the thing. The, in the, I, I in don't the know. exact same amount of time, I mean, since in the time we've gotten four books, so have they. They've gotten Grey Knights. Yeah. they got Necrons. Oh, yeah. I forgot about them. they got Necrons. They've got, what you said, Dark Eldar. And something else came out, too. Necrons, Dark Eldar. It's right before the Dark Eldar, something came I, out. I have but no idea. I mean, since then. I have no idea. But it actually seems like GW is really making up, you know, they're going to start I, I think firing on one, all pistons, I think. I think 40K and fantasy players can meet in the middle and agree in one thing. No more Lord of the Rings. Well, uh, you know what? I'm hoping that this big boost that just came out last week for Lord of the Rings will be one of the few, you know. Now, let's let that sit on the side. They got it all out. Let that sit on the side until uh, until Hobbit comes and then they do the new stuff. Or don't abandon it, but rather give that entire license to someone else who can put all of their attention to it so that GW can focus on 40K and fantasy. Exactly, exactly. Um all right, so that's our uh, shout-outs, our welcome. We'll be uh, back in just a few moments with uh, news and rumors. Sounds great. Hey, folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm. It doesn't separate from the base. They custom cut, design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got Battle Foam cut and designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at BattleFoam.com. Battle Foam, protecting your army. We're back. And we're back. And direct from the future, Chris Yu is here. Hey, Chris. Hey, how you guys doing? <laughs> See, that's an authentic time machine. 21 gigawatts. <laughs> okay, so it's time for the news and rumors section. Chris uh, Chris has uh, deigned to come from the future to talk a little bit about news and rumors. So uh, what we got going here? Well, let's talk about the thing that Chris is here to talk about first, I guess, is Forge World has a new section under the uh, Warhammer Forge. Orcs and Goblins have gotten a section. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. They've got a brand new model. Now, I didn't even recognize this. Chris, uh, Chris, you and I just had this conversation a few seconds ago where he illuminated me to the size of the model. And apparently, the new Orc Rogue Idol mm-hmm. is larger than a giant. It looks that way. Okay. I, they have for scale the, uh, the Empire Running Man. Yeah, the, he comes with uh, the giant. The giant, I, yeah. I actually have one now from the Siege Giant, so mm, okay. going to have to paint him up. Yeah, they have a photo uh, of him next to the Orc Idol for scale, and it's just gigantic. I didn't realize how large that uh, Orc Idol was. Yeah, it's, I mean, like that what Grant was saying uh, before is it's an Arachnorok base turned sideways. Mm-hmm. So it's 150, isn't it 150 by 150 100? 150 wide. So it's 150 no. coming towards you, yeah. Yeah. Um, so three chariots. Now, yeah, let's see. Right. Yep. The thing, it costs 65 pounds. Um, this thing is nice. It's got a movement of seven, which, is that the regular movement for a giant, or is a giant six? Giant, I want to say a six. Uh, it's got a movement of seven. Six. Its weapon skill is four. 
Strength 8, toughness 7, 8 wounds, 4 attacks, leadership 10. It's 400 points. It's a large target, stubborn, terror, killing blow, scaly skin, so it's got 2 up armor save. Mm-hmm. Does D6 plus 3 impact hits. And it's got a rule called Debiggin, uh, which basically means if it's in range to charge, it has to charge. Now, if there's multiple units in range, you could pick which unit you're going to charge. But if it's in range, it has to charge. So it's like the worst possible frenzy. Yeah. Okay. If it's not in range and it's or obviously if it says if it uh, if it's not able to charge or not already in combat because obviously in combat you can't charge, player must roll a d6 on a roll of one. It must charge a friendly unit if one is available to charge, and if no friendly unit is available, it bellows and stomps, doing nothing else this turn. So. If basically, if it's not charging or already in a fight, it's animosity test. If it fails, there's only one result, and that is to it's coming after your own guys. Attack. It's, it's going to attack something, or else it's going to stand there and scream and yell and stomp, mm-hmm. waiting for something to attack. It's a, that is. I like the model. I think the rules look a little fun with a two-up armor save. It costs twice as much as a regular giant. It seems to be at the base at least is twice as big as a regular giant. But dude, eight what did wounds. You, what did you say the toughness is? Strength eight, toughness seven, eight wounds. So it's still no defense against one single can. Well, two cannonballs will kill it. Uh, yeah, conceivably. Yeah. So I mean, it's not invulnerable, and it, like you can even land a, a stone on top of it and do a lot of damage to it. So Certainly the artillery is still an answer for it. Certainly more resilient than your regular artillery is an answer for everything, though. I mean, it really yeah. is. I mean. Well, y- yes, to a point. Artillery is actually, you know, a cannon is no answer for, like, a block of troops, for example, but a cannon will deal with this thing. Right. Well, I'm saying, well yeah, but, I mean, any large large creature, right? It's going to deal with mm-hmm. this, a dragon, a giant, anything. Sure. But it is, uh, it, it's a hell of a lot tougher. It's got more wounds. I mean, if I had a choice between this and a giant. Well, here's the thing, though. It's 400 points. So, Chris, you play the orcs and goblins. It sounds like, obviously, this is going to be something that you take for orcs and goblins. Uh would you put this in your list? I, I try it out. Yeah, I think it gives it uh, a good monster option that they don't that the orcs and goblins don't have a lot of right now. Arachnorock and giant aside, what do you have to give up to take it? What, what do you take in your rares? Mm, I mean, you're probably giving up on uh, war machines and manglers, depending on how big your your list is. So does that I, mean I'm you okay with completely reinvent the army in order to fit it in? Yeah, I think for the most part you would. Okay. I'm okay with not taking any war machines and taking the idol instead because it's such a combat beast. Right. I mean, it d- dishes out a lot of damage, and it demands a lot of attention on the table. But if someone can delete it turn one, for example, I mean, you think that's it? It's I guess that's the, the risk of something. Run. Yeah, that's yeah. the risk. I mean, I found that out. I played with the, the destroyer, and mm-hmm. it was actually able to be deleted on turn one, and I didn't know what to do. <laughs> so I guess, yeah. I, I guess this you is... You die, Joe! Pretty much, yeah, so... When you put that many points under the table. But, I mean, for, for that many wounds and for toughness 2, or for toughness 8, 7, mm-hmm. you said? 2 plus wards, uh, two plus armor yep. save. And the impact hits plus the thunderstorm plus it's all It's got its killing attacks. blow, causes terror, it's stubborn Ugh. on a leadership 10. I mean, you get the end. The thing is, with the movement 7, if, the killing if you're not, deleted, nice touch, if yeah, you're not yeah. deleted on the first... It's only got four attacks, but if you're not deleted on that first turn... With movement seven, if their it's army moved up, you you're going to run and hit something, hit no. it hard. You're causing terror. Did you say it's stubborn or unbreakable? Stubborn. stubborn. So stubborn on stubborn. a ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, you, yeah, large target stubborn, but it's causes not immune terror. to psych. Doesn't say. I find it. that odd that it's not immune to psych. Well, maybe maybe it sort of represents the manja crumbling or something. I, I don't know. 
Could be that, that the unruly nature of the orc yeah. spirit. Well, orcs, orcs though are never fearless. You know, they they do right. run. Yeah. Is it, well. True, but it's almost like a, it's a, like an elemental, like a stone elemental. You don't True, think but of those as But it's emotional. an orky elemental. Who knows? Yeah. It's it's the nature of. I just thinking. Let's see. It's got obvious. It's doing impact hits four to nine impact hits at strength eight. It's going to do four attacks at weapon skill four, strength eight. So only the biggest things are going to need. It's. It, I mean, you know, obviously big generals and stuff with weapon skill nine or ten would would need a five. And it's it's got at the very least a. Th- it's got to have thunder stomp. I mean, it's got a hundred and fifty mil giant base. Yeah, I mean, I mean, giant has thunder stomp. Yeah, so, so. it's going to have thunder stomp. I mean, this charge in this thing. Well, it's I, considered a monster, right? Yeah, it's a monster. Then by definition. Yeah, it has Thunderstomp. I'm surprised with a base that damn big it, and made out of rock, it didn't get a bonus to its Thunderstomp as well. Hmm. But, uh, I don't know, I think it's pretty cool, but I don't play orcs, I don't I, know. I like it too. That'd be a great unit to hand of Gork. I want to see it up close, life. though. I didn't, I can't Agreed. say that the picture is impressive to me. I didn't like it, frankly. I didn't dislike it. I just wasn't, it wasn't the wow factor. It wasn't the Forge World wow factor for me. There, There's a gentleman on the forums that I've been discussing this with, yeah. uh, Rarer Monsters. Mm-hmm. I think it's a Is it on our forums? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah. Okay. And uh, we've been discussing the merits of uh, of the idol. I, I, I agree with you, Chris. I think it lacks a certain wow. I'm also, though, I'm working on Warhammer Forge models right now, and some of the Chaos Dwarf models, they have, one of them has moving parts. Mm. Y- you know, it's, it's, that's spectacular. And this one, I just look at it, and it's, it's a pile of rocks. <laughs> that's the problem I have with it, too. Yeah. yeah, but, and on the same token, you're looking at this complex piece of war machinery made by these Chaos Dwarfs, and you're looking at what is literally a pile of rocks that's, put together by orcs. You're kind of making my point for me. But I don't I, see. I like. I actually like how it looks. Like it should look. Well, this is subjective, Dave. I mean, I'm saying I don't like it because it's a pile of rocks. You're saying why don't you? It's a pile of rocks. I like it. But what I'm saying is, I'm just saying it looks like it should look. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, you're just saying why well, have this other thing and it's got moving parts. I'm just. I'm saying you're comparing the, apples and oranges. Here's the difference, though. Like, uh, doesn't Forge World have like the big Papa Nurgle miniature? Yeah, yeah. That thing is just a big blob, but it looks great. But it's amazing. It's so detailed, well sculpted. It's got like the tongue, and there's so well, much character to it. If, right, but I'm, I, I guess, I guess my point is, and I, I, I'm not saying you have to like it, but what I'm saying is, it is you, a pile. You, it is a pile of rocks, and it's a very nice pile of rocks. That's but at I'm the saying. end of the it's, day, it is, it's hard to be excited about a pile of rocks. Right. right. I'm just. I guess that was my my whole thing. Is that, you know, it is what it is. They took a bunch of rock and moss, and I think it literally says, and dung on it, the description, it, and said they put But it put is their together. choice to make that model. They didn't have to make a pile of rocks. They could have made anything. This is what they made, and at the end of the day, I have to look at it and decide, is this worth what's effectively $100? Uh, it probably will be. It'll probably be really amazing, but initial impression from the photograph is less than that over-the-top that I've come to expect from Warhammer Forge. I think, I think I'd like to see it up close and change my mind at Adepticon. Just initial impressions. Agreed. I'm exactly the, right there with you. And I am looking yeah. forward to. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's simple, but I, 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 I guess that I, guess I like the simplicity. I like that it's just. I mean, it, it kind of it is what it is. I guess. But, but from Forge World, I think I expect not simple. I, I, I want that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Although yeah, I'll tell you what to, to to I guess to play devil's advocate and uh, and argue this from David's side, it is something I'm looking forward to seeing. I'm hoping that they will have one on display painted at Adepticon so I can take it in a sense of its scale. I wonder if the scale is the wow factor. That's what I suspect. Yeah. 
So I'm hoping that's the case. Mm. They, they did have a different head variant. I don't oh, know if I you did, noticed I that. Did, I didn't see uh, it. They have like the standard, you know, boulder head. Right. And the other head was like uh, the wooden mask similar to uh, Warzag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a big uh, shaman type head. You know, that I think that's the only one I saw. Oh, yeah. They, I, I saw two. Oh, yeah, I did. I, I but that wooden mask head, I, th- I thought looked really good. I do like the mask. I think so. that's... Yeah, I like that orc mask. It's pretty yeah, cool. I like it too. Very characterful. So... So uh, what else came up? Actually, uh, and I thought they were cool. They, that's the other new release that they've got is the uh, Necron Scarab Swarms. They've got the little swarms of the little, because I guess that's the new Necron hotness of the little scarabs. I guess I didn't notice. They can they're, they're the little round bases with three or four of these little, I mean, they look like little metallic beetles. You know, they're robot beetles that the Necrons have. Hmm. Um, they I thought. They looked really cool. I, I don't really check the 40K stuff. I don't. I know. mean, it was just on new releases. It's just listed. I'm always looking to see what they add in. It was just the, the two new things they added in. Cool. Uh, Mantic has some new goblins. Uh, th- I, from what I can tell, I don't know the price, but it sounds like they're going to be metal. It sounds like 10 they're selling at a time with spears uh-huh. and shields. Why metal? I don't know. Um, I don't have a price point for it yet. I don't know if there are any alternate parts you can switch them for, but from what I understand, they're metal. I, I, I gotta say, I wish they were plastic. I I do too. Um, uh, not that I. I mean, I like. I, I don't mind metal models. Um, it's possible I, that maybe they have a way to make them cheaper in metal. If that's the case, then I laud them for keeping it affordable. I don't know what the price is going to be, but that's what I hear. I just. I guess I've started to get to the point now with plastic and resin and fine cast and all these different things we're using are so easy to put together, so easy to trim, uh, fi, all this stuff that when I get a model that's metal and i got to put it together and i got to pull out that pin drill again and i got to sit there and drill and pin stuff, that's uh, a chore. I've gotten to the point now where it's just like I'm getting tired. I just don't want to deal with having to pin and put together metal anymore. I, Maybe I'm getting lazy. I guess spoiled. I'm so used to metal. Most of my models are still metal. So for me, when I work with plastic, it's like it's unusually light. So I guess I'm... I don't know. I guess I'm old school on a metal is no problem for me. The I, only thing I don't like is um, cleaning all the flash sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I like the weight of the metal models. It's just it's a lot harder to pin and put metal models together, and I'm I'm really enjoying the quality of the different plastic kits. I wonder if they're trying to capitalize on the fact that there is kind of a, a loyalist market for metal models. Yeah, I suppose it's possible. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know how people feel about working with metal over with plastic. I, I like metal as... I want metal to continue as a medium for our, our hobby, but well, I don't want it to disappear entirely. You know, I got to say, speaking of which, um, I picked up the... And I was working on my uh, box of the the new Black Knights. Mm-hmm. And I was telling Christopher, um, the Black Knights in Hex Race, they come with the horse with the little carapace on it, the you know, the cloth. And the... I thought that they had the same body, and you just picked if you wanted uh, the black black knight arms and head or the or the hex wraith. They are complete. It's it's five horses and then two separate complete models. If you just buy yourself more skeletal steeds, you have a you could, if you could find five more skeletal steeds on eBay or something, you have hmm. ten models out of it. So the the body of let's say the the hex wraith is completely different because so they're wearing a guy, the black like cloth. The body with his legs attached. Yes. It's so you, the, you literally pull him off the horse. Yeah, yeah. the body, oh. the legs, and in fact, with the uh, with the black knights, it's the body and the legs and the barding is all okay. attached as one piece. I am only bringing this up because, and I, I can grab the models and show you the basic metal model for the black. And everyone's like, "Oh, I hate the old black knights," but I and I only built the champion, the one holding the sword. 
it's pretty much the same model. I mean, the plastic has much more detail. The arms are, are thinner, the, the but the basic design, the shape of the helmet, the shape of the face, the, the designs on the armor, the legs, it's the same. It's just the metal is kind of bulkier and has less detail. Does the plastic ones look better? Yeah. You're talking about the rider. Yeah, the rider. But I think it's the horse that really is the big difference, at the, least from what I remember. The horse is nicer, but I'm telling you this. I took, I built those. I, I bought them to make the five hex wraiths. I made the five black knights. I, I, you know, I had to put the metal original black knight onto the horse with some green stuff. I just pried it off, put the other one on, and with the, with the barding being part of the model, it doesn't have. I mean, it's obviously the old one, but most of the skeleton is covered up by the barding. Hmm. It looks really nice. I'm just gonna. I think. I mean, I'm. I feel stupid paying. Uh, you know, I. I got five of them when I bought my uh, vampire army on eBay, but I've picked up over the last year and a half five more of them at 12 bucks a pop and now i'm pulling those metal parts off and mm. tossing them and putting the new plastic because they do look better but it's basically the same sculpt it's just plastic i mean and i like that the, like i said i like the weight of the metal but just the amount of detail and what you can do with the plastic is just night and day yeah i mean I'll, I'll, when we're done when we when we go to break here i'll, I'll grab i got them both sitting right over there i show them to you and you can see it's basically the same pose and basically the same model. Since we're talking about this, should we base, just quickly jump into modeling, gaming, and reading since we have to do it? Um, well, well, let's quick. I just want to hit two last things on uh, new releases, um, and then we'll go. Um, Avatars of War has put out their Warriors of the Ap- They have a new unit. Uh, you know, like they came out with the, the Slayer Slayers. equivalents. Warriors of Chaos, unit of 20. I didn't see a price point on it, but they're they're damn nice models. Yeah, they they're do a nice. They do an excellent equivalent. job every yeah. time. I'm wondering if they're going to eventually start coming out with a rule set because now they're coming out with actual units and stuff. I'm, I'm just, I'm just wondering. I like what they do. I like the fact that they're actually doing something again. It's kind of competition for GW. Yeah, uh, you can tweak them a little bit. You can get a different looking unit. They mix and match with what's already out there. It just looks really nice. Yeah, I mean, I know there's for yeah. the for the hobbyist. I believe it adds to the hobby. Yeah. For someone like us, it's like if you play Warriors of Chaos and you're a little tired of the same unit, they kind of look the same. Mix it up a little yeah. bit. I love how it Yeah, goes. I mean, it's it's not like with the Mantic where they're less expensive. You know, if you're looking for some, for a cheaper alternative, these are just pretty much just as expensive. Well, let's call it what but it is. I mean, they're, they're, nice. higher, they're higher quality and you pay for it. Yeah. Uh, Mantic, I mean, what, what, what makes me rejoice over Mantic is it's good quality and an amazing price. With, with Avatars of War, more expensive, but closer to that level of fine detail that you see with GW models. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, and the last thing out is just this Saturday, um, Lord of the Rings basically came out with five books. Now, if you go on their site, you know, you, on, on Fantasy, you list and it lists 15 armies. When you click on theirs, it, it has five categories, which is Kingdoms of Men, the Free Peoples, Moria and Angmar, Mordor, and the, Forgot- and the Fallen Realms. And so I guess they've had a lot of different source books and a lot of different things. Uh, they're like 25 bucks a book, and they released all five books at once, and basically each of those sections got, has now its own complete book with all the different parts from all the different books just all compiled and put together uh, with some new stuff. Lots of fine cast stuff coming out. The uh, Dweller in the Dark, hmm. which I've heard mentioned before. I've never seen one. Is that the one from the water? No, this is something that kind of looks like a like, like a Balrog. Balrog. It looks like an emaciated Balrog. It's like taller and a lot thinner, but it looks no kind of like a Balrog. Yeah. yeah. Whoa, really? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mentioned it to you when you were saying you were looking for something other than the Balrog. I said to For the destroyer? Yeah. I, I, I don't know that it would work because it's still a, small, a much small. It would still be dwarfed by the base size. Hmm. Um, Great Beast of Gorgoroth is basically, it looks like a giant, giant rhino, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was the the beast that was pulling that uh, that big rat uh Siege, the battering ram? Yeah. Oh, it was Grand. a bunch of, bunch of In those. In the book, they, they actually named that battering ram oh, Grand. Grand, yeah. Okay. yeah. This is like the giant rhinos pulling it. Lots of command units because they sell just the separate command units in Lord of the Rings you can buy a lot. And then there's the Watcher in the Water is that thing from, which wasn't exactly what I was expecting it to look like at all. Um, do you remember in Lord of the Rings when they get to yeah, Moria? Like that giant octopus thing. Yeah, this is not looking like a giant octopus. It's got a mouth with all these weird tentacle things coming out in the back half of it. It's got like spider-ish looking legs, and hmm. it's really kind of strange. I don't know if it's cool or not. It's 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 just so not what I thought it was going to look like that I have no idea what to think of it. Is it like coming out of the water? Or no, it's separate. In fact, I was even reading the rules for it in the latest White Dwarf, and Basically, it's kind of got like uh, like the tomb scorpion rule. You know, it basically, it doesn't have to come out of the water. It comes out of the ground. It mm. just it'll pop I, out. I don't of the know anywhere. I don't know anything about Lord of the Rings rules. So, but I mean, it. it but I mean, you. Would, I I guess we. You know, you see it in the movie and the, and even in the book. It looks just, aquatic. It's, it's in the lake. It seems aquatic. Here, it's just like subterranean. It'll dig up out of anything. That seems strange. Yeah, it was really. It was kind of strange. I I don't know what to take of it, but I, like I said, we don't play it. Yeah, I mean, the only reason I look at those models is how can I convert these to Warhammer Fantasy? That's that's about as far as it goes for me. Oh yeah, in fact, I when we were looking through, Harrison brought the book up after he saw that he brought the main book up, and they actually sell Barrow Whites, which actually would make better whites. They, well, they look. They're. I mean. They're Lord of the Rings, so they've got the armor. They look actually. They look like if GW, you know, the Mantic uh, wraiths. Yep. Picture of GW made those. So they have the armor on with the with the wispy le- bot with the wispy bottom half, and just much higher detail on the faces and the arms. They're pretty cool. It's a but like a pair of them is fifteen bucks. They're still. Hmm. But like I said, they're just completely incompatible then if you're going with the regular VC wraiths, which are now that really cool, just one little wisp of cloak holding the little mm-hmm. plastic guy floating. But I don't know. I liked it. But that's, I think that's it for uh, news and rumors other than the fact that uh, I still want to announce that we still have our voicemail. 757-GH-SHOW-6. And we got two voicemails. So I'd like to, I said if they were good, I'd play them. So let's play them now. Just wanted to test your voice and to make sure it wasn't some sort of Western dwarf anti chaos dwarf propaganda. It seems for once the dwarves of the West are honest. I just wanted to shout out to uh, David and say, hey, you missed a great tournament at Wapaka, and the Vampire Counts in their old book did very, very well, which should make you quite happy. Take care and have an excellent day. Hi, this is uh, Mike, long-time listener, first-time caller, uh, and I just wanted to uh, chime in on your most recent episode and David uh, lamenting his work on his um, vampire counts and feeling like it's overwhelming and they're not coming out exactly as you'd hoped. <clears throat> and I just wanted to sort of suggest a, a perspective on it that might be helpful, which is to say that you're sort of 
um, front-loading the hard work, and then you get the joy at the second half of the Army's work. And by example, I my first Army that I collected for Warhammer was Dark Elves, and I collected them you know, several years back, and I had put in two or three years of painting on them, building up the army. And when I looked at them later on, I realized that they just didn't look right. They weren't at the level of quality that I could paint now. And I went back, and I just touched them all up, adding highlights, improving uh, qualities of shades, you know, doing lots of little touch-ups on the models. And there's nothing more rewarding than picking up a block of, you know, 20 spearmen and then going and looking at them and saying, wow, I don't have to do all that base coating. I don't have to do all those base washes. I don't have to do the bases on them. I can just go in and make them look better. So that's kind of what you have looking forward. And that's actually the way, it's funny that you've been working on your VC because I've been collecting a VC army. And I had spent a lot of time just getting them ready to get on the table. And I had just done basic painting and basic washes on all of the, you know, skeletons and zombies and blah, blah, blah. There's, you know, hundreds of models to do. And now with the new releases, I'm kind of doing the same. I'm keep bulking up the army. But I know that once I get done with that, then I get to do the fun part. Then I get to do the enhancements and the shading. But I still get to play with them in the meantime. And that's really the way to look forward to it. So think about, even if you leave them for a year, go back to your dwarves or whatever, when you go back and you open up that box again, you say, geez, I'd like to play my VC again, you're going to open that box up and you're going to say, wow, I got all that work done, and now I really get to do the fun stuff. And uh, and that's, you know, it took me four or five years to get my Dark Elves to where I really wanted them to be. Um, and, I, and I keep telling myself that's what I'm in, in for for my Vampire Counts. I'm going to spend a year or two, getting all the models I need on the table, getting them all pretty much done. Maybe maybe taking time out. I'll do take time out, and I'll do a, um, a character, and I'll do it at a really high level as a little break from the drudgery of just base coating and, and dipping. And then, um, you know, those are characters that really shine. You put them at the front of your display board. People can see them. And it gives you a little confidence that you do have the talent, and you get to use it from time to time. But really, you know, you're going to be going back and working on the Army later. So... Um, hope that helps. Um, don't give up on them, and uh, don't don't let it get you down. It can be a daunting process. That's what keeps me from collecting another army. Uh, I have three, and that's plenty because I have a lifetime's worth of work on them. So, I uh, love the show. Wasn't that amazing? All right. So, thank you to everyone who's uh, using the voicemail. Hey, use the voicemail. That's what it's there for. Um, anything else in news? Rumors? No, that's that's all the news that's fit to print for the time being. I think that's it. Um, only thing I want to say, uh, uh, Conzi and them, they started their podcast, Wisco Dice. Wisco mm-hmm. Dice. Yeah, they were both at Wapaka. Yeah. It, uh, I've listened to the first two episodes. I haven't heard episode three yet. It just came out today. It's a pretty good show. You see, uh, you see Paul all the time on the computer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, it's... Uh, PJ Shard. Is that his uh, screen name? Uh, I'm thinking Wisco Dice. He actually uses Oh, does he use Wisco yeah. Dice? Okay. Yeah. So that's about it. That and the, we might be on painting table next month if we get the time. Cool. So, oh, nice. Which I really like that show. I, I gotta like say. that show too. I, I really enjoy that show a lot. So, uh, I don't know, quick break and then uh, Garage Manager? Sounds like a plan. Excellent. You've heard him on the show. You've seen his work on our website. He's Brian Steele, owner of Urza's Den. That's right, folks. Urza'sden.com. Custom modeling, sculpting, and painting. You got a model you don't want to paint? Send it to Brian. You got an army you don't want to paint? Send it to Brian. You can't come up with an idea for a conversion? Give his ideas a try. Heck, you got an army list with models they don't even make? Brian's the man. Give him a call. Check him out at Urza's Den 
Shopify.com. You won't be sorry. We're back. Back, 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 back. We're back. I hope you didn't just sit. What are you doing? I could do that for like a minute and a half. I bet you you shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so we're on to the modeling, back. gaming, and reading section, Dave. Yeah. Uh, Brought to you by Chaos Work Superstore. Chaos Work Superstore. That's right, folks. Chaos Work Superstore. Your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Org Superstore, what you see is what you get. Chaos Org Superstore. Okay, so... Wow, what an advertisement. I like the advertisement. We have new advertisements, and they sound good. It is good. All right, modeling. Christopher, what have you been modeling? You know, I've been pretty busy. Uh, That's a pretty good dwarf accent I did right there. Something. Yeah. It, it was something all right. <laughs> Just what have you been modeling? I've been modeling. What have I been modeling? Well, you know, uh, Adepticon is kind of on the horizon at this point. Is it? It is, in fact, Dehave. Wow. Dehave. So what that means is uh, one of our one of our uh, local guys, uh, Steve Leckman, who doesn't so much play Warhammer Fantasy anymore, but he is p- helping with Adepticon. Quitter. Hmm? Quitter. He plays uh, War Machine. Quitter. <laughs> but he, I'm just teasing because he doesn't listen. Don't make fun of him. He's running our tournament. Yeah, no, he's yeah, he is. So uh, to get ourselves ready for Adepticon uh, in the local community, he is running a UGG, Uniqueness in Games Tournament, in March. Right. And I want to have an army ready to go. So uh, for March, I'm actually starting to feel the pressure a little bit. I won't be painted. No, oh, no way, no way. Well, I'm, I'm I'm scrambling to get the models assembled. He's, they're letting us play with unpainted, especially because we both have new armies. So they said anyone can come unpainted. Yeah. But well, our, a lot of our folks paint are still, will keep us from winning. In March, a lot of folks are still putting armies together. So uh, I think that's understandable. Yeah, it's expected that these are but hardcore like, lists. I but meals coming. A meal's coming. We've got uh, Alex Nikotenko. And they will have painted yeah. armies and stuff. So we're basically out of the running we're doomed, for placing. Man. This be, is going to be a whole bunch of hardcore players and us. Yeah, Adepticon uh, meal, prep. Grant, Chris, uh, Chris Yu, Grant Fetter, Miel Vermeulen, uh, um, Nikotenko is going to be there. I think Mullen's coming, and I think Gunia is coming. Gunia is coming. Harrison will be there. Uh, who are we missing? Ra- uh, Noble, Santa? I think, is going to be there. Oh. Right? Ryan right, Noble? Uh, might be. I don't know. So it's like a whole bunch of hardcores, and then us. <laughs> <laughs> and Harrison. I'm including you, Harrison. Yeah, Harrison's just off the, the mic. Us. You're in the and us. So, so it's, it's a whole bunch of uh, three cream puffs. And then a whole bunch of angry, veteran, snarling, bloodthirsty killers. Well, since I won't have it all painted and I can't win, I'm hoping to play spoiler. I'm hoping to go in there with my new vampire army and win a whole bunch of games and just keep other people, like not, you know, the three people I play, I will knock out of the running. That's my, that's, I'm going to be playing spoiler. I'm just there to confuse the metagame. That's all. <laughs> Is that I'm really here to kick ass and chew bubblegum. Is that really how people play? I'm just going to soften up my list. All out of bubblegum. So what I'm doing is I've got, uh, so far I've got about 15 of the Mantic Abyssal Dwarves put together. Right. Cleaned them up, uh, compiled them, glued them. They're on the base. Uh, sand, put some sand on the, on the base, and they are primed and ready to go. You're making bases that aren't just painted goblin green. No, no, I'm pulling away from 1994. It's... Uh, 
I'm proud of you. Thank Although you. I do like, well, I, I mean, like, I like the army. I mean, when I st- first started painting that army, it was 1994. It, I, w- I was doing my, right. So I wanted to discontinue with the theme, but now that I'm sort of updating the army, I want to, I want to bring it up to 2012. Wow. <laughs> so. So I've got about 15 of those put together. I need about 15 more. And uh, of the Chaos Dwarves, now that we have the Tamarcon book, they've got four ways of fielding regular core Chaos Dwarves. The Blunderbusses, Hand Weapon Shield, Great Weapons, and the Fire Glaives. Right. And I had the other three. I had the Fire Glaives, thanks to you and the and the listeners. Yeah. And then I already had the Great Weapons, and I had the Blunderbusses. But I didn't yeah. have much in the way of the Hand Weapon and Shield. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I've got about 15 of those put together. Meanwhile, okay. the other day I went to UGG and I needed to uh, kind of bite the bullet and I just bought a Balrog because I'm going to field that for the time being as my Kadai destroyer until something better comes along. I need something to put on the table. Uh, that works. So it's good enough. It's a cool model. It took all of 30 seconds to put it together. It looks cool. You put it together in 30 seconds? Uh, well, in about a minute and a half. I lied. Really? It's that few pieces? It just It's pretty easy. Well, the, the back is two pieces. Well, three with the, with the fire. Okay. But it's just easy. It's just a plastic model, and plastic loot tends to fuse oh, cool. it pretty fast. So not a lot of cleanup. The only disappointment was when I opened the box, the sword I needed to use was snapped in half, but it was very easy to fix. Oh, that's a pain. I could have sent it back, I suppose, to G-Dub, but whatever. It was very easy to fix. It doesn't show, especially since the break is right along where the fire is, so you won't see it. Oh, okay. But that's easy to that's that's done. And the other project I'm on right now is I've been sort of going back and forth on how to do hobgoblins. Uh-huh. Um, I was looking even on eBay. I mean, I think I suggested I was going to get the Mantic ones, mm-hmm. but they're metal and they have spears. And I think uh, Andrew Nykamp on Twitter kind of posted, "Why don't you just cut the tips off and call them sticks?" And I could, but I need to buy four of those. You know, four boxes of those. And sticks isn't very inspiring, and I need them to have two hand weapons. So there's a little more conversion there, and with everything else I've got to do, I was kind of looking for something to have an easy way out. Right. And I found something cool to use for the uh, for the hobgoblins. I'm going to go ahead and use plague monks. Right. Take the heads off, and you just gave me some goblin heads. Then and they the pla- did. And the plague monks can use uh, two hand weapons, and that's how I'm fielding the hobgoblins, two hand weapons. So it's just basically the, the two hand monk. Or the two-hand two hand weapon plague monks, but with goblin heads. Yeah. Well, and it'll work. I mean, they're wearing rags. They're stooped over. They'll look like slaves. They do. They look like slaves. They look like hobgoblins. So it looks pretty cool. I'm pretty happy with it. And and it was easy to locate the heads with my well-organized bits boxes. I'm very impressed. So um, <laughs> I'm actually going to kind of kind of pleased with how they're turning out so far. So that's what I'm working on right now. I've uh, got two of them assembled and primed, and I've got the 15 cast dwarfs primed. Uh, got the... Balrog assembled, and I'm pretty much at this point in paint mode. Uh, nice, nice, very nice. Yeah. How about you? Uh, well, last uh, show, my hobby commitment was to make some progress on my VC, and I built. Well, I built the steeds for the hex wraiths, and then I started looking at and playing around and building the actual, the black knights because I want to field some of them. They are both complete. Like if I went on eBay or went somewhere and just found some more skeletal steeds. I could make them complete with both. All you need is more horses. Well, that's that's a pretty good value then. So you buy that, yeah. and you have the riders for both, and all you need to do is yeah. go on, like, Bits Box or Horda Bits and just get more horses. And I actually showed you, I took, now I had, when I bought my used VC army, I had somewhere between five and seven, uh, I don't remember exactly how many I had, but Black Knights. Yeah. And they had been slightly converted, 
the horses had been slightly converted. Remember they used that half uh, elfin bow and stuck it right on the forehead to make them look like... For the unicorn, yeah. Yeah, I ripped that stuff off and fixed them back to normal skeletal steeds. The And then, so, you know, I think I bought three or four more of these Black Knights at like 12 bucks a pop when they were the metal ones. But now that we've got these cool models, and the barding is part of the Black Knight's legs. Because you just build the Black Knight and put that with the barding over the horse with the carapace. Well, if you just take... I just ripped the metal Black Knight off the horse, and it doesn't have the the carapace or whatever it's called on it. Right. But the barding covers up most of the horse anyway. It actually looks... It looks better using the plastic one on an old skeletal steed than just leaving it the old metal model. So I've been basically swapping out the new plastic bodies and taking off the old metal models but putting them on the old horses. Not as good as if they had the cloth over it, and I'm too lazy and have very little ability with green stuff to make my own. Um, I may do that in the future, but for right now I've been kind of swapping those out. It sounds like if you just went ahead and bought a whole bunch of horses... You could use the old metal ones. You could double your amount, and then you could also use the additional horses and have both hex rays and hex wraiths and black knights. And at this point, I got two boxes of, for the hex wraiths because I wanted two units of five initially. Yeah. So I'll be able to field twenty black knights then if I get to just get some more horses because I've already got the original ten. Wow, cool. So, but I only built like four or five models because, as you know, um, I've been sort of. Getting ready, my, I'm having people over in two weeks for my birthday, my 40th birthday. I have to finish painting the first floor because yeah, it's only Jesus, you're old. Jesus, you're old. I'll always be younger than you, and that means I win. So why do I look so much more dashing and amazing? Oh, um, I, I think we have different definitions <laughs> of dashing and amazing. Um but, Suave, debonair, and fantastic. But it, yeah, yes, that's that. Yeah, that was I, every time I see. That's what I think. Fantastic, I think. Um, but like you know, I've actually tore up this whole basement and took like I had the computer table where all the stuff was on. I took the whole top off of it, so it's like a regular desk. I put I put shelves up on the walls. I had a bookshelf with the five shelf. You know, the generic five shelf bookshelves you could buy at the store for like forty bucks like at Walmart. Yeah, I went and bought pine cut pine boards the right size and bought the little pegs and turned the five-shelf bookshelf into an eight-shelf model shelf. <laughs> so, I mean, you've come down here. I mean, it's my work area is actually no, cleaned no, up. No, I've never been down here before. This is all a mystery to me. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you? Uh, I even got this uh, metal tool box that my father-in-law was getting rid of that's on wheels, and we tore out a shelf and tore out the front, and all our recording equipment goes on that now, so I can wheel it right into storage, so it's all in one spot. So yes, Seriously, you've done some amazing work down here. Your modeling area looks really good. I have a real modeling area. Before, I just had a big corner where I dumped all my crap, and then we used the little uh, the painting table that my father-in-law... I showed my father-in-law a while back. He, he built... I mean, he rebuilds cars. Right. And he's got all sorts of stuff in his garage. And I remember that when I first started playing Warhammer, I went when they had the old... the, the good painting table, the wooden one, the particle board one, the one that's not the new plastic one. Right. I I just I like I had him come over to the computer and I showed him a picture of it and said, "Dude, this is 30 bucks." We, he's like, "If you pa- if you buy that, I'll kill you." And I was like, "Okay." He's like, "Just give me the dimensions." And I gave him the dimensions and the next day he had one for me and like 3 days later I came home from work and there was one another one sitting in front of my door. Mm-hmm. I made one for Harrison and then a week later I showed up and there was one sitting in front of my door. I'm like, "Who was that for?" He's like, "That's for Christopher." So he I made us use it to this day. That's where my abyssal <laughs> dwarves are right now. I yeah. would say they're drying, but hopefully by now they're dry. Yeah, I mean they're they're really nice. So I, we used to just use those and just have a dumping ground, but it's no longer a dumping ground. It's like I have a area to go and paint and model in. So 
I didn't do a lot of actual modeling because I've been Well, you've been making, busy redoing your basement. Yeah, making it so that I can actually have human beings come over who don't care about Warhammer and entertain but still have a dedicated hobby area that I don't have to put away and hide every time people come over. Well, very cool. It looks great, Dave. How about, uh, well, thank you. Yeah. That's how, about, how about your reading? Uh, your reading? I did that with an apostrophe. <laughs> I see. Um, been reading a couple of things. Uh, I've been going through the last two White Dwarfs, uh-huh. kind of skipping over a lot of the new Lord of the Rings stuff, but I've been reading. They have uh, they have a new, a new piece of terrain, a new tower with giant skulls on it. And but they have official rules for it. it's you know it's, it's a you know a a piece of a new piece of terrain, but it's like one of the special pieces with you know rules, kind of like. Is this for Lord of the Rings? Or no, it's for Warhammer. Okay. And so they got the new rules in there. So I was looking at that and looking at the new piece of terrain, and then they've got that new Civil War, and they call it an expansion. But it's you know, basically, if you want to play, if you're playing in a group that's got a lot of players playing the same army. It can get a little dull going head to head with the exact same army over and over again, uh, and you get a lot of these. You know, like there's what I, you know, it seems like one out of every three players has picked up ogres since it's come out. You know, seems at least, that way. At least in our area, it seems that way. So they made a set of rules. You know, like a slightly different rules for the game. You can pick if you're playing two armies that are the same race against each other. You get to pick some extra points towards your army, and then they have roll-off and their special rules that get added. It's kind of cool. It's kind of a neat little expansion. It's just coming out in the White Dwarf. Um, they did the rules, and they did uh, the roll-off to see what happens for three armies last issue, and they did another three armies this issue. So every couple, every issue now, they're just going to add a couple more rules hmm. for it. Um, I like it. It looks neat, so I was reading that. Um, we're playing our campaign, yep. and so I've been reading. I've been going over Blood in the Badlands a lot. Not that we're going to do a story stuff in our campaign. We're just basically playing a modified Mighty Empires rules. Right. But I would really love to do some sort of a story campaign. I've been designing maps, you know, to use with the Mighty Empire tiles and try to, you know, designing different air, uh, maps and trying to come up with ideas for maybe a story campaign or maybe team. It looks like in Tamarcon. You know, they got the six scenarios for the campaign. Right, they sure do, yeah. And they also say, though, if you want to play with more than two players, you could play with a bunch of people and just divide them up between the forces of destruction and the forces of good and then tally up all, you know, how many wins you get out of how many games and whichever team gets the more wins, then they get the bonuses at the end game. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to take inspiration, and I think Blood in the Badlands, even though the siege rules and the little campaign rules they have in there only make a very small portion of the book. Um, I find that, you know, and the rest of it is the story of how they played the campaign, but they really put it into, like, a narrative format, and they show you all the cool conversions they did on the tiles for Mighty Empires. Um, They came up with extra rules for certain, like, underground. There's actual rules when they go, they have this underground portion of the game where they have to go. And the tiles all look like they're in caverns. Oh. And they made up special rules for the game because you're fighting underground, so it's not open-air combat. Um, I, I, I really, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm liking Blood, the book Blood in the Badlands a lot. As more of, it, it really feeds my hobby gamer. You know what I'm saying? So you're getting a lot of inspiration out of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, just tons. Um, I, I really love the book. I barely actually look at the rules. I'm just kind of reading through their stories and their campaigns and looking at the models they built. I mean, they went and got little Necromunda models. And so if you're playing a High Elf army, they got a little Necromunda High Elf or no, Warmaster. 
they got Warmaster. Warmaster, right. That's the 10-15 millimeter Warhammer right. Fantasy. And yeah. they're using those as the tokens to show where on the tiles their army is because the armies, it's not like Mighty Empires where you're growing an empire. Mm-hmm. Your armies are moving across tiles trying to get to a certain place on the map. So it's kind of cool because you've got all the little pieces. It's just it it looks so good. You know what I'm saying? And I'd like to I'd like to be able to try to at some point I'd like to run a, a story based campaign with to do stuff like that. So that could be fun. I found a lot of inspiration in that. I, I've I've been looking at that book so much more than I've looked at any of the other expansion things I've had, uh, that I that I have for Warhammer. So uh, and the only book I'm reading right now is I'm still working on Battle for the Abyss, which is book six or no seven. I don't know. I have to. You'll have to tell me. Oh no! Actually, I think it's book eight. Ah oh, hell! I can't remember which book it is, but it's a good one. Well, uh, it's based on a Space Marine chapter. Yeah, it's the. Uh, it starts off on Mars with the uh, word bearers basically getting this giant spaceship. It's actually book eight. Yeah, um, this giant spaceship, which I, I keep. I keep thinking of like the Death Star. Like this is. I mean, it's like a, I don't know if it's a space Hulk, but basically, it is the biggest ship the Mechanicum has ever built. It's loaded up with everything that you could possibly put on it. And the word bearers have it, and they are heading out for Ultramar because they just basically want to... I, I have a feeling they're going to try to blow up the whole planet. <laughs> they want to go and take out the Ultramarines. And basically, along the way, they find an Ultramarine vessel, and they blow it up. And it was the, the vessel was on its way to uh, a space station to pick up some Ultramarines that were there. And when it doesn't show up, they realize something's wrong, and they get a ship, and they go, and now they're chasing the ship. And it's all, like, space fleet combat. It's, like, ship to ship. I mean, I'm about a third of the way through the book, and it's all space combat, which is something I haven't seen before. What's the name of the planet killer? The Furious Abyss. It's called the Furious Abyss. Oh, okay. And, you know, the word bearers are on it, and they're an interesting race to see. Um, you know, they go to fight the ship, and the ultramarines are going with this fleet, and they, they've commandeered a bunch of ships, and suddenly this giant cannon comes out of it and shoots a weapon that they've never seen before, and they're like, what's that? And he's like, oh, that looks like this mixed with this mixed with this. We don't have one of those. Well, they were working on it, but the Emperor told them they weren't allowed. You find out that the Mechanicum, the, some of the stuff that the Emperor has banned as you shouldn't be messing and dabbling in that, mm-hmm. yeah, they have been anyway. Well, that's why they turn to chaos. Yeah, so that, in fact, it, when you read it, that's one of the reasons why they did turn was because Horus promised them they could build whatever they wanted as long as they helped him, which the Emperor said no. You built a happy helmet. <laughs> now you'll always be happy. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm enjoying that, and that's way too much reading time, I know, but... Um, I actually it's taken me forever. I, I should have. I would. I could have read two. I mean, normally I'd have read two or three books in the amount of time it's taken me to read Battle for the Abyss. Not that I'm not enjoying it. It's just I've been. I had progress reports due, so I had to finish grading all my real papers. life. Interferes with everything I want to do. Yeah, I just want to sit around and like. But I've been reading eat cake and play video I've been games. Reading but, really dramatically, spelletically bad papers. Well, I'm glad that you're done with that. Oh, so am I, because if I had to read one more paper with just just simple words misspelled. And the, you know what the part that gets me is when we're taking notes and they're writing it and the notes are on the PowerPoint and it's up on the screen. So I know they wrote it down right. Or I know it was there written right. Or else I spell it for them. like, And you spell it like five or six times because some kids spell slow. Mm-hmm. And I still get the papers and it's not even close. 
It's like, were you even listening to me? But, so. Well. But I'm hoping to do some more of my... Uh, but they'll graduate. Sadly, yes, they will still graduate. Um, other than that, I think my hobby commitment for the next two weeks is I am definitely going to get my cavalry models built, and I'm going to build those Vargeists, and I'm going to start getting some paint on them because I need to have them ready for Adepticon. So you're thinking two groups of three for the moment? Uh, or, right now my list is actually two units of four, but I'm going to build six and see if I like them. And um, the other box I may build into the Crypt Horrors. I haven't decided yet. Cool. Very so, cool. I'd Curious to see how they play out. Uh, like I said, it's not the normal list. In fact, I've got two different lists, but I'm trying to get something that's really not super high on magic uh, that is just really aggressive. I'm taking a couple of lists right now that are mostly, with very few exceptions, they're either ethereals or they're vampiric. I'm either free to move on my own as much as I want, or I'm moving around and can't be, you know, are, are rather unharmable. That's the combo I'm working on. Well, we'll have to play a couple of games and see what works for you. Absolutely. What have you been reading? Well, my reading and my gaming have kind of pulled over. Um, I I mentioned to you that I've been playing this video game. This actually relates to my reading <laughs> called Deus Ex. It's right. on the Xbox. And once you start playing it, it's obviously it's a big tip of the hat to like Blade Runner and Philip K. Dick. Yes. And in playing the game, I've been enjoying it so much because of its that whole identity crisis thing that have been ma- making me want to like revisit old science fiction, like Philip K. Dick. What did he write? Uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? That's the book that Blade Runner was right. based on. But it's also made me want to reread uh, old um, William, William Gibson, like Neuromancer, Mona Lisa Overdrive. Neuromancer's so good. Oh, it's a great book. It's just been making me sort of want to re-explore that whole odd future, dark future. Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk, but also that sort of identity crisis, what's your place? You know, who am I in relation to this strange dark society? I, I really enjoyed reading Philip K. Dick, and I really enjoyed reading uh, Neuromancer. And this video game has just re-triggered it. And um, a couple of uh, William, William Gibson novels that I only read once, and I kind of want to re-explore it. Neuromancer was a trilogy. Right. And he wrote another s- series of uh, kind of a loose trilogy after that, starting with a book called Virtual Light. Right. And I kind of want to reread those. It's sort of a, a different kind of future. He, he's... He's very prophetic. He's very good at sort of seeing what's coming. I mean, he predicted cyberspace before it happened, so... That is true. Well, actually, I've been uh, recommended... I have read uh, Ender's Game, of course, but I've never read any of his other stuff. What is the name of the second one? Um, Are you going chronologically, or are you going in the order he wrote them? Probably in the order he wrote them. Okay. Uh, Then the next one would be uh, Speaker for the Dead. Then I'll read that next. I've been sort of in the mood. Speaker for the Dead is really good. Um, what he did was he was actually this is interesting. Um, he was he he got a contract. Yeah, yeah, wait, don't. I, don't no, I, no, no, I won't no, no, ruin no, the no. books. I want to read it. I won't ruin the books. Well, it's not about the books. He had a contract to write Speaker for the Dead. Oh, okay. And he kept writing it, and he was taking up the first half of the book, explaining where the hell Ender came from. And he was at this convention, and he saw the guy who he had the contract with, mm-hmm. and he actually said he went up and said, "I cannot write this book unless I write this other book first. And the guy liked his book and liked his work that he was doing with him and said, okay, same contract, same rules, same everything. He said, yeah. And on a handshake, they walked away. He started writing Ender's Game. The contract came in the mail. He wrote Ender's Game so that he could write Speaker for the Dead. Because Speaker for the Dead takes place 3,000 years later. Well, that's fine. So, And they're very different styles. 
it's very speaker for the dead's part of a trilogy it's a little wordy it's very philosophical but it's quite amazing well after reading lots of Heinlein I can I can deal with that oh sure uh, that's speaker for the dead genocide and children of the mind I I'm pretty sure I have two of those yeah so besides Ender's game so I think that might be another direction I go virtual light maybe speaker for the dead right if you like the if you like the the feel for the you know the battle school kids mm-hmm. then the the other series that he wrote was the shadow series which is Ender shadow which is Bean. Actually, uh, well, I know Bean is one of your favorite characters. I love Bean. So. But Ender's Shadow is basically, the, the ex- it happens at the exact same time as Ender's Game, but it's from Bean's point of view. Okay. And then after that, when uh, you've read Ender's Shadow. No. I mean, you've read Ender's Game. Yes. So at the end of Ender's Game, when Ender tells his sister, let's go off and see the galaxy type thing. Right. Um, the, the Shadow series is uh, Shadow Puppets, Shadow of the Hegemon, and Shadow of the Giant. You know... Oh, Shadow of the Hegemon, Shadow Puppets, and then Shadow of the Giant. And that's Bean's saga, staying on Earth and helping the Earth unify under a single Hegemon after the Formic Wars are over. It's okay. really a lot of fun. Yeah. I love... Side topic, him. but related. I, I took my son over to the bookstore today, and uh-huh. I think that Card just released a new book. He did. Okay. Uh, yeah, he got it. we got it. Yeah, Shadows in Flight. I got that ordered from Amazon. Okay. That's the book linking the end of the Shadow series to... That's filling in the 3,000-year gap between Shadow of the Giant and Xenocide. I see. Very excited about that. (laughs) Anyway, other than that for my reading, the only other thing I finished recently was um, I was reading that the food book called uh, Blue Trout and Black Truffles. I I finished that. I love it. It's um, Joseph Vexberg, Mm -hmm. and it's not a very popular author. I mean, most people haven't heard of him. But for someone like me, not only do I enjoy reading about culinary experiences and old culinary, uh, so, but it's not a cookbook. It's a no, story no, no, no. about it's, this guy's travels. But it's really a lot about of detail it's really about, about him. Food. Yeah, it's about him, and it's about where he ate, and it's about the kind of food that he ate. It's, it's uh, to me, it's like a reading about luxury, but it's also reading about you know, it's this guy who's living like a peasant, and he's a. Uh, kind of biologically the same as I am. He, he comes from, well, actually, he came from uh, what, what is now Slovakia. Mm-hmm. So um, it's pretty much my cousin people right there. And here's a guy who grew up in the Austro-Hungarian Empire just as it's collapsing. And he goes all over, you know, uh, Vienna and Paris and Budapest. And he goes to all these amazing places that are Michelin three-star now. They Most of them still exist. Okay. And it's just for, for someone like me, it's just I'm dreaming about going to these places and just enjoying reading about them when they were genuinely at their heyday. Cool. So, a lot of fun. Well, I suppose I should get into gaming. Um, I'm going to gloss over the majority of my gaming, which is I've had a multitude of games over the last couple of weeks, especially at uh, at Wagpaca. Mm-hmm. But I played two games on Friday, two games on Saturday. Actually, I played a third game on Friday morning against Grant when we were in our, uh, our uh, the campaign. campaign. He swooshed me. <laughs> um, I, I had a really good idea, but he outthought me, and he—he's uh, good at that. He kind of predicted that I was going to bring a few things, and uh, just built an army around it and just flattened me. So, yeah, he's hard to—he's hard to beat. Uh, but uh, for me, the, some one of the one of the highlights was being able to play against Andy Sherman again, and mm-hmm. being able to play against uh, Johnny Hastings. So, uh, two effing awesome guys okay i can't i can't say it the way that johnny can on his show because this is a family show but (laughs) two great guys yeah uh just a real treat to play with they were great to see him and uh looking forward to playing him again and maybe at uh maybe at bits other than that 
a lot a couple of video games well, when I can. You get some pickup games against Hastings at Bits. Unless you're playing them in the first round, I'm not going to be up at them top tables. I know that. I won't be playing them. He couldn't play. He couldn't play in the tournament. Oh, that's right. So I got you got pickup game, but I'm just saying yeah. it bits. <laughs> it was actually as far as games go. Uh, the first two turns for me was a Beastman versus my Cast Dwarfs. It was the my my um, old indie GT list. Right. So the first two turns were really one sided, and I was smashing him with the uh, final transmutation uh-huh. from the lore of uh, metal. Uh-huh. And then turn three, he was just close enough to barf a purple sun across three of my four units, and that's all she wrote. <laughs> <laughs> and then Beastman took over. Oh yeah. And then that was it. Mm-hmm. But uh, still, cool to play him. A lot of fun. Uh, other than that, video games. A little bit of video games when I have time. I'm re-picking up Civilization Five, which I love. That Deus Ex game. And uh, I've kind of been ignoring Skyrim. I should finish it, I suppose. I will start it eventually. Yeah. And Blood Bowl. Yes. Blood Bowl. Dave uh, and I are... Well, he's right here. Dave, you and I are part of um, of Joe Flesh's uh, Blood Bowl tournament. You know, and on, on the forums, people kept saying, we should start a league, we should start a league, we should start a league. And, I, and we all kept saying, yeah, when we get a minute, we'll figure out how to do it. And then Joe's like, I did it. I, I did it. <laughs> That's right. He did it. And he thank, thank you, Joe. Thank you I very think much. round one is over because I think Cranky played Caleb. They were supposed to play last night or today. So I think round one might, hopefully if they've played, it, the first uh, round should be finished. Well, then we're on, I'm playing Joe in round two. I'm sweating. I'm playing Caleb. Okay. So. Well, Joe's playing Dwarves. I'm playing High Elves. You're playing? Uh, Chaos. Chaos. Nice. I tied my first game. I did, too. I played it last night. Uh, I had a death. One of my beast men died. Better to die early before he skills up, but. Yeah, really. At least. I totally miss. I, you know, we're get, I'm getting used to playing again. I haven't played on the computer in a while. I haven't played since I had to completely wipe my computer and restart it because I lost my team. Yeah. I haven't played in a while. And on the very first turn, Joe knocks down one of my guys and gets a knockout. I call, I always, I always say he rung his bell because, you know, the little bell pops up over right. the guy. He rung his bell, so he would have just been out until... Until you roll a... F- until the end of a drive. Until the end of a drive, there's a chance he comes back. Mm-hmm. And I thought I clicked that I didn't want to use the apothecary, and I used my apothecary, like turn one. You just clicked it too fast or something. And I was like, Damn it. Now I got to run this whole game and worry about. And then on turn 14, I'm running the game on him. I'm, I've, I've got a, a solid, that's one to nothing, I've got a solid command. I've got his guys knocked down. His his team captain, Thorgrim, jumps up and goes from laying prone to just the stand up and blitz. Hits, <laughs> hits this beast man and kills him. And I was like, are you kidding? So now I'm down a player. So you're going to be getting, what is it called? You're going to get a free guy. For you get a free agent, um, or they call him a traveler. Traveler. Because okay. you have to have 11 guys. Is that what it's called? Traveler? Yeah. Okay. So they basically give you this guy. Well, he's going to have a loner, though, right? I think they, yeah, they usually have a loner. Yeah. Um, and uh, if I have enough money at the end of that, I can purchase him. So That's like, right. And they'll lose loner if you buy him. If he earns, like, star player points. Then you, it would be worth it to buy him. I mean, it's going to be a beast, man. And I lost a beast man, so I want to buy a beast man. Yep. If you're in star player points and I get enough money, I will just buy him. If not, then whatever. Yeah. Well, so you probably buy one. Yeah. Since you already have four out of four Chaos Warriors. Yes, I do. And they've been, and uh, two of them at least have earned some star player points. So look at it. My game was a one-to-one tie. I played against humans, but the problem is he maximized blitzers. Uh-huh. And so it's like uh, the, the blitzers for humans have a movement of seven, and then he had at least two catchers who have a movement of eight. 
So I was facing a human team that was about as fast as I was. Right. And with a hell of a lot more block. Oh, yeah. And armor just about as good as I did. Dude, now I realize now why when you go to tournaments you see so many dwarf players. Because slayers start off with five skills. Yeah. Blitzers start, no, five. Blitzers start off with like three or four. I mean, they have a ridiculous. I mean, my team is but versatile. So slow. They are slow, but they've got. I mean, dude, that's a lot. That's a huge you, skill. You get a lot on them, but you can't score in two turns. I mean, no. you really have to. You have to plan way ahead to well, win with dwarves. I'm that's why I like playing cast dwarves because you had perfect blockers who didn't really need to move to just stay in the center, and then you've got two bull centaurs and a whole bunch of hobgoblins to actually pick up the ball and move. Um, like I said, my Chaos Warriors are strength four, which is really nice. Oh, it's enough, yeah. Um, and then, I mean, basically, I have one skill. All my beastmen come with horns, which means that one blitzer every turn gets a plus one True, to but, his strength but on the you blitz. you kind of have an invisible second skill, which is armor nine on your warriors. Well, yeah. It's really good. Yeah. But it's just, like I said, I, the thing I like about playing Chaos is I'm open to I can get general strength and mutation skills, and on doubles it opens up passing and, and agility. You get the mutation even on a regular skill. Yeah, it's one of my regular skills. Wow, that's pretty good. So uh, basically, I can do almost anything. I can build can, that team. Yeah, I mean, you can take it anywhere you want. My team builds slow, but I can make each guy an individual and give each guy an individual ability. I did skill up one guy. Um, one of the guys who actually got star player points got MVP. Mm-hmm. So I have a and I rolled doubles. So I have a beastman with pass. Perfect. So because uh, I do pass a lot, it's a it's a it's a bash team, but I like to throw the ball. That's funny. Uh, you know what? If you wanted to play a passing team, I'm playing the one you should play. No, I want to play a bash team, but I also when I get the ball, I want to be able to move it down the field quickly. If I take it from you and I don't have a lot of time left, I want to be able to get it down the field and score. Well, that's I a love that's, the bash. That is the def- definition of a bash team. Yep. So there we go. That's uh, that's been my gaming. Except for we had uh, we had a game night. You were over here with uh, you came over with Tanya, mm-hmm. and uh, I we were going to play some games. And then Heather, who my wife used to game with us all the time, as you know, the audience doesn't. She used to play role playing games and play board games all the time. And then we got into Warhammer, and she basically said, "You're nerds." <laughs> <laughs> and stopped. Right. Um, but we pulled out Quarriers, and it's another... It, and she's like, hey, I'll play if we're coming over to do play real board games and we don't have to talk Warhammer. And uh, Quarriers is kind of awesome. It was fun. If you've never heard of it before, it's a bit like... Maybe you've played Dominion. If uh, For those out there, Dominion's a card game where you kind of build the deck as you play. This is a game where you build your dice as you play. Yeah. And every turn you're going to cycle through your bag of dice and roll getting certain results, and after you roll them, you put them aside and go through more dice until you've gone through them all. You basically try to summon up these creatures, and if they last until the start of your next turn, they gain you glory. And when someone gets a certain amount of glory, they win the game. It's very... It it took longer to explain and made less sense in the explanation than it took once we went through a round of playing it. It's like everybody had it. and It's a lot of fun. Yeah, we played like four or five games that night, and I could... It's a game that even Heather said, hey, if we're playing that again, she'd love to play. And cool. So I was like, yay. So that's our gaming. Yeah. Um, do you want to do, uh, why don't we move along then, since that's our that's manager. That's about session. it, yeah. Why don't we go on to the uh, tournament update. Tournament update brought to you by the Circle City Circuit. Um, 
I totally dropped the ball on getting in touch with Jeff, but I know that the circuit, there's no real update on the circuit because they haven't started up the new season yet. But, but you do have a shout-out for his new Indocant? Yes. Um, and this is the stuff that we said about last time. It says, everyone, don't forget to sign up for the Indocant Tri-State Warhammer League. If you're in Indiana, Ohio, or Kentucky, uh, you can be part of the Indocant Tri-State Warhammer League. It's a perfect league for the busy player. Play games on your schedule at the local store or even in the convenience of your own home. Meet new players. Join the ever-growing Midwest Warhammer community. Become the Tri-State champ. Dun, dun, dun. Make snow cones with a Snoopy snow cone machine. Sorry. All while maintaining your busy lifestyle of work, Warcraft, and or Skyrim. I should mention... And making toasted corn muffins. And to- toasted corn muffins. I should mention, the one of the aspect of gaming that I'm dying to do, I'm very excited about, I've actually managed to find a couple of people to play StarCraft with me. But that doesn't mean I have enough people to play StarCraft with me. So if you're on, uh, if you're listening and you like StarCraft, contact me. I am terrible. I suck. I will be beaten up by any halfway decent player. But I would love to play. So check out indokent.blogspot.com. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, and it's I-N-D-O-H-K-E-N-T. Indokent.blogspot.com for all the information on the league. And oh, I I think that they're basically has, just, has already started because they get listed by January 31st. But check out the information because they've got a cool league. I got to say, you know, I know what a pain it is to run a tournament. Um, not that I've run a tournament, but our close friends run tournaments. And, uh, you know, I mean, Grant decided to run a tournament after going to Wapaka last year. He's running bits. And I know how much work because I'm, I'm sometimes his soundboard. <laughs> he's got the Council yeah. of Three. But when he's running things, hey, we're doing this. Or, hey, I just got this place. And, hey, we did this. And he also likes to keep us posted because then we can keep the listeners posted. Right. Well, I mean, considering that it's only February. Yeah. And, and his uh, tournament isn't going to be until June. And, and he has to start working on it now. And he's already had to start working on it a couple of months. It's almost full. Yeah, exactly. I, he just tweeted today. I thought he said 51 spots are filled or something like out that. Out of 60, and at this point, folks, you're running out of spots. You might want to jump on, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and if, um, not to say that he's not. We'll cons- be there. You might get to see us. Ooh. It's not to say that he's not considering expanding, but just in case, now is the time to not dawdle. <laughs> if you want to be at bits, you should probably do something about it. Exactly. Stop being such a slacker. You. But uh, I'm not talking about you, Dave. I'm talking about you, them. The royal you. You, listeners, get off your duff. Get going. Duff man. Yeah. Try, try to detect it. It's not too late. To sign up. And sign up good. Boom, 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 boom. Okay. So, into but I was saying, you know, after seeing even the small, just, you know, organizing even the little tiny tournaments, like we've got that 10-man UGG tournament coming up. He runs a monthly tournament between four different stores. And then, you know, people keep coming. And if you go, you know, if you go to more than one tournament, you win stuff at every tournament. And then he takes the best, the average of your best up to four games. And you could win the tournament overall. I mean, that's a lot of work. Jeff does a lot for the Warhammer community in his area. Yes, he does. And somehow he manages to get spectacular prize support, too. I don't know how he does it. But, I mean, the stuff he gave away to multiple players, like, Good, good entire healthy starts to ar- armies. Got entire yeah, mantic armies for yeah. the top three. I think they each got like a mantic. Arm. Last time someone got that damned that big uh, war mammoth from Forge World. Yeah, 
Let's, let's mean, give a quick shout out to Mantic too, because their Mantic armies are extremely generous. I, I oh, love those boxes. So, and not only that, but you got to give it to Mantic, who is very happy to say, "Hey, here, take a couple armies, yeah. give oh, them out." Yeah. You know who recently got a, an entire high elf army? No, who? Chris Tomlin. Yes, Chris Tomlin from Black well, Sun. I well, saw he was saying that he, he loves it. He's like really happy. Well, love is a strong word. Let's say he's very happy with it. I, when I first saw the elves, I thought they looked weird. Because they didn't look like the elves as I would expect them to look. I like them. I do like them. They've grown on me a lot. In fact, when I really started to like them is when I had to paint the set for Cranky, the one that came in the Dwarf King's Hold. Yeah. They are too thin. See, I like that. I like that because they don't look human. You can't mistake them for a human being. They're not slightly taller, more beautiful. I mean, Tolkien's elves are slightly taller, more beautiful than humans. They're godlike. Yeah, they're they're, they're the, a step closer to God or yeah, whatever. They're, they're humans slightly is. more perfected, yes. Right. Whereas the elves in Mantic's world are something alien. No, they're they are, just they're not human. Right. They're, they're, they're elves, whatever elves are. But. Very tall, very long, pointy ears, very almond shaped eyes. Yeah. Um, I like them. They've and, grown on me a lot. I yeah. like them a lot. And yeah. Someone was asking, um, shoot, I can't remember who posted it. It was a cool post. Maybe it was Relian. Like, if you could build a second army, what would it be? And I have to say, I'd probably go ahead and put together that Mantic High Elf army. Did you see my response? No, what was your... Well, you're, you have, like, ten armies, so... I said any of the six I don't already own, yeah. and then I put under it, I put on... Uh, I think I put I, I put a hashtag, put Gamer OCD or something like that. I, oh, I put a hashtag completist, hashtag Gamer OCD. I'll... Take any army. I don't care. Pretty much, yeah. I, when I own them all, then I'll be content. No, you won't. No, because then I'll start buying the Mantic armies, <laughs> and then I'll start to like, hey, then I'll, have, then I'll have more time to collect Balafo models. I'll never be content. I'm a completist, and that's a bad thing to be in this hobby. Mm-hmm. But uh, Harrison's just laughing and hitting his leg because he's like, this is awesome because my dad is eventually going to get old and die, and I will have all his models. Well, in regards to other tournaments, we still have Invasion Kenosha. We have Buckeye Battles, Adepticon. Uh, there's going to be Origins Game Fair in, in Columbus. Gen Con. Gen Con's coming up. Uh, although, there's again, there's not much of a Warhammer presence there. That's not to say that there's any Warhammer presence. There's no official there. Warhammer presence. Right. I, I did see a few games here and there, but last year at least. Yeah. But um, still. Well, yeah, Greg Dan's coming out for that. He's going to be coming down there with us. we got to get tickets and stuff, but... Uh, I'm kind of hoping if he's got the room and the ability, if he packs an army in a case, he's going to be here for a week before we get a couple games. And, of course, if he doesn't, he can always just borrow one of mine since I have a lot. And we'll get some games in. Yes, you do. Um, But you know what? Let's uh, let's break away from the space-time continuum. Earlier, um, we recorded, uh, we were talking to uh, Wally from Cooley Carnage. That's right. Uh, and so we're going to give you that little interview right now. Cooley Carnage is a tournament um, that sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun, and they're working to—they're taking all the profits and putting it towards uh, research for multiple sclerosis. So let's go to that now. Sounds like a plan. If a game is only as good as the person who plays it, then the best games can be found at Unique Gifts and Games, collectible and classic card games, board games, RPGs, tabletop miniatures, hobby tools, and more all found within. And so is an amazing community of fellow gamers, as well as dedicated gaming tables, terrain, and a library of open games to try. It's also your source for On Scene Lurker, the independent tabletop wargaming magazine. 
Stop by for Warhammer Fantasy Mondays, 40K Tuesdays, and War Machine Wednesdays. Demos and tournaments are alive and well at UGG. Check their website at uniqueuegg.com for their calendar of events or call 847-548-8270. Don't forget about the rewards program, their convenient location in downtown Grays Lake, Illinois, and their friendly staff. Unique gifts and games. Great gamers mean great gaming. All right, so next up on the tournament update, we've got our good friend Wally D from Cooley Carnage here. Welcome, Wally. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going today? Real good, real good. Glad yeah. you could join us. Real oh, no, thanks, thanks for having me. It means a lot. That is our pleasure. Oh, it's our pleasure. Now, you, uh, this, we got emails on this, and you're been, your stuff's been popping up on Twitter, hobby at all costs, you know, constantly it's getting uh, promoted. So why don't you tell everybody about Cooley Carnage? Okay, Cooley Carnage is a two-day event we're doing on June 23rd and 24th in Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada. We're south of Calgary, a couple hours near the U.S. border, if you want to look us up, right off the Rocky Mountains. Um, Saturday is going to be a fantasy tournament, 2,400 points, uh, standard battle line. We're actually using South Coast GP Comp. You, you guys, like, oh, follow the, the U.K. scene. It's we kinda, follow the U.K. scene. Here in the States, we actually don't use much of the comp, but uh, this oh. would be an interesting change for us. I'm well, actually quite what we good. decided to do is, like, follow the U.K. comp for something different around here, actually. That is that is quite different. So have you have you practiced with it? Yeah, yeah, we've been trying it out here locally, and people like it. So it's kind of funny because it's how we play a little bit already. A few people, like my list, didn't change at all whatsoever. <laughs> um, not that I'm being in tournament, but you know, trying out the system. My list never changed. A couple other guys' lists never changed, really. So, well, it's pretty, where I guess we just self comp. South know. Coast GT comp. I mean, that's Dan Helens. Yeah, exactly. Comp. That's right. That's, that's, right. Yep. that's actually that's it's it's a it's it's a pretty mild comp. He tries to. He tries to mess with it as little as possible. Yeah, he likes minimum impact on the game itself, but he does feel as though a few things need to be tweaked to keep the game balanced. I'm, right. I'm interested. Right. I'm really interested to see how that plays out. That's right. It, it's mostly the magic phase, um, toning down how many power dice you it's, can't it's lose. It's unlimited power dice. Limiting to 12 dice, is that right? That's right, yeah. And then there are certain magic items that count as power dice? Is that? Am I remembering um, this correctly? We're doing, we're doing a little bit of a modified version. Cause, I mean, we did... Comp's always personal, right? So it's yeah, always yeah. personal preference. So we're we're allowing twelve dice maximum, any source, however it is. But you can only use up to twelve a turn, and you can only roll up to six at once, and that includes dark elves. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. And uh, but you're not counting a dispel scroll as a power dice or any of no, that stuff. No, no, no. It's, okay. A dispel scroll is a dispel scroll. Okay. And then, of you, course, you know, limiting unit size. We're going to do a couple other small things. It's all actually the. Uh, the total package is up on coolycarnage.blogspot.com, which I'm sure I'll repeat later. <laughs> and now when is the tournament again? It's June 23rd, and then that's a Saturday. And then June 24th, we're doing a 40K tournament as well. How many points um, is that? Uh, it's We're doing something different. We're actually going to have a four-game escalating tournament. So it's going to start at 1,000 points, and you add 250 each round. Cool. So 1,000, 1,250, 1,500, and 1,750. In that particular case, is it stacking onto the list that you already had before? Yeah, you got it. It's exactly what you had before. No subtracting anything or changing, but you can add. So you could add to a size of unit. You could add a plasma gun to an Imperial Guard squad or a transport or whatever you want, but you can never take anything off okay, what so you, you already have. Okay, so you add to existing units, though. You don't have to add 250 points of something completely separate. If you need to find 10 points somewhere, you can throw a... Uh, a melt a gun on a, on a I don't even know if it's 10 points. I'm completely talking out of my backside, but you can do that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
Sorry about that. I just hit the microphone on my headphones <laughs> again. I do that all the time. We're still getting used to the fact that we actually have microphone stands and microphones. Unfortunately, it means that we're bashing ourselves into them from time to time. Yeah, we, yeah, we got microphone stands <laughs> like three episodes ago. We've actually been just holding the mics in front of us like we were, you know, like one of those oh. old, old, you know, like Phil Donahue shows. I like it. And uh, <laughs> now we got mic stands, so our hands are free, but I keep turning my head to look at Chris and slamming the side of my Headphones into the mic. Which at, at this point, I'm just keeping myself dreadfully still. <laughs> <laughs> We're afraid of the mic stands. Well, now, so you, do you play 40K as well as Fantasy? Yeah, unfortunately, I am a bit of a round baser. I'm not um, going to judge. I, I tease it, but uh, they're both... Fantasy is my pew, game, pew, honestly. Pew. It really is. So, but well, what I, do you play for both systems? Um, for Fantasy, I have a big empire army. That's my main army. Oh, and you've then gotta I've be, been... You've got to be so excited about the rumors, then. Yeah, it's the one time I'm not bandwagoning. It's fantastic. <laughs> Isn't that great? It's like, actually, I already have this army. I don't have to feel bad by liking it and going out and buying something. Exactly, because I see the vampires, I'm like, oh. I'm in the midst of it right so now. Nice. Oh, the vampire so counts, yeah. Nice. I'm actually glad I already had that army and was playing it before they announced it was coming out, because I totally would have bandwagoned that one. But you know how much I love vampires, so. See, I'm yes. ready to shoot off into the heavens, because they finally made my my new army. My chaos doors are finally back. Are they? When did that happen? Oh, recently. I've yeah. never heard of this. Nah, <laughs> and interesting fact is we're actually allowing the t- Tamarcon list in the fantasy tournament. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Excellent. I, I actually, them we're are. actually allowing all the Empire stuff out of it, too. What's that? Oh, really? We're allowing really? the Empire stuff out of I'm, it as well. I'm really interested. I think it's called uh, Leechpold the Black. He actually makes a really interesting variation on the Empire army. I've uh, Yeah, that's actually building that right now and of course i'm gonna build a second empire army figure that one out but well, that begs the question from my end uh he normally allows if you take leap pull to black you can take one core unit from either dwarves bretonia or ogres are sure, you yeah. taking advantage of that rule i sure me yeah, i'm gonna take a big unit of iron guts iron and, guts. and green yeah. stuff them up and have them poofy clothes and all that stuff and hats with feathers and yeah, I couldn't decide. It's like, well, I really like the Bretts. Maybe I'd take a giant bus of Knights of the Realm, but I think Iron Guts are a good choice. So yeah, I, I tried the list, actually. I've already tried a couple times, yeah. and I find it just didn't have punch because you don't have priests, right? You don't have priests. That's right. So, And that's the big thing for Empire. So I thought the big unit you know, Iron Guts will be able to smash things, hopefully. Not that heal. I'm a very good player, but <laughs> so I tried. I, I'm assuming since Leap Pulled the Black is being tried out that you're allowing special characters? Yeah, uh, most special characters. We've we've banned a few specific ones. Um, Mask is banned. Yep. Kalita's yep. banned. Oh, Kalita, is Kalita, banned. Actually, this is interesting that you bring up Kalita. I was just at Wagpaka, which is uh, a very popular Wisconsin tournament here in the in the Midwest. And uh, one of our players, a guy named Miel Vermeulen, plays the VC down here as well as Empire. Yep. He believes that uh, Kalita is the new broken, what, what was once Teclas, I guess you could say. If that yeah. makes sense, he believes that Kalita is the new broken power special character. I don't know how powerful she is, but if you're playing and you're allowed special characters, she becomes that one plus. Kind I, of, I, kind I, of, I, I, or not one plus, but I, I mean, it's definitely a list you build around her. Exactly. Like, you've all heard of Thronus Gauls incident, I'm sure, where the one guy took Tomb Kings. I can't remember where I heard about it, but he took Tomb Kings, a giant unit of like 80 archers and Kalita, and would delete a unit a turn. That was the build. Yeah, that's the build where it's 80 oh, sure. to 90 guys, and whatever he pointed at died every turn. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we, we just don't want that. Like, as we're going to discuss, this is a, also a big charity event. So uh, we are not going for, like, the GT Yard Boys kind of feel or throwing a skulls or anything, hence the comp and a couple other things we're doing at the event as well. So, Well, let's talk about but, the charity angle then. Sure. Exactly. Oh, so 
Go ahead. We're raising money for the Multiple Sclerosis Society of Canada specifically. Um, one of the organizers, Dwayne Truant, he has it. You'll hear him on Ohio Hammer talking about this actually pretty soon. Um, so he actually has MS. He's lost sight in one eye oh, from no. it. Okay. Um, and you know, he's had, he's had a few issues as far as like with walking and stuff, but now he, he's better. It's, he has like a remitting form of MS. Um, for those who don't know what MS is, it's a kind of like an inflammatory disease that affects the myelin of the, like the brain and spinal cord, basically scarring it. Right. So imagine like you're, brain basically getting scarred in one spot for layman's terms or round basers as they call layman's uh, so. well wait do you mean layman or lame men i'm just trying either or works <laughs> i can't make fun i have an orc army with a k sitting over there so uh hey me too what do you know excellent orcs is the best they are so i'm sorry um, i'm distracting from ms with orcs which it's all right so um so basically imagine like part of your brain is scarred and it just doesn't work. So all of a sudden your eye doesn't work anymore. All of a sudden you can't walk. Oh. So this is – they don't have a cure for it. They aren't exactly sure what causes it. So – and it's a really important cause. My sister-in-law has it actually. Um, and the when we went and rented the venue, the, we found out the lady had it. So it's just every seems, everything seems to be tying in into wow. it. And it's a really, really important cause for us. So we're just doing our best to raise money for this. So, so in a few ways, we're actually going to have an auction at the event. Um, Chaos Orc Superstore, who we learned about through you guys. Thank you very much. Chaos uh, Orc got involved. Good for him. And, and they, yeah, they donated rock. a Forge World Chaos Dragon. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. So um, Ohio Hammer, so we're going to auction that. Ohio Hammer donated a battle phone bag. We have nice. some old metal pointy uh, Chaos Dwarfs. That from the local store here that got donated. Ooh, auctions over the phone because I'm looking at Christopher's <laughs> eyes glint. We were literally just talking about him that that. Oh really? That's him funny. Him yeah, no, there's like actually it's the hobgoblins I need, but oh, uh, <laughs> no, those are great. Those are great models. So yeah, we're gonna do auctions right at the event, and the players will bid silent auction kind of a deal and. And all 100% of proceeds will go to the MS Society. Um, a portion of every ticket will go to the MS Society. All profits from concession stand will go to them. Uh, we're also doing a special buy a reroll token. Uh, what it'll do is once per turn, player's turn, you're allowed to reroll one dice. So that's your turn and their turn. So you can buy tokens for $1. And again, 100% of that goes to the MS Society. No, wait, the, it's it, once per full turn, yours and theirs, or I can buy one oh, on my turn you, and one on their turn. Meaning sure, can. you can you can you so can, can buy use twelve one, a game. Six in a game. Yes. Six Wait, per uh, player per game. No. no, you could use twelve in a game. I could buy one on my oh. turn and on your turn. Yeah. Oh wow. Two per turn. Really, so you right? could so, raise you uh, could con- conceivably one... raise twenty four bucks a table per game. Conceivably. Wow. Con- conceivably, yeah. Oh, that, that's that would be the dream, right? Um yeah. <laughs> So and and really it's one dice, it's not gonna affect anything really, you know what I mean? Um, we have a few caveats. Well. I I know what you're thinking. Like we do have a few caveats. So somebody re-rolls their, uh, they roll a six and a one, right? Uh-huh. For the magic face. So you decide to re-roll that one. And they roll a six. Well, you can spend your re-roll on the six they originally rolled to re-roll that if you wanted. Wait, I can re-roll my opponent's die? Yeah. Ooh. Oh, but it's only one per turn, though. It's so one dice per uh, turn. That's I'm saying, per, you, per, because I could see this, because I remember at the last, I remember Hastings was doing this when they had the re-roll things. Just... 
you know, that one turn, they're slapping down a buck, then he slaps down a buck. The next thing you know, there's like $20 on the table on one turn okay, because. Well, yeah, <laughs> we did discuss that problem. So you'll actually have to buy your tokens in advance. Oh, okay. Just, just to avoid everybody spending a million dollars. As is that really that bad gone. thing, though? Still, at the same time, it's it's a really nice system, considering that everyone knows up front that this is a charity. That yeah. this is this is an effort to raise money. So, it's not something that people are going to be upset about. It's going to because I didn't realize I had to buy it. I'm just I'm just picturing people sitting at the table slapping <laughs> dollars down, and it's sort of piling up on the side as the games go and as it gets like, heated. Like too many margaritas in Vegas. Exactly. <laughs> do you have like gambling? Do you have like gold painted uh, poker chips, or how are you going to? We haven't actually figured that out yet. No. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there will be something very specific that will be different at Fantasy and different at 40K. Very cool. Pew, so pew. Obviously, because, you know, it's a good thing, but nobody can use it that way. It, it'll be very good. The big part, big thing we're doing is, if you don't mind me, go ahead. Uh, pushing this a lot, is we're doing an online raffle. Online and, and locally. We, uh, Worthy Painting out of England has is donating a fully painted 1,000-point Blood Angels army. Oh, wow. Um, so we're going to raffle that online. Uh, Alistair Armas, who's won a Golden Demon, is actually painting one of the models for it. Wow. Um, because the reason where the painting jumped on is Alist- a member of Alistair's family actually has MS, very bad uh, MS. So, of course, it's really important to them. And they seen this, and they decided to jump on. And we're like, yep, awesome. So Good the raffle doing this. That's amazing. Raffle really simple. You uh it's ten dollars for the first ticket and one dollar for every ticket thereafter. So you spend twenty bucks, you get eleven tickets. Okay. Um you simply uh you can PayPal us at cooleycarnage at gmail.com. Cooley is C O U L E E and Carnage at gmail.com. Or you can go to our website, cooleycarnage.blogspot.com. Uh, all the info is there. As far as how to send us money. What, what's the reference to Cooley? What is that? Uh, Cooley is like... That's the guy who runs and pulls your cart, the rickshaw, right? Um, no, that's a... Ch- <laughs> <laughs> Don't be trolled, my friend. Don't be trolled. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, hate mail coming from all our Asian listeners now. That's what they oh. call them, Coolies. I'm sorry. I've never heard that before. That's really interesting. Well, <laughs> there are no rickshaws at our tournament. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, no actual rickshaws. <laughs> no rickshaws. But uh, Cooley is kind of just like a geological formation. It's like a valley in between hills. We're right off the Rocky Mountains, so it's some foothills around here. And Cooley's are like not va- not quite a valley, but it's in between hills, you know? I see. Okay. There's a lot of them around here. So. Cooley Carnage. Yeah, I found out they're called Cooley's watching uh, What's Up, Tiger Lily. <laughs> that, that Woody Allen movie where they dubbed in the Asian Oh, the ri- you're, you're back in the rickshaw. The guy, well, yeah, because the guy comes in. It was like they were at the hotel, and he comes in. Would someone with a license plate 573 come to the lobby? Your coolie has a hernia. <laughs> what? <laughs> so I'm Never sorry. I'm, I might go watch this tonight. This sounds interesting. Uh, Woody Allen and a bunch of his friends in the 60s took a Japanese spy picture, knocked out the soundtrack, and then just wrote new dialogue and dubbed it in over that movie. Have you ever heard of a show called Mystery Science Theater 3000? I was just going to say that's exactly oh, but, what it sounds but, like. But, no, but in this Mystery was Science, the original, I guess yeah, you could in say. In Mystery Science, they actually just talk over the movie, but they leave the movie alone. Here, they knock out the entire soundtrack and wrote a new script and just... Because you're dubbing over a Japanese picture in English, so yeah. what does it matter? They just wrote their own script. The only bad thing I can say about the movie is there is just an inexcusable amount of love and spoonful throughout the whole thing. So. Yeah, there was several breaks for the love and spoonful to do which musical is, numbers, which yeah. whatever they needed to fill space, I guess. 
But we digress. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what you guys Wait, do. On show. Get that's all right. out of here. Stay on topic. <laughs> that's, that's why your shows are four hours. If you guys stayed on target, it'd be like an hour and a half. And, and we're done. We talked about everything. Uh, at least we stay interesting, though. Actually, I like your. I like the really long shows because I drive like half an hour to work every day, so that's what I listen to back and forth for a couple of days. It's great. I drive forty minutes to work myself, and I listen to about thirty different podcasts. So it's <laughs> like, if I don't have podcasts, I'm listening to books on CD. That's what yeah, I love the long format. So I don't listen to us though. I was going to say you don't. You don't listen to our show. I, I listen to it when we record it, and when I'm editing it. By the time that's it, I'm I'm done. That's a lot of work. Only time I go back and listen is if someone has a question and I don't remember exactly what I said. Mm-hmm. Well, so, four hours is a long time to remember the whole conversation. <laughs> I don't remember what I said when we started recording before we <laughs> called Wally, so <laughs> Lord knows I get in trouble. Okay, so... So when I, uh, so there's plenty. Are there plenty of places for people to like uh, get a hotel room near there? Is there? A- yeah, there's plenty of hotels. Like you can just email us and we'll point you in the right direction. There's a ton of hotels around here. It's a city of about eighty thousand, so you're not driving very far to a hotel. Anyways, ten minute drive. Okay, nice big city. Yeah, so we're we are expecting a lot of outowners from uh, from Calgary and Edmonton and local cities. Uh, Amy's Revenge, I think. Sure, she, Mike. Yeah, big, big Mike. Yeah, Mike Hack said, yeah. So he's interested in coming and. A few of the people from up there. So, we were uh, on a side note. We were hoping to see him this year at Adepticon, but I think his uh, his new baby. He's going to be a little busy this year. Yeah, he's just a little busy with that. So. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He said so. I thought he said so. He's bowing out, but you know, good for him. Unfortunate he's- for us, though. What about you? Are you coming to Adepticon this year? Ah, uh, yeah, I wish. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this is taking up so much time. You just. Yeah, it's just crazy. I'm, so not, I'm, I'm not too surprised. Well, I know that Grant uh, with Blood in the Sun, I know how busy that keeps him, so I imagine this is just, you know, just coordinating and juggling between two different tournaments at the same time. It's got to be overwhelming. Oh, I just, yeah, I, it's it's more work than I thought it would be, I will be completely honest. Especially, like, a lot of it, the way we're doing uh, 40K, we're doing, tw- there's 12 tables for the event, so 24 players per uh, event. Um, for 40K, we're actually doing 12 different unique scenarios. Oh, wow. So we're going to have 12 scenarios plus the terrain forum. And then, you know, building terrain. It's not like we have a tournament worth of terrain right now. So we've just been plowing through trying to get everything done. And plus I'm trying to get going to a couple local tournaments. So I've been building a Beastman army for that. And oh, good for you. Uh, something outside of the Empire. Yeah. 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 I've been kind of slowly plugging away. I, got, I did a doubles tournament with them so far and I added a few things and hopefully it'll go right. I'm... Oh, you've seen my uh, face, my Twitter names right now, Facebook, Twitter, uh, the hobby at all costs or whatever. So I don't really, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not really win at all costs. So uh, hence playing Beastman. I don't actually, really expect- I thought they did well. Aren't they? Are you surprised with how they're performing? Um, yeah, actually, I really am. I am not playing like I, I'm not playing Beastagores, and I'm not playing um, like a lot of magic spam or anything. But just the chariots and the gores themselves are just doing all the work for me, and I love it. It's well, fun. They, they tend to hit a lot. They tend to just successfully hit and pass their primal fury. So that's right. I just cast Wisdom's Wild Form on them and let them go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the so. that's the strategy. Yeah, no, they're uh, it's a lot different than my empire. That's why I like it. Right, I'm get them a stone not, crown in the. Uh... Uh, I haven't actually tried it. My, usually I'm so deep anyways, right? So so many ranks, I'm just steadfast anyways. Or I'm hitting them with four chariots at once. And it no, I want to really try them. Happen. They sound fun. Uh, so. I, that's that's one of the armies that is unbuilt, sitting partially built that I got uh, sitting <laughs> oh, over there. I may have to steal I those, those minotaurs and just paint them at some point. Yeah, there you go. 
Well, uh, for those who want to play in the tournament, uh, could you give us the, the website one more time? So I assume sure. that you're going to be able to find, like, the compact, uh, the tournament pack, and the, the additional rules, anything found on the website. Is that correct? Everything will be on our website. It'll be – we have both Fantasy and 40K packets, registration information, information on the raffle. With And 100% of that is going to the MS Society as well. So we're hoping to raise a lot. We have – well, up, we started the thing on Friday. Today is Tuesday, and we have 101 tickets sold so far. Now, because nice. this is a charity, are you also accepting donations? Yeah, we're accepting donations, um, of, again, to the same PayPal. Mm-hmm. Just like to any listeners who are interested in either donating or doing the raffle, make sure if you're just donating in the PayPal uh, message that you put, this is just a donation to the MS Society, and we'll hand it over. The other option is we you can... Donate, go on the raffle, say, I don't want the army anyways. And we'll, what we'll do is we'll just redraw. And then we'll just announce it. Oh, so-and-so has won. David Whitek has won, but he doesn't want the army. So we're going to redraw. Oh, well, okay. Um, I'm just putting out there that if I get into the raffle, you, I'm, those words will not be spoken. You probably yeah. will keep yeah. here. <laughs> it's going. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm kind of a greedy bastard. I have be a many world armies and. So. Well, exactly, and you know that that's that's kind of my theory. Once I have one army, I want the rest of them. So. That's right. Yeah, yeah. we're like <laughs> brothers from another mother here. It's, it sounds a lot the same. My army ADD going on with my that painting army OCD. Will, <laughs> that army is actually going to be shown, uh, I think, on Friday. Worthy Painting has a YouTube page, so look for it. Cool. Um, it's just Worthy Painting, all one word. And, and know, I think they're going to be showcasing it on Friday. And Wally, send me an email with all the links and all the everything, and I will make yep. sure it gets up in the show notes. And of course, put it on. It, you know, we'll get it up in the uh, tournament section on our forums as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I've actually think I posted a little thing in your forum. I think you did, but I can't remember who did and who didn't. Right off the top of my head, so I just want to make sure that if you didn't, that you know you're welcome to. Okay, great. Um, I'd be remiss not to mention all our great sponsors. Um, Chaos Arc Superstore, of course. Um, Showcase Comics here in town. Chaos Arc Superstore. Chaos Arc Chris is rolling his eyes. Um, Lone Wolf Development sent us some copies of Army Builder. Nice. 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 Ohio Hammer, of course. Mantic Games, MiniWarGaming.com, Max Mini, MicroArt Studios, Green Man Designs. All those companies have actually donated stuff for swag bags that everybody's getting just for signing up and coming to the tournament. Nice. Um, Secret Weapon Miniatures, Chapter Studios, Cyborg Miniatures, Terrain Geek. And we have some corporate sponsors, actually, as well. Uh, KPMG, an accounting firm, and Valance & Co. Uh, lawyer's Office have donated quite generously to us. So. Wow, nice. Well yeah. done for putting all this together. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. so we're, we're just hoping to raise a, as much money as we possibly can for the MS Society and have a really good weekend. Um, we're not making money on this. We'll hopefully make enough money to do it again next year. So, folks, if you're listening out there, and even if you don't think you can make it, make sure to donate to uh, sure. to Cooley Carnage. Obviously, the more money that you're able to accumulate and give over to the uh, to the society, uh, the more successful it means for you guys. I would think, it, you know, the more it proves that what you're doing is a success. So, yeah. hopefully, hopefully yeah, folks course. will be inspired to actually donate through you. That way, that uh, this can continue on and be a real success. I, I really do hope people uh, donate, be generous. Um, even ten bucks, buy one ticket. I mean, it's that's one one more chance you had than before. And who is um, your who is your partner you're working on this with again? Um, Dwayne Dwayne Truant and Rico Truant, they're brothers. Um, they're the other two guys helping me run the right. run the so, event. And then and Paul Pickles as well. He's another local guy. So the four of us are kind of working together, getting a thing together, and oh, hopefully it's a big big success. Uh, anybody who want needs anything, um, again the website is coolycarnage.blogspot.com. I'll I'll make sure to send you the 
how to spell it so you can put it in the liner notes so doke. people can see it. And, like, folks, if you want to hear Dwayne have his take on it, uh, like you, Wally said, they're going to be on Ohio Hammer, so you should listen to him. On, that's He's going to be on, what, episode 14, I believe? 14, I, I think. Yeah, the next episode. I mean, you'll have to listen to Andy, too, but then... Uh, it happens. Oh. Kind of, kind of oh firing shots across the bow there. Sorry. <laughs> um, it, I'm just it'll give me perspective, actually, to listen to him. He, he has MS, so it would be, I think, for people to understand it, you almost, you know, like... Oh, you mean oh Dwayne? Okay, yeah, like Dwayne, he'll be the who's gonna be on our hammer. He has MS. So oh, okay, it's you can only imagine how important this is for him, right? So absolutely. Oh, no kidding. So it'll it'll be a neat perspective to hear what he has to say. So. Yeah, you kind of threw us both off for a moment for just a moment. I mean, I we was teasing Andy, Andy, and you said like, he has MS, and I looked at Chris. And I, I like, don't think he does. <laughs> he's got a scratchy <laughs> voice, but he doesn't have MS. Jeez, uh, okay, he scared the hell out of me. I'm like, have I been oh. making fun of Andy for three months? And he's, oh Jesus. Oh. <laughs> Well, we can continue to make fun of Andy. We just can't make fun of him for having a mess. Okay. Well, I'm, I already I, I fired that one shot. I'm done making fun of Andy for this episode because I don't want this to become a, a war across episodes. So, so two hours later, when you forget, you said this and, and make fun of him again. Exactly. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta go on. I gotta go in, on Twitter and put on that hashtag. Andy still doesn't get it like I did before. So. That's good. <laughs> Well, I really, really appreciate the time, guys. That was thank you, thank you very much. Terrible. Oh no, happy to have you on, and uh, wish you great success. Great, thank you very much. Thank Excellent. You. Talk to you soon. All right, so I guess we'll use this old army book as a hill, and uh, we'll use this soda can as the dark tower of darkness. Okay. Take your game to the next level with Weird Worlds Terrain. Our products are handcrafted and cast in lightweight, durable plastic resin that's sure to stand up to the rigors of battle. We're adding new products all the time, so if you're tired of the same boring hills and forests on your table, make Weird Worlds Terrain your destination for tabletop wargaming terrain. WeirdWorldsTerrain.com. What's your world? Check this out. Hey folks, you all remember Billy. Unfortunately, he can't be here for this commercial today. Why? Because after reading Unseen Lurker magazine, he's gotten so many tips from gaming to modeling to painting that he's decided to take his skills out to a tournament. And from what I understand, he's out there right now at the top table winning games and wrecking hobbies. All thanks to Unseen Lurker magazine. Go to UnseenLurker.com. Check out a quarter of the magazine. Check it out. Read it. And I'm certain you'll agree, Unseen Lurker is the number one wargaming magazine out there. UnseenLurker.com. Okay, and we are back. We're back. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's All right. keep going for at least a few episodes. No, I, I think that's done. Okay, so we are here with Chris Yu. Hello. Ryan Noble. All good. First time on the show. Yeah, Welcome we're to the show, Ryan. Ryan. All right. And, uh, of course, Handsome Man Grant Fetter. Whoop, whoop. Okay, so wait. We had Handsome Man and what are we calling you now? Wu, uh, is it uh, Wu-Tang? Or, or Yu-Tang? Yeah, the Yu-Tang clan. Yu-Tang. Yu-Tang and Big Noble. Big Noble. All right. So those are our, our gamer, our, uh, our gaming club names, I guess. So... Fantastic. God, we're such nerds. <laughs> <laughs> no more than any of the other nerds who are doing their nerdly nerdiness. Hey, we may be nerds, but there's other people who are listening who are thinking, hey, that's pretty cool. So, Would Can I get your autograph? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the more nerdy, the nerd or the nerd who follows the nerd? I knew you'd say that. You did? That's amazing. <laughs> all right. Well, so let's go. Uh, you guys all were at Wapaka. 
I was home dealing with editing the show and screaming at uh, the people from iTunes. Let me jump in really fast here and, and give this from my perspective because it'll take 30 seconds. So I'm real excited. We make our trip. It's three uh, three hours or so to get all the way to Wapaka. Three hours. I am drive. number one on the waiting list to get in, and it starts to snow pretty hard. And people are getting actually held up at the airport. But despite all of this, when it came to it on Saturday morning, all 74 persons showed up to play the game. The fact that I wasn't able to play, I can't even say I'm upset about it. It was so cool that everyone showed up. I'll say he was upset. He was texting me saying, these so-and-sos, I hate everyone here, especially that Chris Yu guy. Oh, I knew it. Yeah, I singled him out. (laughs) Especially the Yu-Tang. Especially the U-Tang. But everyone showed up. I mean, I, I couldn't even be upset because I've, I don't think I've ever heard of that before. Have you ever heard of a tournament where every single person, especially 74 people, showed up? Uh, well, I've only been to like three, but no. Heck, last tournament I went well, to... Well, thanks for helping, Dave. <laughs> well, you know, strange things happen in Wisconsin. That's true. Well, yeah. last tournament I went to, only Harrison and I showed up. So <laughs> I won I won the t- I won won Best Painted and Harrison won the tournament. You also won Ugliest and uh, Funniest Hairdo. Well, I win that every day. There you go. So, okay. So, guys, you were all at PACA. Uh, I was following the tweets. Uh, they actually opened up a hashtag, Stuff Barnett Did. Yeah, um, I, I beat up a Marine. I heard you, uh, I got heard a you, no, I heard you stabbed a Marine. Stabbed a Marine. Excuse me. Got a, two strippers' phone numbers. I right. Um, I just, and it just, it got crazier from there. I will admit, while I was sitting here pulling my hair out on the phone with Daniel, turning green with rage at the people at, at iTunes who were sending me back answers that weren't actually things I asked, then I'm looking at Twitter and seeing all the fun you guys are having. <laughs> it's just like, you know those Tom and Jerry cartoons where the steam's coming out of their ears? <laughs> no, what do you mean? Full O jealousy. I was full on jealous, I have to admit. I got to say, too, when we walked in, it was such a great feeling there. Not to rub in the jealousy at all, but <laughs> it started, you know, the moment we pulled in and there was this, like, hush of silence. We all got out and we're like, well, do we check into the hotel? Well, that's because it was room. you. There was a hush of silence. Grant walked into the room. <sighs> it's He's so handsome. <laughs> no, that you know, was for the me, feeling. the magic began when we all got in the car together. It took that picture oh, at the yeah, gas station. Oh, yeah. I got that picture at the gas yeah. station. And then started. I saw the picture and I tweeted, is that Chris, you wearing one of those Chinese... Like you know, rice hats, and then somebody tweeted me that I was being racist. I'm ta- like, I mowed my lawn in that hat. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was part of the getup for a. It was costume <laughs> contest. It's North Korean too. Get it right. Oh, right. Sorry. No, <laughs> freaking me then. Well, but the trip was great. I mean, the magic started, and that was you know the you know road trip. Yeah, I mean that that's where it began. But right the moment we walked in that room, I mean the feeling was awesome because people just all kind of turned and were like, "Hey!" It was kind of like cheers. Like no, so many I'm, people knew who we were. See, I saw you. Cool. I, I'm glad you did tweet that picture of you guys that was at a gas station because when I saw him in the hat, I thought maybe he was just like your coolie pulling you along. And Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> But I, 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 yeah, I deserve it. We're in a hat like that. There <laughs> were a was, lot of comments and a lot of strange looks. And so. It was kind of awesome, though. I think it was great that you wore it. So, thanks. Random real Wisconsinites walking up and asking for, hey, I, you forgot my Chinese order. Right, yeah. Uh, you know, no they MSG. all thought they were original. Yeah. Dude, people walked up and said, no <laughs> MSG. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, I, yeah. It was it was a little bit awkward. There were people there that didn't know that weren't part of the tournament. That I was walking around with that hat and that Fu Manchu. They had no idea like what to think. That was good stuff. But they were very yeah. Talk about the awkward. Hell is with this guy. At least you didn't get like. A, at least you didn't have some weird Asian people coming to you. What the hell do you think you're doing? 
Well, actually, there was someone. I think there. Yeah, Johnny Hastings was saying some Asian guy was walking through the bar and saw me and like did a double take and then like <laughs> scowled yeah, he, at me. He like, actually apparently was kind of upset. Uh, yeah, well, I I could see it. <laughs> Lighten but, up, old man. <laughs> the thing is, back in college, you know, I did the whole Asian American rights and protesting for us. Uh, a cultural center and studies program. I, you know, never would have. And this is that 180 that. degrees away from it. Oh yeah, but if any of those friends saw me do wearing that get up, oh, they'd kill me. <laughs> they don't play Warhammer, so exactly. Whatever. So what do they matter? <laughs> right? <laughs> would they have taken away your Asian card? Oh, for sure. <laughs> You're no longer Asian. Damn. Do you think they'd even understand though that because you played Warhammer, that's the reason why you were wearing a Fu Manchu no, mustache? Warhammer, if they knew that <laughs> I was playing Warhammer, I think that'd make it worse. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh goodness. Okay, so you guys get there and you get out. And there's a hush, and then everyone yells "Norm," and then what? Go ahead, Grant. I know this is like your favorite tournament of the year, so go. <laughs> oh, it is. I coaxed all these guys. Well, right, last year, Ryan and I went, and we had such a great time. We came back. I talked about it on the show. You guys started drooling, and, you know, Chris yep. was uh, back and forth about going this year. And I said, you have to. You have to go. Um, he was able to. I don't remember how that went, but you talked your wife into it. All my brownie you know points somehow. gone. Yeah, brownie points are gone. Till next year. It, no, I, then, every brownie uh, point ever oh, all earned, gone. all gone. Yeah. Well, the baby coming, you're not getting any back. No. They're all uh, gone. They're all spoken for. And then finally, working. last minute, we got Barnett to, uh, you know, really just, just, I don't know how, you just hopped in. And <laughs> and thanks for letting me, because uh, I loved it. I, I loved every bit of it. I remember we talked on one episode saying, hey, you need to come, you know, it, well, you're welcome to come, and... Uh, yeah, and, and I'm really happy that you did. Well, a lot of uh, last year was a real difficult year for me, so l- everything has kind of wrapped up today. In fact, today I am officially single, so uh, oh. today's the day. So yeah, th- all of the issues. What are you doing after the cast? Uh, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Not single for long, Grant. Bow. So uncomfortable silence <laughs> later. <laughs> I didn't even know what to say to that, and I've got an answer for pretty much everything, but. <laughs> well, I mean, w- w- the point is I, I suddenly had free time. Things suddenly opened up. Uh, you know, I suddenly actually had uh, the ability and the, and the finances to go. So all at once, just in the last, what, two weeks was it? So I was able to jump in the car and just boom, and they uh, they had room for me at the hotel. Yeah, it was it was awesome. It was, cool. a, it was a great time. We showed up right away. Um, I think the first thing we, we did is beers first thing. Yeah, and first stop was the bar. Started, yeah. uh, yeah. started tapping into the, into the oh, brew. Yeah. Yep, and then uh, picked up a couple games. I know. Why, who, who else I played. Up I played I two games game. on Friday night. I got. Uh, I got floored both times. <laughs> Did you guys play at all? I played a pickup game against Domus. Yeah, we all played. Yeah, Friday we all played night. a pickup yeah. game. Yeah. yeah. You want to go over the pickup games real quick then, or yeah, Chris, real quick. Go sure. Ahead. I, I played my orcs and goblins for, against Domus's wood elves. Um, for his first time playing against orcs and goblins, and his first time being exposed to hand of gork. And, uh, they, the new orcs and goblins. The new right? ones. He's right. probably played. Right. Yeah, Domus who? Years. Who's this Domus guy? Nobody Domus knows who he is. James Hyde, a.k.a. Yeah. Um, I didn't even know that was his real name. I didn't either. He was a friend of mine on Facebook, and I just knew he was another Warhammer player. So his name is Domus? Well, yeah. Oh, well, I thought Domus was maybe, I mean. Or Mus is his last name. I thought Domus was like a <laughs> Slavic name. Like, oh, okay, it's Domus, well, whatever. Well, the, thing, the picture that he's got on Twitter and then the picture he's got on Facebook don't look anything alike, so I had no idea that they were the same person. I didn't know his real name. He was just Domus. Then I realized. How did he get the name, then? Where did it come from? We'd have to ask That's him. Question. That's Domus, a story for contact him. us and let us know how you got your goofy name. He actually told me one time, and I, I don't remember. 
Couldn't have been that good of a story then. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. It's like a Latin, some sort of Latin term. Anyway, so go ahead, go ahead with your game. Yeah, well, that, that game, uh, it, was a, it was a warm-up game, and it, it actually was, uh, it played a factor because we played each other during the actual tournament. So mm. I can circle back and talk about that later. Okay. All right. Ryan, how about All yours? Right. I got in a game against uh, Fanuke's Dwarves. Oh, yeah? Oh, Good Rob? looking dwarf armor. Rob, yeah. Rob Retro alias? Retro alias. Rockstar armor. Rob Fanuke. The Tennessee Rob, yeah. There you Fun go. Fun guy. Crazy game. I got in on him quick and tabled him pretty good. Beastman rolled up. <laughs> yeah, we rolled him out. Ripped off some dwarven beards. Yep, yep. And that was all she wrote. <laughs> Grant, you had a pretty good game. Yeah, yeah, I had oh, one. Okay. Yeah, Chris had a couple, oh, too. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, yeah, go ahead, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. Well, I played two games. So the first one was against uh, Tupper, and uh, I'd never seen him play this High Elves before. I, I was absolutely smashed. I absolutely smashed. Um, he's a really skilled player. I was playing like a doof, and I just kind of pushed him up there, and uh, he knocked him down for me. Yeah, I played against his Wood Elves at uh, when we Core Comp at Core Comp. Is that what he was playing? He okay. was, yeah, he was my my last game at Core Comp was against. He's a great player. Yeah, yeah, he was. He's he was fun to play super with. Super friendly, super oh, yeah. easy going, and just like oh whatever, man, let's just do it. Let's throw, throw some dice, and he threw some dice, and they uh, knocked my poor little guys down, <laughs> <laughs> and we stayed down. <laughs> we were beaten. And Jeez. I also played against uh, demons afterwards, and they flattened me even faster. Yeah, who's demons? Uh, what was his name? You played Mike, against. Was that Mike Ballard? Mike Ballard. Mike, Ballard. Mike, Mike is very skilled. Uh, uh, a real mix, of, like uh, some some cores, some de- uh, no demonets, demonets, blood letters, the whole nine yards. And uh, I just couldn't get through the four plus word save on the on the horrors. Oh, and then the bloodthirster came in, and then the bloodthirster. <laughs> That's all I remember. <laughs> dum, went, dum, went, dum. went very dark after that. And he, he's the one. He plays 40K as well. Is he the one that has the round bases stuck yes, onto the square Yes, that's exactly bases? right. Yeah. Right. I think it's a great idea. I mean, if you're playing demons. Oh, if you're going to play both, you might as well. There's no reason not to. Yeah. Played against Conzi from Wisco Dice. Noise. Conzi. Yeah, we had, a, we had a great game. I uh, This was actually my first game with... This list. Normally, I'm the the tournament guy who you know, oh. like you know, I practice for for weeks and I had the same a, thing. I didn't I didn't even touch my list until that was there. Right. So I you know it was really a weird experience for me. My first I played a couple games with ogres before. I think it was probably my fifth game period with ogres. See, I always laugh though because I, so how did that game end up? How'd you how'd you do on that game? I won. Of course. <laughs> I was sitting. Of course, I'm I'm following the tweets right. And there's Grant, and like for days beforehand, oh, I'm not getting any games. Nobody's playing with me. I can't get my games in. I'm not going to do well. I'm going to go 0 and 5. I'm going to go 0 and 5. And then I'm going to tweet, man, I'm already 3 and 0. First night, this is awesome. And of course, then I tweet, oh, and this from the guy who was, oh, I'm going to be 0 and 5, 0 and 5. And then I'll get a tweet back, can't you just be happy for me? <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I am happy for you, but you are, you are, you are eternally the guy. Before and everyone in this room can admit to it. If we set up a game for Friday. Between now and Friday, all we're going to hear from you is how you're going to lose. You're going to lose. Oh, my God, I'm going to lose. I don't know what I'm, I'm going to lose. I'm going to lose. Oh, it's going to be so bad. I'm going to lose. I'm going to lose. And then you're going to be playing. Ah, oh, man, first turn, he canned me. Dave came in and ran this. He was ahead by 1,200 points. I had, like, three guys left on the board. Oh, how did it end? I tabled him. As long as I get the table in, that's all that really matters. So all the pre-game it did, it, drama. No, it didn't I, surprise me well, one really, bit that you did well. I'm my just list, saying, it I, I didn't surprise to, you one know, bit you I did mean, well. I mean, I could say with this list, though, I really took, uh, you know, I really felt like I was taking a very fair list. Last year I brought, um, and I think I even stated on the podcast last year after I came back, that, uh, you know, I brought a beat stick last year and I didn't enjoy it. Oh, I, I, did, I was. <laughs> I didn't have a very good time. Um, 
you know, bringing that beat stick because I, I won a couple of the games, and one of the games last year I won without losing a single model. And uh, it was, you know, it, it didn't make me feel good at all. So I, I chose to not bring an iron blaster to not, you know, not take some of these optimal things for, you know, for this list just for this tournament, and then not getting to play any games with them either. I was like, ah, you know, I, I really felt like I wasn't going to do very well. This well, weekend. why don't we do this since we're going to start talking about our games? Uh, why don't you? Why don't we? Everyone tell what their list was, and then we can go round by round, like kind of who you played, and get some quick recaps. So what did you bring, Grant? Since you brought up, you brought a, a less than. Optimal list. What was your list? Okay. Um, I had a um, level three Slaughtermaster with the Maw, um, a level one Butcher uh, with the, the Lord of the Beasts. He had the Hellheart. So he he was my um, anatomically correct Butcher. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then I had a Bruiser BSB. Uh, no magic banner on him. The I brought not a unit of nine Ogres, nine Iron Guts. Four Mornfang, one Thunder Tusk, and three Saber Tusks. On the uh, on the Iron Guts, I did have the Leadership Banner, so that um, because they could take a Magic Standard, so the what is Standard of Discipline, and then yeah, that was it. Um, okay. My Mornfang Fang had uh, the Flaming Banner, and that was it. That's uh, two thousand points. Nice. With the Ogres, you're kind of limited. I think I had what thirty one models. 32 models in my army for 2,000 points. Every time I write a list now at 2,000, I'm just like, damn, this army's small. <laughs> it just seems small. We keep playing bigger and bigger games, Well, man. we've been used to playing 2,400, so 2,000 is a real cutback. I mean, you've got to really trim the fat. Dude, even my Adepticon list at 2,200, I keep looking at it going, ugh, ugh, ugh. Just got to make but a choice. The, I know. So, Ryan, what was your list? I brought the Beast Men. I had a level 4 <laughs> Brace Shaman, Crown of Command, 4-Up Ward. Jagged Dagger, Lord what, Shadow. What's the Jagged Dagger do? I'm unfamiliar with it. That's a, that's a little arcane item. Uh, every every model he kills in hand-to-hand combat, he keeps as a power die that he can expand whenever he wants. Oh, Jesus. Nice. Pretty decent Just in item. your back pocket sure. till whenever? Sure. The whole game, yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yep. Every model trick. he kills? Every model he kills. Yeah, nice. nice. Cumulative... Uh, Throw that savage beast on oh, yeah. or anything. And well, yeah. the other nice thing is it's an arcane item, so you can give him a magic weapon if you want. Be, yeah. You know, so cool. nice. I had him. I had a, uh, a level one uh, brace shaman, lore beasts. You know, scroll caddy. Uh, I had the form. BSB beast banner. You know. Yep. Uh, I had the the gore horde, forty gore. I took thirty ungore. I had thirty seven bestigore. With the discipline banner, and a um, couple Razagors, couple uh, little harpy units, little dummy drops, and I had uh, a Razagor chariot. What I found interesting too was I was in uh, I was the only one of us three that was in tier one. You were in tier one, yeah. Iron hard lists or special characters. I don't really consider that list to be as hard as it could get. No Hearthstone. No Hearthstone. No. 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 But Ryan, you were tier one. Tier one with that list. Well, maybe it's because uh, Johnny Hastings plays the Beastmen and he knows what they're capable of. Uh, I don't know. I, I think without the shard, though, yeah, no it's shard. Not as no not shard. As I, don't I mean, know. level four shadow. I mean, that you know. Maybe it's shadow. He also hates maybe, shadow. Well, it could be uh, the combo of shadow and then that 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 pocketing power Jack dice Jagger. for whenever. I mean, maybe or just shadow with primal fury. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. could be. Or they're just respecting the big noble. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. Could have been it. You know, you never know. 
<laughs> well, what about you? I rolled up with my orcs and goblins, a little badonk and donk action. <laughs> Level four uh, <laughs> orc shaman. So besides the, the badonk and donk, what was in your list? Yeah. I'm about to let me, oh, I'm oh, going to okay. tell you. Okay. Um, the the badonk and donk consisted of uh, two hordes, a horde of uh, 40 uh, savage orc biggins, extra hand weapon, and then a horde of black orcs with a flaming banner, two goblin wolf chariots, a mangler, unit of uh, five wolves, a doom diver, rock lava, and a unit of 30 squig herders. So, big beefy units. I think that was a great addition, that, that squig herd. Because when we had played before, you were using night goblins, I they think. They didn't do anything. Didn't you, you took them out and put the squigs in? Yeah. God, those things are awesome. Yeah, I love them. I mean, unless you can get something unit. that can really, I mean, because what their toughness three, right? Right. So, if you can get something that either strikes first or, you know, a template weapon or something. But other than that, did those you, things are Did you have killer. any night goblins in the list? No night goblins. Okay, so you didn't have any fanatics either. No fanatics, because they're pretty much a fanatic delivery system. You know? Pretty much, or yeah. just a you know just to hold something up like slaves. I don't know. I think you made the right choice though. Because oh yeah, they hit oh, it strength yeah, five, so it. it's strength five that you can actually control. For the most part, the animosity they're, plays yeah, a factor. Yeah, they're immune to psychology, right? Yeah, they are. D- and they don't suffer animosity. They do. Oh, they do. They do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But okay. you know, it's, it's a good throwaway unit to chuck in there. If they lose combat, they'll explode. So cool. Nice way to poke a hole in the enemy line. Well, all right, so round one. Why don't we stay with it with the top players in tier one? Ryan, how did your what did you do in your first game? Well, let, let's see. Round one. Do you have your games written on a million dollar bill? Yes, I do. High roller. <laughs> <laughs> Big <laughs> noble. Million, million dollars. Uh-huh. <laughs> I played against a guy named John Wiltsey. He was uh, rolling with the lizard men. Okay. He uh, had the ethereal slan flying around back there. Uh, I think he was playing Lord Death. So, you know, I, I rolled my units up, uh, got into combat with his Saurus regiments, routed them in a couple turns. Uh, I took over the, the board by game, you know, by turn three. His slan threw a couple purple suns at me. That's Is what that the one I think kept, I came over at the end? And yeah. it's pretty much all of your, you know, your hordes with the slan r- slipping yeah, the, around, the slan was slippery eel. You know, right around. I had no magic weapons. So I, oh, I kept I kept throwing the pit at his slan. Oh like, sure, you know, but hmm. so it, overall, it was a four to one win. Pretty nice. good win. Okay, a good way to start the day. <laughs> Just picture his slan, his frog hopping around. Damn, damn it, damn his it! Big <laughs> hordes avoiding these big pits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice, uh, nice. So then, uh, oh yeah. Okay, so so I'll go next. I'm tier three with my soft ogre list. Um, <laughs> oh, that's how you want it. Uh, Stick you down at the kitty table. Uh, yeah. No, 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 not at all. I, I played against um, uh, Alec Habig. Uh, he was actually a, a father-son combo. He he was the father, and he brought his uh, younger son, um, who came out and played as well. So I got, I got the dad part of the combo, and um, he brought Tomb Kings. And it was, I walked up to the board and I thought that he had, um, basically his display had several of these elephants on the display. So I thought I was coming at the, they were like bone elephants that I've seen the miniature before. It's like an old, like Reaper bone mammoth or undead mammoth or something. But he, he had like two or three of them on the board. I'm like, oh my God, I've never fought against these sphinxes before. I don't know what they do. I don't know how bad they are. Well, luckily, most of them were just a part of his display. He only had one. <laughs> 
one in his list. Okay. And it was a lot of fun. This is the only the second time I've played Tomb Kings, and it was a very different build from the other time. The, the other time that I played basically revolved around the Necro Knights and the new um, and the Grave Guard. Well, this one had was very different. It had a Hyro Titan. Did have one of the War Sphinx in it. Um. And and really was just a great game all around. Alec was a great player. Uh, I'll kind of just just skip over all the details. Um, a couple of a uh, couple great things that happened was um, uh, I did get my I got my uh, Hellheart off turn one, caught all three uh, of his wizards with his hell with the Hellheart, which I mean the Hellheart is is it basically takes care of a magic phase for you. Because turn one, you got yeah, turn, uh, yeah, turn one. So he must have played he, on the he, line. He marched up. And he, yeah, oh, kind of, he marched up. Yeah, he yeah he well not marched because he's he undead, but he moved up and then I just basically charged, marched, marched up. up, and I, I think I rolled a five, you know, for my distance for the Alheart. So that's every enemy wizard within twenty five inches. It's unexpected so maneuver by him. Yeah, yeah, by a, a, a Tomb Kings player, right? Huh. Um, but the well, it was kind of like he figured he's got to take me on. Or I'm just going to charge him. I, I don't know. Um, maybe he's played more ogres. Maybe he hasn't played any. I don't know. But he was such a great guy. And um, that Hellheart, I was like, yes, I got a huge Hellheart off. All it did was it made two wizards lose one spell each. I was like, oh, man. It did stop that magic that's phase. That's pretty though, devastating too. for the Tomb Kings. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. You know, that, I but know they didn't die. But think uh, about how bad it can be, though. I mean, you know, having his wizards blow up all over here and there. But it, right. could, it could have been more devastating. Was it Lore of Nehikara? Uh, no, one was a Lore of Death. That went away, hmm. and one was a. I think they were both the Lore of Death that went away. Either way, when you got. I mean. If you're losing spells, I mean, that's never a good thing. Well, right? that implies then that the level four, the level three still had his Nehekar in spells. So he yeah. probably got off lucky there. He did get yeah. off lucky. I don't remember exactly what happened. Maybe he did lose one of, one of the Nekahara spells. But but an undead was, army, I mean, that shut down their magic phase, right? Because you lose a level it, and yeah, you lose D6 power dice. And then to lose an entire magic phase is bad. It's pretty we, bad for we them. We didn't talk about the scenario. The scenario for the first round was a... Um, Basically, a modified blood and glory setup, with, and that's another reason why I was so close because you're only 15 inches apart from each other, or something like that. 18 oh, okay. inches apart from each other at the beginning, um, and so it was modified blood and glory. You only lost if you were reduced to one fortitude, and so by the bottom of turn two. So as long as your general's alive, you. Right, bottom of turn two, I. Reduced him to zero fortitude, so I won at the bottom of turn two. Oosh. Yeah, so four, four to time one Time to me. hit the bar before the next game. Right, right. I was able to watch Ryan getting purple sunned or whatever. Yeah. And that was my turn nice. one. How was your game? My game was good. I played a gentleman, Casey Gilliland of the Lords of War. Played his clan Scryer Skaven Army. A pair of Doom Wheels, Warp Lightning Cannons, lots of weapon teams. All the, you know, Skaven craziness the- that they... Well, that's kind of, well, if you're taking a soft list, yeah. I mean, that's the kind of thing that everyone says you don't, you not, not to take. But it's actually kind of fun to sit and see when they've got all those gadgets. Well, like, Doom wheels are right. crazy. They are. They yeah, are. Crazy. Half of them blow up and half of them hit you. And the ones that hit hurt, but then the other half are blowing well, up. Well, here's the thing: he had a running bet with his club to see how many times his um, he would uh, not miscast, but misfire, misfire. on the course of the day. And so uh, during our game, he did it twice. At the end of that day, guess how many times he misfired? Twice. Twice. Thirteen. Thirteen. Nice. That was Squeak. the winning bet. <laughs> so how's that for sweet justice? 
but uh, yeah, the 13. game uh, the game can basically be summarized by me hand of gorking each of the hordes into one, each of his flanks, oh. and then oh, making shit. a big skaven sandwich. <laughs> nice rat sandwich. Yeah, oh. this that is a rat a, burger. That was good times. And, and his you know exploding war machines, like one warp lightning cannon blew up on turn two. You know, they always so do. That's, that's why helped. I always take two. Or he had to. Yeah, because one of them always blows up. <laughs> and you're, because you're of due, a cheesy player. For some exploding warp lightning cannons. Grandfather, I'm looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing. Help it. Don't explode. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, really. Well. Okay, so round one, we got three wins for the uh, NW2. Northern, Northern, Northern Wasteland War was, Gamers. Was dominating day one. Let's yes. Put it that way. All right, so then we get to round two. Let's, uh, why don't we shift? And Grant, why don't you take the first one? Okay, so round two. Or can um, you do you know? Do you remember what the scenario was for this one? This was a scenario where you had to place your objective within what is it, twelve inches, inches from eight inches from the center, and then you had to um, basically you, you wanted to be the only one there. I just you know not reading the scenario uh, placed it there and just thought, well, as long as I have it there and it's still there at the end of the game. You get the full points. Well, no, you only got full points if you were the only one. There. You had to take out the other right management. So, uh, even though I told myself going into this year, because last year I did, I I didn't do as well as I wanted to do last year. Mainly, even though I won um, most of my games last year, I didn't follow the objectives. So, with this one at the end, I was like, oh, I won, right? You know, I got four points. Nope. I, you know, I'm like, oh shoot. But I did. Uh, I played against a guy named Jason. Um, Boy, he was a great player. Um, I, I told him uh, right to his face after the game too that that you know I, I really enjoyed playing against you. Thought you were you know I like playing against somebody who's meticulous. I feel like I felt kind of like I was playing against you, Yu Tang. Um, just you know very meticulous with moves. You always know what he's doing. He declares everything. Just just a, a good solid person to play against. And um, you know he wasn't afraid to to call me on anything. And 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 I'm okay with that too. Um, he he was just a very good person to play against. And uh, I, I felt. Um, this is the first game where I really wish that I would have taken that five-point rock eye item um, because he, he, he ran a Beastman list, uh, kind of similar to yours, Ryan, and I know that the answer to that Beastman list is charge the unit that doesn't have the crown of command. So so uh, I, I wish I had that rock eye that would have just told me whether he, had a, whether he had the five points to find out which which magic item he had. Did and that would have helped me out in a lot yeah, of things. Yeah, I think that's an auto-include in any tournament list. Yeah, the rock yeah. Eye. Yep. Did he have the Hearthstone? Uh, he did not have the Hearthstone, no. no. Maybe players were trying to avoid it to try and stay out of that Tier 1 list. Or maybe, but does you that automatically put you... I don't know. He only had I don't two know. level twos as well. He had a level two shadow and a level two beasts. I mean, tier one, you're talking about over-the-top special characters, like your techlesses and stuff like that. I thought it was, was any special character. What's that? Wasn't it any special it, character? It, well, they, they classified it as douchey lists with special characters. Right. Yeah. Okay. So... Is a, is a Beastman list with the Hearthstone on par with a techless list? So, I don't no. know. It's no. rough. Hastings rolled over me. He's a good player. That's a court comp. That list is rough. I think the Hearthstone's <laughs> tough to include in a 2,000-point game, though. You're investing so many points in Wizards that can be easy targets. True. You know? 
But anyway, um, I really, uh, with this game, it really made me start feeling really good about my ogres. Um, my my first two games, I just kind of felt like like you when you win at the top of, or bottom of turn two, it was just because I I knew what I was targeting and targeted his fortitude and was able to take him out. The night before the game with Collins and I could have gone either way, but this game I really had in control. Um, even though he was such a great player, I happened to get a couple key charges off and was able for the whole second half of the game able to control his unit and not uh, he only had one unit I think left on the board and I was able to control that so he wasn't able to get rid of my objective but um, I didn't know that I had to get rid of his so I think we both got three points on that game I okay. think I think Not that's bad. how that one ended up so I mean it's, it's kind of good when you could, could both walk away being somewhat a winner from a game you know it was uh, I mean if it would have just been based off of victory points or anything I mean I would have won the game but it's all about the scenarios at Wapaka really right okay. uh, when you're talking about a, a loss and getting the objective can be the same as a you know as just a win. Yep. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. they're really important. Hmm. Excellent, Mister Yu. Well, I played uh, our good friend Rob Fanouf, Retro Elias, Rockstar Rob Fanouf, and his dwarves. Um, he's such a great guy. He's the kind of guy you crack a beer open with and work on your car, like on a Saturday afternoon. Really laid back. Yeah, if you do things like that, I suppose. Yeah, really. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> well, <laughs> what? insert hobby of choice. Oh, okay, whatever. thank you. Or play Warhammer. Oh, which hey, is did, did he, uh, I'm just curious, did he have a gyro or uh, anvil or anything like that? I'm just neither, curious. Neither no? of those. Nope. Uh, he did have a grudge thrower, a couple of war machines, um, long it, beards. It just, I guess, I mean, everyone, was, you said there was, generally it's a soft list tournament. I think gyro copter has sort of become like the... Soft choice on the list. A lot of people think. So I'm just curious if if he had one or not. Yeah, he didn't have. Uh, he had some miners. I think some rangers. Uh, basically, this one, I was able to use a rock lobber and destroy his um, grudge thrower on the opening salvo. That's a very successful first. Yeah, turn. yeah nice. Yeah. And that kind of put him on the back foot immediately. And I, I just uh, rolled up with the hordes. And once we got into combat, uh, you, you know, ba donked him, badonk and donked. You know, all the damage that I was able to dish out, despite his great weapons, really. Kind of turned the tide in the Greenskin's favor. When he didn't, he had really small units he did, too. Yeah, for, multiple for small units, like yeah, eighteen or twenty man units. Did yeah. he take a uh, a rune lord or did he take a fighting lord? He had a well protected fighty lord. Okay, was he on the back of the shield bearers? He, yes. Okay, in a unit of. Um, no, I don't, no, he was. He was just by himself. He just had a rerollable one up save. But it also he was by himself. It also because well, I got him down okay. by himself. Yeah. Okay. You were able to get cast your spells, though. You you weren't necessarily just shut down from spell casting the whole game. Uh, well, I was ch- basically the whole weekend. I was chucking six dice at this spell or that one. You know, if I blew up my mage, oh well, it's worth. You're uh, just going to throw the dice. It's in. worth it to get the spell off. A and B, my whole army's leadership eight anyway, so I'm not really losing anything. That's true. So, uh, yeah, I put a gorked a couple of things here and there. You're willing to lose the the character as long as the unit gets where it needs to be, right? Yeah, yeah that held true up until my last game, which. We'll talk about, uh, but uh, yeah, great player. I I, was ma- I managed to get my objective into the center and kill his. So I kind of, you know, was it because you were able to just hand of Gork there. right into it or something? Uh, no, just roll up. Once once I took out his grudge thrower, he became very defensive and kind of pulled everything back. Okay, and once I sensed that, then I just surged everything forward, and the mangler got in there and hit his can. The orc sensed fear. Right, they smell dwarf blood. Wog, stunty blood. So I'm yeah. sorry. I just I got nothing to add, so I'm just <laughs> I didn't go. Uh, I'm just sitting back here saying other crap. So, so badonka donk win. 
Nice. Four point win. Four point win. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Mr. Noble. Well, you know, I had two big wins here. I'm feeling pretty good. Beastmen are rolling. I go sit down and uh, a guy named Silas with his Empire Army. And I thought my beard was long till I seen this thing. He was rolling the uh, the guy in the chariot. The I don't know the, the priest, the great the priest. Yeah. 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 Oh, the Pope mobile, right? So yeah, this thing. You know, he's got a two-up armor, four-up ward, unbreakable, and he has all the lore light spells that he can cast on a five plus. Oh, all of them on a five. Any of them on a five, and he has all of them. Not bad. And he had a level lore four master shadow that he can cast on a five. Lore yeah, how the hell does that? We see we don't have any empire players yeah, here, so we we'll never know. run into it. I don't know. <laughs> so he's got this guy in the middle of his army, and he has a level four shadow. Oof. So do you dispel Jeez. the shadow spells, or do you dispel time warp <laughs> oh, when he drops it on? Uh, Christ, he's, he had a horde of halberdiers, the flagellants, of course. Sure, and then uh, you know <laughs> two mortars, a cannon. Those so outrider guys. So the shadow is this the guy that lowers that your had toughness the, to three, and then he the, drops the mortar on yes. your head. Okay, the okay, Lustria no. themed army is that him? Yeah, he With had the, a couple the, cold ones. The cold the ones. Uh, so how did that game turn out? Well, <laughs> it started out pretty ugly. He got a mortar round direct hit on my Bestigore. Luckily, I dispelled you know the toughness debuff, okay. but it still killed you know ten of them. Yeesh. So I'm already in the back foot it's a, here. It's a big plate of death. Yeah, toughness oh, yeah. strength three hit. Yeah, right? yeah but it mortar? was it, luckily the the toughness reduction spell didn't, didn't count work. Also. And you yeah. still killed that many. Still, oh yeah. Uh, it covers armor, I guess. thirty guys. Yeah. It's a big, big deal. Yeah, that, that five, yeah, five hit them all. You know, rolled yeah. rolled eleven wounds. I saved I think one or two, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, he got up on me. Uh, the Gorehorde Gorehorde got into his flagellants, chopped them up after a couple turns. But he, he get, managed to get his his halberdier horde into my Bestigore. Then he got off the time warp on those guys. So they're always strikes Ugh. first. They're re-rolling yeah. the hit. After a couple rounds, I think he got a shadow debuff on me. Oh, he man. shot me down really good there. Um, after a couple turns, it was it was basically my Bray Shaman against the whole horde. Now, to his credit, the Bray Shaman held that horde the whole rest of the game because, you know, he's stubborn. He's got a four-up ward. Yeah. He's toughness five. He held him up the rest of the game. My gore horde took another round of fire. Um, those outriders with the five—they oh, get yeah, three brutal. shots apiece. Ugh, straight armor five, piercing. I think. Yeah. It's just awful. So, <laughs> yeah. I can't really tell how you feel, Ryan. Like, yeah. how do you feel about that list? <laughs> so, this is awful. Oh my god! I just can't believe you can fit you a, look a level at this. four shadow and this pope thing in a two thousand point list. But you know what? You look at this, and this is one of these. Um, you know, cinematically, story-wise, you got this beastman herd going up against the empire. And it's like, look at the, you know, the create. So, how does this thing wind up? So, this thing winds up. Uh, I took a three to two loss. Well, Ryan, that's what you get for taking such a tough list. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's going a up douchey list, list, man. Douchey right. yeah. list. list. Man. I get to taste my own medicine. List. Uh, yeah. you, know, Ryan? you know what you got to do in that situation. Cramp your pants, dive in, and swim. That's all you can do, man. Just <laughs> I guess it could have been worse. It could have been worse, I suppose. I could have got tabled. Yeah. True. So. <laughs> oh, man. 
<laughs> so that was your second game? That was the, yeah, that was, that was round two. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so round three, Mr. You. Uh, yeah, so this, this is a five-round game, a tournament, right? Okay, I'm just yeah, making sure. Right, yeah, we'll right. take a quick break after this third round then. Okay. So okay. the major objective in this one was to sing at least once. If Basically, if you wanted to cast a powered-up version of a spell and you sang, you could cast it at the regular casting value. And what if you're a dwarf player? Well, uh, if, you're, if you're dispelling, you can also sing and get some kind of bonus to your dispel Plus roll. Five. Plus five. Nice. Plus there five. you go. That would have been no problem for me. Only once per turn. You can't do it every every turn. Every spell. Right. Right. One boosted per turn, one dispel per turn. Nice, though. So I rolled up against Domus. This is our rematch from the pickup game the previous night. Okay. Against his Wood Elves. Now, that pickup game, he learned what uh, Hand of Gork could do. Because in our <laughs> practice game, <laughs> he I learned quick. I basically Hand of Gorked behind his lines and had his uh, Wood Elves scattering. So, But he... So he knew like, what to expect from that spell. And the table was kind of messed up because... You remember that scene from Lord of the Rings where they go into that dwarven In the Mines fortress? of Moria. Mines yeah. of Moria. Yeah. That's what our table looked like. There yeah, exactly. And they call it a mine. A yeah. mine! A mine! So uh, that screwed me up because my hordes couldn't maneuver around those huge columns. And because of the scenario um, meeting engagement, you had to roll for each unit. And on a one, it starts off the table. Both my hordes and my rock lava started off the table, <laughs> which means that my, my deployment was just totally jacked. That's the the cramp your pants and jump at the there pool. You know, yeah, right? oh, yeah. the one. It's all With you little can bits do, of corn Chris. floating around, so it was totally screwed up. Oh, God. So, and my rock lava is my big like anti tree man weapon, and that started off the table. So that was one less round of shooting I had with that thing too. So, and he played it smart. He and the only thing that he, he started off the table with was an eagle. I think a unit of like six dryads or something piddly. And you lost with the eagle off the table? Sorry. I, I did. <laughs> Folks, I just, if looks could kill, <laughs> Christopher would be looking for a new host. Yeah, but to start with your big whores off the table, and once they get on there, they can't really maneuver. Like, ugh. Yeah, I was in front of this game watching him roll it, and once you saw it, that three of your items didn't even make it to the table at the start of the game, you, you couldn't help but think, oh, it was oh, ridiculous. this, is, this my, is the end right my here. My BSB and my general were like, on foot by themselves, way back in the corner. But of course, it had nothing to do with Domus' skill as a general. Well, I I, I do give respect <laughs> to him. He, I mean, he knows what he's doing. Of course, he does. Uh, <laughs> and I don't want to blame the scenario for my loss. I mean, I didn't I didn't adjust. Well, but to it, it didn't very help. Well. Any. I yeah, I, will, I didn't adjust to it very well. I will say that you were uh, you were handed a bad a bad hand. You uh, it was not the good way to start but a see, rematch. Mm. This is one of the reasons, though, that I know in a tournament it kind of sucks, but this is one of the reasons I like these scenarios. You know what I'm saying? Because I know... The fog of war. I, I, well, I, know, I know you can say, well, if I line up against the table from you and we both just line up and attack, that's, my, that's our true test of who's a better general. But I think, especially since... I, see, I do think that. But I think in, 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 in war, you never know what's going to happen. Things go wrong. Things get messed up. People don't make it on time. And if you get that bad hand dealt to you and you can still pull off either a minor loss or a win. I mean that's a real test is when 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 stuff doesn't go the way you're expecting it before you roll up to well, the field. That is one way to look at it. That's, but at the same time I could also say let's play a scenario where all of your units don't show up. Well, I mean that that's a rare scenario. <laughs> but that's what extreme. happened. That is yeah. what happened to him. His, well, no, not all of his units, but well, I mean, just yes, for the first turn. Two, two of his three hordes didn't show up for and his the rock lobber. Well, they did show up, not the first turn. They, well, they did. At the remaining moose phase, they come on. Yeah, the table. So they went onto the table. But on it's certainly one. less than ideal. Yeah. Right. 
but still, this is something that if you can play it and pull it off, I mean, it's it's. And I'm not, you know, I'm not. Yes, there are times when this completely messes you up and you're on the on a bad foot. But also as part of as part of it, if you're like I said, outside of a tournament, if you're playing up a pickup game. I think it kind of adds to sort of the fun and the variety of, of it. Um, granted, you don't want it to happen in a tournament. Sure. It happened to me too, though, when we were at uh, Adepticon and I was playing against uh, when I got Luthered. Man, I had you got Luthered. I had, I had my Rock Lava and my uh, and my uh, my Rangers didn't come on the table. My freaking Rangers, who were supposed to be deploying way out in the middle of the table, have to come in on the back end. You're like, oh god damn it! But you make the best of what you yep. can, and it you know, it makes for now. Now let's see what you can do. I mean, right? I mean, the big saving grace is that uh, you know his level four was Rock and Lore of Life, and he didn't roll Dwellers, which is my biggest Ooh, threat. Oh, yeah, so once yeah, he yeah, didn't roll yeah. that, I'm thought, okay, maybe I do have a shot here. And uh, I did roll Hand of Gork, and I was trying to cast it, and but, I never got it off irresistibly. But, but he, kept he, knew, to it. he knew to stop that. Okay, one. yeah, that's a game changing spell. Unfortunately, uh, when you play against orcs, they have two game-changing spells. If you can get both a hand and the foot, you don't know which one to stop. <laughs> well, I'll tell you a little secret. I'll cast foot first, knowing that my opponent will want to stop it, because to me, the hand is a much more tactically valuable spell. Agreed, but if you roll that one-third chance of a hit on the foot, you just lose too many guys. If it hits. If it hits. That's the thing. One-third yeah. chance of it happening. Well, it's a pretty scary gamble. Versus a hand where you know exactly where it's going to yeah, go. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, I think yeah, but uh, yeah, you—they're going to dispel the thing that's coming at them offensively and let you do the move. But then you, especially of all people, you, Mister, Mister, what does that mean, Mister Precision Deployment and stuff? Wait, I get to pick this unit up now and move it exactly where I need it. I'm, I'm saying I am actually more afraid of you using the hand than using the foot because the foot can deviate, can do that. Well, <laughs> I'm more scared of the foot. <laughs> well, I've seen I've seen the foot stop. One of the few times I've watched you more or less lose a game, and it was the foot crushing a unit to death. Well, I yeah, it was like eight consecutive. Yeah, you got like eight feet. times. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've, yeah. If you can if you can do that, yeah, that's fantastic. But yeah, I've also seen the foot once. I've also seen the foot deviate, hit one guy, and then walk off the board. I mean. I, or or it hits yeah or it deviates and then we roll to see what happens and it hits my own stuff. I, I think the last couple games we've played, he stomped on your own guys. Yeah, yeah. So that retribution. So the so, foot, the foot kicks both ways. But especially with those big, <laughs> <laughs> but especially with those big hordes of his, because a lot of times, in fact, the last couple games we've played, I had to be I I was playing duck and weave, running around, picking off your little chaff stuff. Right. Avoiding those things, and the the few times we got into that big mess was when you just the hand went off and I couldn't stop it, and suddenly I turn around, my guys are running and ducking, and right. I turn around and you, there's a whole horde standing that wasn't there a minute ago. It, it makes up for their lack of maneuverability. I mean, oh, those big geez. hordes have a big footprint. Oh yeah, but and they're only movement four, so yeah, but yeah. yeah, getting them up and moving around like that is right. awesome. So, did you end up winning or losing this? I lost that one pretty big. Uh, but you know, you're you're trying to get as many victory points. Uh, off the other player to determine how many points you'd win yeah. tournament-wise, and I, I don't think I got any points off of him, and he just he got a lot off of mine. So it's a combination of Domus playing very well as he normally does, very recognizing the the danger of your spells, and the poor deployment, and the unusual right. scenario or the table meaning that you couldn't actually maneuver around these columns easily. Right. In other words, I lost through no fault of my own. Right? No. No. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> 
No. <laughs> Plague, <laughs> locust, earthquakes, floods. It's not my fault. But uh, yeah, it was a good uh, game. Domus and I had never played previous to this tournament, so I was you know happy to get two games in against him. So well, did you grab his butt for me? I, I, want, I don't roll. Somebody that was supposed to do that. Yeah, that's you. That's your job. I know, but I wasn't there. You're a butt squeezer. I dude. was relying on you guys. So next time you can... <laughs> I was relying on you guys. Toucher. Two cheeks. <laughs> I've been working out with those iron grip things. Get <laughs> you do. It makes you happy. <laughs> so uh, so that, that round only netted me one point. So I ended up four, four, and one on the day. Oof. Yeah. That one really hurt. Grant, how about you? How'd your, uh, how'd your number three go? <laughs> Number three? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay, so uh, I played. I played. You called him Fnuck. You called him Fnuff. I'm going to. You, what'd you it's call Fnuf. him? Rob Fnuff. Rob Fnuff. Fnuff. I'll call him Fnuff. I've heard, I've heard three ways. You know, Fnuff's so. enough. <laughs> Fnuff's enough. I think it's Fnuff. Do, 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 I think that's what do, it is. Do, 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 do. So the game. Anyway, okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So I I played uh, I played. So Dave, you're just I'm gonna call you out right now because you're gonna Uh-oh. say that this is a classic Grant and and that I I lost the game at the beginning and I'm gonna talk about how awful it was in the beginning and then I twenty nailed. But the, uh-huh. <laughs> it wasn't quite that bad. But I know you're gonna call me out on it, so I'll call you out first. So um, turn one, my ogres. I my first spell that I cast. Three dice for the stubborn, um, what's it, the signature spell, the stubborn spell. Three dice. Double, you know, double six it. Okay, so it goes off. Okay. Yes. Yep, stubborn. Uh, on Mornfangs that didn't even see combat that turn. Okay. So I was just kind of doing it. I don't even just know why I was doing In case he got a, like, a miraculous dwarf 15-inch charge off. So okay. um, that's why I was stubborn there. My Slaughtermaster... Rolls a three. Uh oh. Gets sucked into the warp. Cascade. Blows up, killing two of my ogres. So it does six wounds because it's a large template. Right. So I did enough wounds to kill two of my ogres. I think one already had, because I think it was bottom of turn one. So, anyway, so I did enough wounds. That was three of my guys dying from my unit. That was 25%. So my ogres ran. They, they rolled two 11s, ran away. Jesus. Through my thunder tusk, which then panicked and ran away. So turn one, my general's dead, and my large unit of um, uh, with with my BSB in it because my BSB ran first. So that's why the thunder tusk didn't get a reroll to run. So my large unit of of iron guts with BSB and my thunder tusk are all facing back at back at me at the end of turn one and i just like i'm like oh my god <laughs> my luck playing? has run out who are you you're playing fanoof fanoof okay. yeah yeah so he just shot so, up enough stuff to... no that was just all me this is all from the miscast. this is all from that miscast wow so and that's bottom of turn one I think, yeah bottom of turn one i'm like oh my gosh you know you get really disheartened at that point when sure, when that happens i mean I never, you know, I, I never was like a bad sport or anything. I, I, you know, I never even got really upset about it. But, um, uh, but I, you know, I went to a couple other tables like, oh, my God, this is what I have it. Oh, can you believe it? And uh, so Rob's like, come on, don't worry about it. Come on, you know, this is 8th edition. Let's just keep playing. You know, Rob's another one of those players like, uh, um, uh, you know, just just plays fast and loose. You know, he's, he's, he's 
ready to go, wants to roll some dice, kill mm-hmm. some things. He's like, come on, let's go. And this scenario was all about how much you killed. I don't know if you brought that up. Yes. You know, yeah. So this, it's all about how much you killed. It didn't matter how much you lost. So I'm like, all right, let's let's keep going. Come on, my spirits are up. Let's go. Um, you know, we're singing to each other, and uh, um, even though I only had my one level one left for Wiston's wild form, but uh, the, the game ended need. up. I got a couple of key charges off, and uh, I just I killed more stuff than he did. So I think he got. I mean, we were even though the scenario says we're all losers. Um, I still got I got four points off him, and he got three. So we just got in there and just started chopping a bunch of stuff up. Um, I couldn't kill that stupid dwarf. I have the same lord. problem. Those guys are hard that to kill. Stupid dwarf lords just sitting there because you know I'm, my ogres are so huge. I can only get. I mean, I know I got multiple attacks from the one, but he's just standing there. The unit's gone, mm-hmm. and all I can get is a couple of ogres, you know, attacks in, and they're not gonna because I think those are my regular bulls that I had in combat with him. So they're only strength four. They're not doing nothing to him. So. Yeah, my my horde of black orcs killed his whole unit. Yeah, had yeah. him just. Fighting him, yep, and then he here. broke him and ran down my black orcs. Same here. by himself. Yeah, jeez. I would say, Lord. tough enough to crack. Yeah. One, of, one of the no, things they're... that I learned from this is even though that they ran all the way back, you know, they they, they ran a turn. They fortunately both rallied that next turn. They, you know, ogres' biggest thing is their movement. Man, that that movement six, being able to march twelve, being able to Huge. you know not having to overrun like my warriors, you know they can reform, move around. The Mornfangs are so you know maneuverable. Jeez, Louise! I mean, the, the movement to the ogres saved my butt, you know, so many times. Not only in being able to move and outmaneuver and and um, block some key charges from him. I mean, those saber tusks blocking charges and blocking. Uh, um, blocking off key lanes for mm-hmm. for them to move down. I mean, they they're great. They're such a great army with so many tools now. Um, yeah, ended up four to three. Win nice. win to the G. Noise. Turn your mic cool. on. Yeah, my mic was off there. All right, one more game, then we're gonna take a break. Ryan, how'd you do? All well, right, we- I go into game three now. I'm next to you on the table. Now I think we had the two coolest tables. You had that pillar table. Mindamoria. I had the table that had that river that was about eight inches deep. Yeah, I played on that yeah. round too right. as well. And awesome. it had one bridge crossing it. So this is a pretty slick setup here. And we do got to mention just about every table was completely unique. Yeah. Every single table yeah. had this crazy uh, terrain. Who, what's her name? Terrain Wench? Did she do all the... the no, ter- I don't, no, it's pretty much all bare. I, I know she might have donated some I stuff. I think she did a couple things. I don't oh, did know. She? I know that she did, but it's mostly the bear. Well, he yeah. did a tremendous job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. outstanding. Oh, you saw your game. I'm sorry to interrupt. That's all right. So I'm playing against uh, Rocky's Dark Elves. Now, he's got a pretty slick-looking Dark Elf arm. They're undead Dark Elves. Pretty cool. So they're skeletons. Oh, yeah. and, uh, okay, cool. So it kind of counts as he used undead yeah. models but made them up to look like Dark Elves. Well, they were Dark Elves, but I mean. They're dark Elves, but they're all skeletons and uh, graveyard. The, uh, the, the heads were, the heads were skulls. Like, okay. Yeah. All the movement trays had movement skulls, trays were skulls and, stuff. Yeah. and everything. Cool. So, pretty scary. So, you know, Ooh, we're. Scary stuff. I, think the, I think the deployment threw him off a little bit more than me. I mean, it throws everybody off, but he was kind of out of his element on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I got in on his flank with a Razor Gore and a Razor Gore chariot, you know, routed the shades, overran into some crossbow. Now, I think that was key because I, th- I think this was his biggest mistake. At that point, he took his Hydra and turned him around to face a Razor Gore chariot and a Razor Gore instead of the battle that was going on in the center. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that drew the Hydra away from the center. Where my Bestigor were fighting his um, the Black Guard there, yeah. Those, you know those guys basically killed each other 
Okay. But I had 36 and he had 20, so you know, you know how that's going to end up. Right. So the horde, you know, my gore horde finally got over to his uh, spirit. You know, he had the typical dark elf list. Lore Shadow. I'm sure everybody's seen it. Yeah, yeah. Lore Shadow. So my horde got into his spearmen there. Um, Corsairs? Did he use Corsairs? Yeah, he had Corsairs. Which, which elves? Just Corsairs. Just Corsairs. Just Corsairs, yep. Uh, the horde killed the corsairs first. Then it got over into his uh, spearmen that had the, the sorceress. Didn't he actually? Ha- he took an unusual build though, because his corsairs actually had one sword and the handbow. Isn't that right? They may have. I don't remember. It's a weird build. Anyway, he had the cauldron too. He had that. Oh yeah, the, yeah. yeah, sure. You know, um, I did get a nice flank charge on his unit with my harpies and assassinated one of his mages. Which nice. Was pretty, oh, pretty nice. slick. That is nice. But uh, yeah, nice. the horde got onto his his his. Sorceress there routed them, ran them down, and then you know that was the game right there. It was a three to three to one victory for the Beastmen. Nice. So you, it sounded like you were able to control that game pretty well. Yeah. Well, like I said, I think the key was when, it, if it would have been me, I wouldn't have turned that Hydra around. Let right. Let the Razorguard and the Razorguard chair route the crossbowmen. Lose. You just lose that flank. Yeah. The Hydra could have made the difference in the center. Easily. Definitely would have made the difference because yeah. I have no flaming attacks. You know, mm. I had shades. Pit of shades, shades so but the only thing I could deal with it. Yeah. So, hmm. but that was a great game. You know, oh, it's, it's good to have two nicely painted armies on the table. Oh, yeah, yeah the that's table. the best. That's the best. So after three rounds, as a group, you guys are seven and two. You guys each lost one and. Well, you know, and, and loss. You really have to go by points. Yeah, it's point because because yeah. the losses are. You know, a, a loss is kind of arbitrary. You can Even still, if you, yeah, you can if, still if lose it and come points, out you're with still in it. right. But I'm just saying. Three. I mean, as far as the tournament goes, yep. I mean, you were three and zero, and you guys reached two and one. Am I correct? Correct. Right. Okay. And now NW two was in second place. That's right for the best club. For the best club. Nice Saturday night. Very nice. <laughs> all right, so that's the end of Saturday night. And before all the uh, debauchery and nonsense happens, let's take a quick break because i got to put the girls to bed, and Heather's just about to get home. So I want to take care of that. We'll come back in a couple of minutes and uh, wrap up the rest of the tournament. All right. Sounds like a plan. Is your name a killing word? Is your mother a hamster and your father smells of elderberries? Did it turn out that those were the droids you were looking for? If you know what I'm talking about, chances are you're a gamer. What better place to get your game on than the Game Preserve? The Game Preserve specializes in analog games of all types, like board games, family games, chess sets and jigsaw puzzles, and especially hobby games. They carry the complete GW line as well as Magic the Gathering, D&D, and Heroclix. They have gaming space for tournaments, game nights, and demo games just about any night of the week. So stop shopping at the Jerk Store and be one of the gaming elite. And visit the Game Preserve with four Indiana locations to choose from. Two in Indianapolis, one in Bloomington, and one in the gaming capital of the universe, Lafayette, Indiana. Visit them at GamePreserveStores.com or call 765-448-4200. Game Preserve. If you're not shopping here, the only way to move is not to play. We're back. All right, so we got three rounds down and uh, took a little break, and we are now back for rounds four and five of Walk Packer Report. So, and then we'll talk about some of the soft scores and stuff like that, because I know the win in the games is just a small part of this, isn't it? Like, the overall points. What is it, like 50% only is the actual... I think it's 30%. No, it's a, thir- it's a third. Win in the games is only a third. Yeah. See, so, yeah, so we'll let, yeah, we'll get through the games, and we'll talk about the other two-thirds. So, on Sunday morning, or actually, we should really talk about Saturday night. <laughs> 
good time Saturday night. There was it, a Saturday night. Th- all I know is this is this is family friendly. I don't remember so. a thing. So Saturday night was the uh, the mustache competition, right? Of which there was Peach Fuzz, Manliest, Manliest. Uh, Handsomely Hirsute. Most Creative Cookie Duster. Yeah, that's right. And I guess the secret other category. The secret one, which we can the reveal molestash. at the end. Yeah. Oh, I revealed it. Oh, Sorry. Yeah. Uh, the molestash. Premature, yeah. premature uh, revelation. So, uh, <laughs> 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 so do we want to talk about... Uh, our mustache. I'm going to let you guys go ahead and Efforts. talk about this one because I, while I did grow a mustache for it, I didn't, I didn't place. We'll let you guys talk about that. I one. grew a mustache, but I since I couldn't play, I couldn't participate. So oh, I guess technically you I couldn't. I yeah, couldn't jump okay. in. So I had a mustache, but I couldn't show it off. Okay. So it's up to you guys. Make it happen. Now, did you have? To, I mean, was there some sort of rule? Like, could you not? Did you have to shave your beard if you had a beard? Did you have to nah, be? You can, have a, you can have, no, a you have a beard too. It was pretty loose. Okay, good. You almost had a beard. Okay, no, he got one guy barely had a mustache and had a I mean, tupper. Basically, had his chin and neck were covered with beard, and he had very minor mustache. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I uh, I didn't grow any facial hair because I didn't want to get divorced. So I bought a a fake uh, damn Fu Manchu, and you know got the hat, and that was my entrance into the creative cookie duster. Contest. I actually get, had an honorable mention, so happy to walk away. For with which that. one? Handsomely, her suit, or uh, for the creative cookie duster? Creative cookie duster. Yeah. All right. Judged by the uh, roller derby girls. Yes. Of Wapaka, of Wapaka. Wisconsin. Yeah. Wapaka. And uh, women on wheels. The wild women on wheels. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I think one of our own NW two won manliest mustache. Yeah, who could Manly, that be? Manliest mustache. It's got to be handsome man, Grant Fetter, right? And oh. No, you know, I was rocking the goatee up to the, tur- you know, the tournament because I, you know, I live in the real world. I can't walk around with a mustache like that. Right. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, come a porn uh, star for your job. <laughs> you know, come come Friday afternoon before I went over to pick up the boys there. I uh, shaved it down to the handlebar style. <laughs> and, uh, it was nice. a pretty nice, bushy, awesome. truckerish. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. It was like so, mixed between uh, cop and biker. Yeah, I think it was more towards biker because it went pretty low. It I did. was thinking more gay cowboy. Well, yeah, a little bit of that, <laughs> yeah. too. Whatever makes it happen. <laughs> that too. Yeah. So, yeah, I got the plaque for Manliest Mustache. Took awesome. it down. Yeah, NW2. Represent. Dominated again. <laughs> you know? What can you say? Nice. Put, it, put it right next to the greatest banner of all time. That's Yeah, that's another story, I think. I'll let Grant tell that one. He's a better oh, storyteller. Okay, so uh, basically they had a competition for the clubs. So you couldn't compete for the best club unless you had basically like a motto and unless you had a banner. You didn't qualify as a club. The best club won. Uh, not only did you win this big Heineken, um, they took one of those Heineken mini kegs, uh Shoved a, basically a handle through it, and it became this big mallet. So it was the Heineken mallet. Um, the Heine hammer. The, the Heine hammer. Of which yeah. Hastings was swinging it around with wild abandon most of Saturday night. But, uh, yeah, so you not only did your club win that, but you also got, I think each member got like 20 bucks off next year. Your, your nice. Oh, nice. And, and just being the best club, you know, that's cool. So Ryan and I, under the influence of several beers, decided that, only the manliest mustache, the only way that he could go create such a banner is by ripping a tree down 
from the woods outside the Wapaka Ale With his old bare hands. With his yes. bare hands. Fighting off dire wolves. Fighting dire wolf pack. Yep. So here Ryan and I, we go charging off uh, after, well, first, well, we had, first we had to stop by and have some pistachio real, cake. What was it? Rope 211, that, boys. <laughs> so was the pistachio cake good? I kept seeing oh that, too. Oh, my God. It was phenomenal. It was this uh, shout out to Andrew Neekamp. Andrew Neekamp. Oh, yeah, I know. God. I want... I want to try some cake. Pista- I love he swears he said the cake was too hard to bring. He's not bringing it next year. Shout Andrew. out to the room two eleven boys. You guys rock. It, I thought it was two oh nine. Two oh nine. Whatever. It Whatever. Was. <laughs> pistachio cake it up. So after a rousing round of pistachio cake, we ventured off into the woods in order to claim our prize. Yes. And luckily, we stumbled into the woods. Stumbled being the key word into the woods and uh, ripped down our tree. And came back in. Uh, Ryan happened to have a T-shirt handy that we were able to rip in half. I pulled up an image of the the Northern Wasteland Wargamers logo. Went to town with a Sharpie marker. Dude, I turn Hence, around. I see him with his T-shirt. I turn around for like 10 seconds. Turn around again. And Grant has it like perfectly recreated. Just, I mean, I, in a drunken spout of genius, he manages to, to perfectly recreate the image in like a Sharpie and a T-shirt. I don't know how you did it, man, but I, I tell you what, I need to drink that much, clearly. <laughs> Sweet. It was it was pretty phenomenal. And lo and behold, the Northern Wasteland Wargamers have our, our first banner, it's which be, will probably make an appearance at Adepticon. Clearly, it's the oh, greatest sure. banner of all time. It there is, is awesome. There is nothing more spectacular than our banner. One of the one of the greatest things, too, is as we... So we told the Rube 209 boys about our venture into the woods to go get this, you know, tree that we're going to, you know, use as our as our banner pole. Well, remember when I walked in the room and just said, has anybody got a saw? <laughs> <laughs> the first well, thing I said is walked in the room. We walked into the hotel room and he says, does anybody have a saw? And uh, they all kind of look around and it's like, uh... <laughs> The manliest man is going to kill us right now. <laughs> so then, yeah. So then, after pistachio cake and some laughs, we, uh, uh, yeah, we, we basically told them about our adventure that we're about to have, that we're going venture off. And after we actually get the tree and we're carrying it back in, basically across the complex, all of those guys are outside standing having a cigarette, and we hear them just shouting off the distance <laughs> at our triumph of actually getting a tree branch down that's big enough to be a banner pole. So, uh, yeah, with no saw, with our bare hands. Bare hands, bare yeah. Hands. Ripped stuff. it up out of the ground, huh? Yep, roots and all. Good stuff. Awesome. So that was uh, the epic. I don't remember anything more after that. I remember there, that there was right before bed... Ryan, you got suckered into the biggest shot of, I think it was Jaeger or something, but, I mean, it was like the size oh, of a tumbler. It was awful. And it wasn't wow. a shot. It was like, it was a small tumbler. Was, you said it was some sort of a car bomb, but not a, it not, was a not an Irish We were on our way out, and I got sucked yeah. back in. Oh, yeah. I mean, you were slurring after that. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me pull back, me back in. in. Who was the, uh, who's offering you this beverage? It was uh, Ryan, the other Ryan. Nickel. Nickel, okay. yeah. Very nice. Who I may or may not have made out with. Apparently, that was the story. Hey, what happens? What happens <laughs> at Wapaka? Stays, Stays at Wapaka. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I think that's it. I don't remember much of that. More that that happened. The the banner happened about one o'clock. I went, got to bed about three o'clock. I have no idea what happened in between there. I know I didn't drink any at all on Sunday, and that was a choice I made, and I'm glad I stuck with it. Uh, Chris, you got the sheet in front of you. Why don't you take off with this? Yeah. Uh, the fourth scenario is what it's called. Uh, the major object- objective is to deploy your objective on the opponent's half of the table. Um, you win if you have the most table quarters captured with the most fortitude. 
So, uh, Fortitude played a big factor in this game. I played uh, a gentleman by the name of Shannon Heinrichs. He had a Lizardman army. He had a Carnosaur, which you hardly really ever nice. see. Oh, really, really I remember really this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, double Ancient Stegadon. One was the BSB. Uh, and some skinks and stuff rolling around. So, going into this game, I, I liked my uh, chances from a tactical point of view. In that, uh, you know, the war machines would just hit uh, his monsters and I'd kind of dictate combat from there. Sure. But from a strategic point of view, from an objective point of view, I didn't. I forgot during the course of the game that his uh, BSB was mounted on Stegadon. And uh. it was, yeah, so I didn't kill it when I should have. I was trying to kill his general because I figured I could kill the, you know, win the game outright. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I there kill you his go, general. Bam. But th- that guy was so resilient. He had like a one-up armor save, four-up ward, and just... I think I hit him twice with a rock lobber and two doom diver shots. I even footed him twice. I killed the carnosaur, but not the general himself. So that game ended up being a three-three draw. I just could not uh, peel off enough fortitude points. And yeah, another case of uh, hand of gorking a horde of black orcs up into his grill, made him charge combat. <laughs> All he didn't up in his do. grill, yo. Yeah, against twenty source warriors. Jesus. He didn't want to do it, but he's like, well. If I don't charge you, then you're going to charge me, so I'm going to charge. Get, yeah, you'll get the bonus then right. I give you, you know. Right. So that was my game four. A draw on that one. A draw. 3-3? Three, 3-3, three? Uh, three, three, mm-hmm. correct. Well, at least you can keep it to that. Yeah, I just, I'm just damage control at this point. Or earning only one point in game three against Domus, just, that just took me out. Like It's hard to recover from that kind What's of loss. What's the most points you can get in one of these rounds? Is it four or five? Four, four right? Four points. Wasn't there one round where you can only get three max? No. No? Nine. They were all four? All okay. four. Yeah. Oh, so, so then, yeah, one really hurts, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big time. What'd you do, Ryan? I had a game against a guy named Andy Natsky's Skaven, which oh, boy. is an awful matchup for Beastmen, any way you put it. Um, They're rough for everyone. Yeah. Who likes to play Skaven? Who looks forward to that? I um, love playing them. Playing as them. Yeah, I was going to oh. say. You know, he had the Nobody war likes to play cannon, against Skaven. Doom Wheel, A-Bomb, big mm. units. Uh, a little of everything. Yeah, you know, I get up close to him, and uh, he double sixes the 13th on my Gore Horde. Oof. Uh, and then got a lightning cannon shot on him in the same turn, so they were down oh, 25. Gone. One turn. Um, Gore Horde got routed. So here, here's where I'm sitting at the at turn two. My Gore Horde and BSB are gone. My Razor Chariot's gone. My two Razor are gone. I have my Bessigore and my Great Bray Shaman and two units of Harpies against his whole army. Oof. So oh, things geez. are looking pretty rough. <laughs> they're, they're in the He's got you on the back foot. Let's see if this is Grant's game. What happened? Well, then my Harpies yeah, went 20 in 20 20 20 20 <laughs> Yeah. So I think this was my best moment of the tournament, though, because I came back with the Harpies and blocked them, killed his man of intrigue so he couldn't deploy his objective killed his gray seer with a rear charge from some harpies and ended up a two to two draw nice and i mean it it was tight it was tight down to the very end well that's the best you can hope to do i think in that situation so well done after that were you able to kill the a-bomb no yeah the thing is a bear no no if you don't have the right tools for it they're just one's a bear what's two chris Grant's list. Grant. <laughs> is it, no, that's only my that's my anti Chris U list and my anti Harrison list yeah. that I took one time. Yeah, yeah anti everyone list. I, I feel bad about taking that again. <laughs> I very rarely take uh, a bombs. Very rarely. Very rarely. Yeah. Really? 
The last campaign, I only took him one game. Yeah, he, only, he did only take. Yeah, you didn't take any a bombs the first five games. Nope. And then, then sixth game, I took two. Ha! <laughs> I think you know to go back though about the Skaven. I've been thinking the whole time and not listening to you at all, Ryan, because I've been thinking <laughs> about like why people don't like playing against Skaven. Because I played against Skaven twice in tournaments, and I didn't really feel that at all. You know, I, I feel that against a lot more armies. I think maybe it's because a lot of people they, they have so many crazy rules. That if you don't know it, you're, you're a lot more intimidated going against him. I, I don't know. I mean, they're a tough build. Well, they I think it's tough. I think things. it's the lightning cannons, maybe that kind of thir- turn people around and a little bit. And, and, and the rocket, the horde and the thirteenth spell, and the horde of fifty slaves. That if you manage to kill it all off or and, break it, you earned a hundred points and two right, units it, of uh, poison attacks on your flanks. Yeah, exactly. All my war machines are gone because of the stupid gutter runners. With I mean, they've got a ton of tools. I think that, I mean, some of those things might contribute to the fear a little bit. Would yeah, you say? Yeah, I mean. Yes, you could say, well, all the big things, yes, if if they all go right, they devastate you, but a lot of times they blow up. But there's a whole bunch of stuff in that army that you could take that ain't going to blow up. I mean, yeah, I the, mean, the, the gutter runners in the back just with all the poison. Plus the A-bomb. Yeah, poisoning your, you know, I still don't get the whole poison. But I know just playing against, against it, and I'm not going to tell you guys how to beat it right now, but the, the <laughs> I'm playing them in the campaign right now, but the... I mean, there's ways around all of those things. There, there's weaknesses that, like, when I'm playing Skaven, I'm like, oh, my God, I hope he doesn't do this. I hope he doesn't do this because they do have weaknesses. Well, one of their supposed weaknesses, though, leadership, they can overcome that with their ranks. Yeah, right now that's not really I wouldn't say that's one of the leadership. Yeah, I wouldn't say that's the leadership. I mean, for certain units, yeah, it, it is an issue. Well, well maybe we'll do a Skaven review five? and then we'll force you to come on and talk about it so that way. How to beat Skaven with Grant Fetter. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, that's the first time Grant's turned down coming on the show. No, I'm not coming on. <laughs> I'm not, not going to tell you how to beat me. You cannot beat me. Oh, jeez. Speaking about beating me, let's talk about my third game. Fourth game. So, oh, yeah, let's fourth, game. Oh, fourth, fourth game. game. So I I played against Ryan Nickel. Ryan, this is hilarious because all night is Ryan's thrown back. Uh, um, not this Ryan, Ryan Nickel. Uh, he's throwing back beers he, the whole time. He's just nervous. He got beat down round three by some ogres. And uh, not beat down terrible. I think it was like a four to three. He lost three. But um, his army was pretty decimated by some ogres. Um, so he was just nervous the whole time. And the whole night he's like, oh, Grant, what do you have in your army? What's in your list? What do you, you know, and he's always, you know, dropping all these questions to me. Um, so the game. Ryan is a great player. I met him last year, Wapaka, um, when he lost his tooth. But that's a story for another time. But the, uh, <laughs> the yeah, I met him last year, Wapaka. He came to bits. He's just just a great individual. Yeah, um, almost uh, almost didn't make it here because he was flying from Chicago to Wapaka and then or the nearest airport and then there was too much snow so they flew back and he landed again in Chicago and so he caught a random ride with a couple of guys to ride back up here Damn. and it was, it was pretty he made pretty it, cool actually, story but he made time. it he to made his it. credit he made it so, so, sorry <laughs> Barnett like, yeah, Barnett's like yeah, no don't show up you <laughs> bastard uh, but, no. I mean what a great guy I mean he, he's such a great person to play against he's uh, you know a great sportsman and uh, he took he took a no magic list. He took a no magic corn, uh, all corn list. Now I definitely had a disadvantage because we don't have any demon players here. Yeah. Um, our one demon player that we had is now a Warm Hordes player, uh, so I don't know what these things have. I need more. I need more experience against demons because oh. I just I didn't know what was in for me. I knew that the blood letters had some. Uh, extra charge banner. I knew uh. that they had their something that could give him an extra charge or extra d6 inches. But man, he just like a sniper 
uh, came charging in with this gigantic unit of blood letters on my general's unit. He's got a banner that's minus two leadership to everything within a yeah. 12-inch bubble. Dude, they're, that they're thing just, is ridiculous. And they're for, just brutal. And if you play against someone who's optimized the list, like I know this is a fluffy. Yeah, they could be tough. Ugh, it's stupid brutal. This, the the only reason this well no I mean he had a demon prince a demon prince is pretty fluffy I didn't have the tools in my army no ogre army I don't think is super fluffy I don't think you well, can, well I'm saying but a demon army even if you take a fluffy demon army they're right. freaking yeah brutal. yeah it's 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 pretty brutal and uh, I mean he optimized his list he had the tools against me I didn't have the tools you know if I had the iron blaster maybe I could have taken out his demon prince I could have sniped out his BSB in the in the he put his BSB on a juggernaut in a unit. Um, he wouldn't have gotten his lookout, sir, because he's a different footprint. So I just didn't have the tools to deal with him. He sniped in. It was like turn two. He got this massive charge off, um, wiped out my, you know, chased down my general and my BSB, which were in one unit, which in turn then made the two, the Thunder Tusk and the unit of Ogres right next to them make a leadership test at minus two to run. And now my BSB is gone. So they just turned tail at run because they're checking on a five, I think. So it's like, geez, Louise. My spirit was broken right away. I reached across the table and I said, man, I am done. And he said, you know what? Let's just keep playing. You know, I, 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 my spirit was broken. I mean, when that happens, your entire, this was, it wasn't the same as the, uh, as the, you know, my slaughtermaster dying the tur- the round before. It was, you know, uh, my thunder tusk ran off the table. My general uh, and my BSB and his unit were dead. He has pretty much everything still there. Um, my spirit was broken, but no, we still played it out, and I won twenty to nothing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was that was for your enjoyment. No, I if it was victory points, I would have lost by a landslide. But because it was an objective based game, um, he won four. I got three points still. Nice. So um, just because of the way that the uh, the objectives, the objectives worked, worked out and everything, and um, I also think that he was he was fair to me in that he made a charge, uh, almost more in the spirit of the game when he probably could have you know turned around and, and captured more fortitude and and actually tried to you know take more points away from me, but he made that choice in the spirit of the game, and I, I you know I wasn't going to say no to that. So, hmm. all right, nice. All right, so we're into the last round. Great game, great game. I just got to say, thanks, Ryan, for that great game. All right, who wants to start? Ryan, wants to start us off. There you go. My last round, uh, Mike Ballard's Demons. Oh, yeah, I played him in, uh, on Friday night. Yeah, he had the mixed list mm-hmm. with the... Uh, Tough opponent with a Bloodthirster. Bloodthirster, he's got Demonettes, he's got Horrors, he's got Blood, blood letters. letters. Two Heralds of... Corn? Yeah. Gotta, uh, gotta so, get. you know, let me get out the crutch again here, like Mr. <laughs> Fetter there. I, you know, I, I haven't played Demons since you could take them with Chaos back in, I don't know. Fifth edition. Oh. Fourth, probably, well, I was probably oh. fourth when I was. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I didn't know what these Heralds did. I mean, I, now I know you got to kill these Heralds yeah. in your combat. Oh, uh, no. Jeez. <laughs> you know? They, kill the Heralds. So, they make the unit so much better. Oh, uh-huh. oh! I did kill my shining moment was killing Skull Taker in that last game. <laughs> you know, I was like, "Oh, I killed Skull Taker! Yay!" Yeah. It was like the only thing I did to him all game. Jeez. So I managed to keep the Bloodthirster off me with some Harpies misdirection for a few turns. Um, got my best to go into his Demonettes, chopped them down in probably two turns. Uh, the Bloodletters and the Horrors charged in. Uh, the Gore Horde. Got flanked by the Bloodthirster. 
Ouch. You know, he did six or seven wounds and then rolled a six for his Thunderstomp. Another six oh. gone. And the gore herd was in a river, so I couldn't. Oh. I wasn't steadfast. So they broke and fled, got run down. But my best gores were holding up well. I, I killed off all the blood letters. Uh, my, my great brace shaman killed the corn herald. Then the horrors charged in. I inflicted 16 wounds on these horrors in one turn, and he rolled 12 ward saves. That's the killer. It's those yeah. sticking yeah, horrors. You have that herald the old yeah. four, four, up four up ward save. save. Four up ward yep. save. So we're, we're, you know, it's real close game. We're down to the last turn. I was actually up in points. I would have won this game, but I failed a stubborn eight leadership test with the best of guard fled oh. on the last turn, broke from combat. So I went down three to two because of that. Huh. Otherwise, I would have won, I would have won three to two. It's kind of a heartbreak of a game because yeah, you feel no. like you almost have it, and right. then it slips away at the and last one minute. Nice roll, but yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, roll. he was just a good player too. I, I oh, have to yeah. give the guy credit. When I played him, I mean, he just danced around me. He made me feel like I didn't know how to play at all. So yeah, and uh, you know, when you, you don't have much of an answer to that bloodthirster, it's I didn't. It's I tried tough. to. I mean, I had like a I had two turns of being able to try and shell it with artillery, and when it doesn't, when it fails to connect, yep. you kind of have to write it off. Yep. Start write it off. It's gonna it's gonna hit this turn. Yep. But, you know, it was a good game. So now I know what to do against those demons. Kill, go. kill the heralds. Kill the heralds. You got it. Grant? This is last round. Last, last round. round. Last round. Final round. Okay, so um, I was. I have to say I was a little intimidated when I walked up to the table because this was Jake Bromley, who was the overall champion from last year. And he's pretty renowned for, you know, being a, being a good player. Um, and... He's got a freaking Warriors of Chaos army with Hellcan and, and Lord of Zinchon Disc. And I'm like, oh, this is like a mirror match. Familiar. This is, well, not, I mean, a mirror match in that it's, it's your the, old no, it's list. my old army. It's my, this is the other list that I play. And I was like, oh, man. A little different from what I play. He only had one Hellcannon, but he took Throg as well, which uh, was kind of interesting. Troll King? Oh, yeah, the Troll King. King. Oh. He's, he's pretty good. He is brutal. What does he bring to the table? I mean, uh, I mean, all, all trolls can use him as the general. Um, it can Do use his leadership for the them? general. Um, I think trolls become core. Wow. He, he's he got a strength a troll five. army. Yeah. He has a strength five breath weapon. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Like yeah, a, that's like right. So, like, breath. in combat, yeah. you do 2d6. I mean, With that's no save? Uh, what's that? No armor save? I don't know if that one... I think that does, one is no armor save. Does it count like the vomit, wow. basically? I think so. Wow, yeah, wow, it's wow. pretty... Once per game, yeah. Sure. But, yeah, it's pretty hard. I was like, oh, my gosh. So, um, this game was... Like I said, I was... I was uh, a little bit uh, intimidated and starstruck by, you know, I'm like, ooh, I'm playing Jake Bromley? Wow. This is an army. It's a beautiful Saxon-themed army. Um, he's got, instead of an actual hell cannon, it's this, like, giant bear. Uh, no, it's a giant. It's a giant. He had some it's bear like a, thing last year. It's a marauder giant, was. I think. It was a war shrine. But, yeah, he had, like, a, a, a old a giant that's lobbing these rocks. It's a, I, I don't know, it's a pretty pretty cool themed army. That's right. Um, the, the fact that the prizes were based on chaos was from him winning last year. Isn't that right? Is that right, what you said? Correct, okay. yeah. Yeah, so he's the reason why they, they chose that. And, man, I mean, that list is tough. And this is another game where I, um, 
I was really surprised by the maneuverability of the ogres, my ability. I mean, I, I outmaneuvered him so much. It's the only way that I won that game. Um, he even pointed out at the end of the game, hey, how did you win? So I won. I, you know, I gave the big reveal. I won this game. Um, but simply on my saber tusks blocking his ability to charge his um when he did win a combat he had to overrun and me you know taking advantage of that and and basically he overran himself out of where he needed to go um and really a a key wisson's wild form going off that uh really swung a combat so um but other than that it was all maneuverability and being able to take because i think you got it was straight victory points but you got extra victory points for taking table quarters so i was able to um, pretty much deny him any table quarters, and I took, I think, two of them with my banners and um, also got pretty heavy victory points. But not only the maneuverability, but also the having those giant units that he, he knocked me down to. You know, there's like three guys in one unit, including the characters, and uh, I think it was only three or, three or four in the other unit as well. But because those units are so big and there's so many points in those units... It was like you might as well have not done anything at all because I get to keep those points for those units. So having those big units, I think, is key for ogres. Um, you don't have to go hoard, but you know, taking those big units so that you, know, you, you got to do twenty wounds to them before. Point denial. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. kind of point denial. But yeah, th- man, that list. I am such a douche for playing Warriors, let me tell you. <laughs> I, I was just scared. I'm like, I do not want to get into combat with that. I don't want to get in combat with that. But uh, now I see why you dance around me, Chris, with your dancey, fruity high elves. You can't really, you can't really engage him on the, on the Chaos Not Warriors terms. terms. Yeah, no you've got to no. do something to him before you can feel safe to close the ranks. That's it. Which is I usually mean, even, turn six. He, right. he had a horde of marauders, which was probably only 200. Horde, horde of marauders with great weapons. I, I never put any stock into my marauders, but I'm probably going to take some now because those, those marauders did a number on my ogres with great weapons. Holy cow. I mean, 250 yeah, points versus my probably, you know, with my characters well, in a probably 600-point units. They're dirt compared to the Warriors, and they got no armor save, but when you can take 50 of them, it's yeah. just like any other right. thing you can take 50 of that has yeah, no armor just, save. You, you start care? treating them like beastmen. Well, with this quantity, they're going to do what they were supposed to do in the first place. Yeah, a great weapon is strength 5, it's right? Strength 5, it, yeah. 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 Weapons yeah. go 4. And how much skill, is weapon skill four, weapon skill initiative four. four. Aren't yeah. they four? But are they, I mean, great weapon. How much are marauders? They're five points a model, right? Five points. And then you get, what, extra two for great weapons? No, I think they're one five maybe? with great weapons. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, no, 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 no. I think they're four points plus one with the great weapon. Jeez, that's stupid. <laughs> Chaos Warriors cheap. Maybe yeah. six. Yeah. No, yeah, because it's only maybe two hundred six. Yeah, two hundred and fifty points for a unit of corn. They no, are. It's, it's two hundred. That's ridiculous. So their night goblin is three points. So it's five with yeah. great weapons. Yeah, Marauders, yeah, they're like they four also points, have, but they don't cut. Yeah, you, I mean, wow. you could give them the extra stuff, but they don't cut. Something they come that with I find is, I think, is to their disadvantage as well as their large base size. So if you're taking a horde, you're taking a horde of 25. Yeah, you're on the big horde. Instead right. of small, so you're not going to get in as many attacks usually. It's harder to get yeah. a full oh, horde's worth of attacks. Cry, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to call the ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll line up nicely against a horde of, like, say, Savage Orcs. Yeah. Yeah, but they'll they'll kick their butts. What? The, no, the uh, orcs. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, what are you gonna do? Right. And how did your game? last game go, Mister? You? My last game. We'll put it in air quotes. <laughs> What's the air I quotes played uh, uh, Ryan's uh, former opponent, Rocky Zabrowski. He's the guy. Uh, Club Auto Break. He had the Dark Elves 
level four shadow, level oh, two him? shadow. Yeah. He just yeah. signed up for bits. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he's coming yeah. to bits. Yeah, I was I was uh, kind of selling it to him. Like, yeah, after you finish uh, wiping the table with me, sign up for bits and come on and play. So he did. I was happy to see that he did that. But uh, I'll be running the tournament, so I don't have to get kicked. Right, my ass kicked right. again. But you know, going into this game, I thought, okay, I, I, it's going to be a uphill could, battle for me with all the shadow magic. Easy players. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing. I'm going to get destroyed. Well, you got to, you know, <laughs> I got to tighten my game. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. We get some retarded monkeys in there, so Please. I have a chance at winning something. <laughs> <laughs> I get the not retarded monkey award. <laughs> anyway, your game. So yeah, I with all the magic that he had going and the, the hydra and everything, I, I was I knew I was in for a uh, uphill battle. Yeah. When on top of turn one, when I blew my mage up and killed him, Ooh. casting a foot of gork, that pretty much sealed the deal. Now wait a second, because uh, before this you were saying you could afford to lose your ma- your mage, and mm-hmm. it's not a big deal. But if you lose them too soon, it really is, isn't it? Especially in this case where he's so magic dependent. I need my level four. I need that plus four bonus to help dispel. Yeah. And if I don't have that, I mean, he just had his way with me in magic. Pit of Shades here, wither this whole block, then shoot him up. So the weakness the is go ahead and get him killed, but hopefully it won't happen on turn one. Is that really it? Uh, but against this particular build, I think even if I had him, I'd still be in for a tough a heavy magic a army. Game. Yeah. 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 I mean, he had the sack dagger, so he would. If he failed to get a spell off, he'd just kill a guy. Yeah, it did go off. Sure, it's a lovely you know? list. I, I yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was tough. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. So he, uh, th- that was kind of a non game. So I got just wiped. I didn't get, I don't think I got any points that game. Okay. Oh. Well. I think you have to get one. I don't think you can't get one. <laughs> Maybe. I. I was robbed. You got one. They took it away. Uh, yeah, I think you get one lo- one point four loss. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it did. So it's only one. a three point spread between win right. and lose. So every every point matters. It's airtight. Right. Hmm. So All right. So, um, so we're down to it at this point. We're going to be into the award ceremony, and uh, Grant Fetter is on the on the on the lineup. Yeah, they they call me up and. Uh, um, I did a, a man of intrigue that was pretty pretty outrageous. So I, I won for the best man of intrigue model. Yay! So I got, yay! Can best I can, man of intrigue uh, model. If you send a picture, I could make that the uh, oh yeah main picture for yeah. the show this episode. I'll send you a picture because I love it. Pull you, one off a of Wisco Dice. Well, you sent me the little video. <laughs> And then the lights start flashing, the music's playing, the disco balls are throwing. I'm like, what the hell? Like, the middle of the night, I'm sitting down here, like, cleaning up down here, and I'm like, this video pops up. I'm like, what the hell is this? That was awesome. I loved yeah, it. My Man of Intrigue had a display base as well. It was pretty cool. Oh, it had lights yeah, and disco music ogre and, and interactive. And, yeah, yeah. That, no, that was, that was really awesome. They, they said that, uh, that they think that my Man of Intrigue is going to set the bar higher, though, for next year, and that people are all going to kind of go a little bit over the top, because I was the only one that did anything like that, and everybody else was a model. And I mean, there were models that were way better than my model, but, but just because I... There's didn't have a soundtrack. And, yeah, yeah there's didn't have a soundtrack. Or just go yeah, off. Or flash lights. With or, yeah. So they think that's co- that's coming next year. So. Sorry, right, I'm going to put my next Bring year Bring your A-game for Man of Intrigue next year. <laughs> I think I know what I'm doing for next year, too. Mm-hmm. Already. <laughs> Grant, Grant's going to hire a stripper to bring the model in and show it to them. So it's, There's a delivery system. That is actually a great yeah, idea. I, was about to say, I like that idea. <laughs> I like that idea. Uh, okay, so one third is the uh, one third is the gaming. So what are the other two thirds? Uh, mustache contest, getting your list in on time, so painting scores. Okay, so a third of the point, so a third is the sportsmanship. 
and then a third is your painting score. Okay, so a third is the sportsmanship. So what does sportsmanship entail? Just Are you just being ranked by your well, opponents? Well, the, the sportsmanship or? is not only being ranked, so there's there's possibilities of give, getting uh, sportsmanship, like, extra bonus points. But then uh, um, there's also, I mean, a lot of that was what they call etiquette points. Um, I, I don't know. It seems like it's a pretty common thing here, but I don't hear about that a lot elsewhere where you get that, you, you get a point, a tournament point. When you say elsewhere, do you mean on the Midwest or no, do you mean outside you, I mean, of the U.S.? Outside, no, outside the U.S. and outside the Midwest, really. Okay. Um, yeah, cause I know a lot of the, I mean, when we talked, when we had Dan and Wayne on the show, they, they I mean, soft scores are just, like, frowned upon. For them, the game is more regulated because they have a comp, so they're right. expecting more out of the game itself, perhaps. Right. So I would I would think that they would consider that to be a little extraneous to what they're trying to do with the comp system. Right. You can tell that the way that they set their comp, so you can you can basically determine the attitude and the atmosphere of your tournament by how you set your scoring. And I think everybody knows that, especially since this is the third year now, and their their scorings remained relatively similar as far as the, the battle to sports to paint ratio. And, and that's the type of mentality and uh, atmosphere that they've created for this tournament. It's why I loved it last year. And even for a player like myself who, you know, I like the game, I like the battle, I like the battle points, I want to crush my opponent. That's what makes this a, a an event. We you got know that what on I mean? tape. Don't worry. Yeah, that's okay. Whatever. <laughs> I, I never deny it. I never I deny it. So, so the um, but that's what makes this event something so different. You know, mm-hmm. it made me, you know, Grand Handsome and Fetter not want to bring a, 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 you know, two hell cannons. You know, it made me want to do that because I wanted to be there for the experience and not for, you know, not to crush my opponent. So, and that's just the attitude that you get from all of the players. I don't think any of us had a player. That so for next year, you'll bring Tomb Kings then. You're going to go really fluffy. <laughs> no. Didn't you listen to that episode where we talked about least favorite things oh, that's right. in the world? That. that was like my number one least favorite thing, I think. No, that was Storm Magic. Well, Pekka helped my Tomb King army. They had a they had a raffle at the end of it uh, that was going to educational charities in Wapaka. And uh, I, hap- I, what, I spent 20 bucks on 12 raffle tickets, and I won twice in a row. So Really? Yeah. I just, I What'd won, you win? I, I didn't won, even hear uh, about this. I won three uh, Necro Knights, and then I did, picked up some more Bretonians for my Bretonian army. Sweet. I didn't nice. hear about yeah. that. Like one, they read one ticket, and I was walking on the way back, and they read another one. I looked, and I'm like, turned around. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Thanks, guys. What, what do you think about that uh Chris, I'm, I'm, I'm interested just about the scoring system because I remember I came back last year and I said, eh, I don't know if I really like the scoring system, you know, because it was so soft score oriented. But, I mean, it really does create the atmosphere that they want to create. I mean, well, I, mean well, I, was here, said, I was looking at this, the scores uh, when they posted them, and it seemed like most people got most of the etiquette sportsmanship scores. I mean, it didn't seem super difficult to get those points. Right, right, and it was all turning your list in on time, turning your paying on time, um, showing up to your games on time, getting your uh, your your responses your to your game, your score sheets turned in on time. Buy the raffle uh-huh. tickets, Buy, yeah, right. buying, participating in the raffle, yeah, yeah, participating in the mustache contest. So basically, participating in all facets of the whole weekend got you. Got you. Yeah, you, and it was yeah like you're not there just to play. You're there to be a part of the whole experience. To participate. Right. You know? I, I will say, uh, to get back to your question, Grant, at, at tournament's end, I thought about the experience and everything, and I had a great time, but I would put more stock into reading up on the scenarios, which they posted beforehand, reading those and doing a little bit more due diligence and preparing my list for those. In particular, with my list, 
I think I would probably stick a banner on my unit of fast cav, which I never would have done before because it typically would be a free 100 points back in 7th edition. But if you're still playing them to get them killed, wouldn't you just be throwing them away? Not necessarily. I guess it gives you the option to keep them in the back and just protect them, right? And to, in the one scenario where you win table quarters by having the most fortitude, mm-hmm. I can run that unit out there at the end of the game to claim a table quarter. So that, that, that wolf unit, moving movement 8, I could run it out there. Right, I mean those scenarios were posted beforehand. So, thinking back, yeah, I think that's I, what I, I should have. I think as a ONG player, I would have probably taken. You know, are they still core wolf riders? I'm taking yeah. like four units of them. You know, just to uh, with I don't a know if I would take it. that many, but well, they're not that expensive. I mean, just they have good. to run out there and get. I know, but you don't get them engaged with anything. Keep them right on the edge of the board. That's less savage orcs the, that I have to. You know what I mean? So you kind of okay have to with play with points. <laughs> I'm okay with. That. Yeah. So, so I mean, you. But you felt yeah, like instead the, of taking a hell cannon, just take an s load of dogs. Oh, that's well. If the scenario said the most the models, most dogs, you know, <laughs> yeah. in a most dogs on the know, table wins. I win. Yeah, I would take it. Yeah. But no, I, I would put more stock into reading and preparing for the scenarios. I, I kind of glossed glossed over them. I thought, oh, okay, I should be able to handle it, but. Uh, Having the one banner on the wolf unit, I think, could have gone a long way. We, we talked a, a lot about this when we were preparing for bits last year and how um, not only the, the not just the value that you give to things, but also the spreads and how does that actually affect the players. I mean, how do you feel that those spreads were? Uh, I, uh, does that make sense? I mean, the fact that pretty much everybody got etiquette points, is it even worth to have the etiquette points? Or I, I understand what they're doing. I mean, yeah. they're trying to facilitate a good uh, atmosphere of camaraderie. It helps the overall event run more smoothly. Right. I can understand that. But and, but also it puts more uh, importance on each individual point. I mean, there's absolutely no margin for error. You know what I mean? On those points. Every single well, point. I, th- I think huge. that some of those points, like one of, you got a point for turning your list on time, which isn't necessarily good for the tournament once it gets going, but it's great for them beforehand. Right, and if everybody does it, then everybody gets the point, and there's no, you know, nobody really suffers because of it. Well, no, so, but if everyone gets okay. those points, then it makes every single win that much more that important. much more important. Right, every single little. The, it's one just point. that one point that will. Well, that's why that that's one of the reasons why I put so much stock into uh, my man of intrigue because one of those paint scores. So that's one pip. Right. One of the paint scores says five people or more, more voted for your. Man of intrigue. So I'm like, I got to get five people to vote for mine. How do I do that? <laughs> and you know, I did what I had to to get that one point. Disco ogres. Dis- Disco ogres. Yeah. I appreciate the painting, painting score part of it too. I think yeah. that's a very important part of a, a tournament atmosphere. I, yeah, I think you I, have to I like it. I mean, even though I don't necessarily feel like I'm gonna, I would be able to hit that level right now. The fact that everyone else, a lot of other people around me can, I it like makes for the- a spectacular looking table. Uh, half the half the armies there were glorious. Just look, look, they look terrific. There are so many good armies. Yeah, I, I I've really come to believe that paint scores are really. I mean, they're just really. It's really important if you're going to do a whole hobby, a whole hobby aspect for your for your tournament. As well, long as you got the 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 criterion listed ahead of time, well, it just makes the game more fun to play. Yeah, you know. Yep. Have you ever played in a Art Boys event where painting is not required? No, uh, I've played in a lot of tournaments where painting aren't required. It, uh, not in, not necessarily Warhammer Fantasy, but other tournaments where painting was less of a requisite. It, well, the I, I can't speak to those, but the, as far as the Art Boys, it definitely feels. No, I've never played in Art Boys. Uh, no, 
more sterile. Okay. You're just looking at a big army of uh, plastic and metal, and I don't like it. Yeah, it's it's I very mean, okay, I can't bland. <laughs> I've played a million games with plastic, but yeah, I mean, pretty much most everything I play with right, is unpainted most of the time. At a I tournament mean, so or a casual Well, no, game. not at a tournament. But at a tournament, I think you come to expect a little bit. Yeah, no, it's one thing if you're just trying stuff out with your friends. But right, right, sure. Right. I mean, that's, that's, that's the majority of my games are Yeah, I mean, most of our games are down here. Which sure, are, but, but, but I mean, in a tournament setting, I think In a tournament setting, I expect, I expect something different. Yeah. And I think and that you you should expect something different. And, and, sure. I, and I tr- and I try to exceed minimum requirements. I, and I think I've succeeded. I mean, my armies aren't gorgeous, but I've always gotten more than min- than the base points. You know what I'm saying? I've either had a little bit of a conversion or something painted that's got me a little bit. I've tried to at least keep it. You know, I know I'm not the best, and I know they're not a gorgeous army, but I at least want to be there where people are looking at my army saying, you know, they, that they appreciate playing against the table from it. Maybe not how you were gushing over the guy's chaos army that was gorgeous and it was amazing and it had this whole theme, but at least someone look across the table and say, oh, that's really cool, or something something in there that catches someone's eye. I remember you gushing over that, uh, um, that the guy that was there, Hag- uh, Hagen. The um, the Empire Army from Adepticon. Oh, the, that the is Witch the most Hunter. gorgeous freaking army <laughs> ever. I, I didn't you. realize who that yeah, you were talking there. about. Yeah, dude. Okay, and if anyone hasn't seen this, I posted pictures of it. He took a steam tank. He built a, a like a floor and walls on the top, and the thing has ten wounds. And he 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 custom did witch hunters, so they've all got black coats, big black hats. They're like freaking um, V for Vendetta without the mask. They've all got their guns, and that's his wound. Wound counters. You know, that army was in White Dwarf, I just found out. Was it? Know it's that. amazing. Yeah. It is. Um, it was the last game I played at Adepticon, and I was so happy to get a chance to play against this guy and see this army. He, In fact, they had a little table set up at Adepticon. Like, it was not a little table. It was a little, uh, just a building they had put there. And he had made this, like, you know, like the general's tent for, like, in the back of the field. So it was so nice. I'm like, why don't we just swap it out for this piece of terrain? So we like putting his terrain out, but like using the little guys on top with the guns as the wound counters. I'm like, how many wounds do you have left? He's like, however many guys are on top. So is it taking wounds? He's just picking the guy when they're all dead. They can't drive. He had one guy up there like the driver. He had all the cloaks and the hats for all the outriders. I mean, that was an amazing army. That's awesome. That's that a smart was, idea versus like a little die. Yeah, yeah. and he said he played. I mean, he said he's been that that his hobby portion of playing Warhammer has been this army. He's been working on it forever. And it showed. I was floored. I mean, I look at that. When people say, what what would you aspire if you could make an army and like do custom pieces? That's the army that pops in my head every time. And I've gone and seen a lot of these nice displays and a lot of nice... You know, Golden Demon stuff when we go to Games Day. But when someone says, if you're going to make, you know, customize all the pieces and make it uh, uniquely yours, that's the army I think of. It's freaking amazing. Well, there were a lot of armies that were at that level of quality. Domus's was amazing. His Wood Elf army. I mean, it was like it was like getting lost in the thicket looking at his army. Uh, Just dryads and Wood Elves that you could barely see because the bases were uh, swirling branches. And you actually had to look carefully to find the elf on the base. Surrounded by the woods. That's cool. Yeah, it's something else. Uh, and I'm not trying to take away from what anyone else did, but I'm just saying, when you mentioned, I didn't realize that's who right, you were right, playing right. against. Yeah, yeah, God yeah. bless America. I love that army. 
Dennis Gooney, of course, was there with his, uh, what is it called, the Servants of Slanesh. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've seen that a couple of times now. It's still tremendous. Every time I see that banner, I love it. The way he painted, putting the things coming out of the banner and then the mm-hmm. perfect paint job to make it look like the banner's twisted. And actually, I thought I was actually twisted and coming out a little bit more than it was, but it was just his paint job. So I just And just, just for the curiosity, though, of, of talking, because I, I love the... Uh, I love how this tournament ended up. I loved everything that happened because of this tournament. I love playing at this tournament. But, um, like, looking at the scores right now, so the top paint score was 19 points. Out of okay. a possible 20. Out of a possible of 20. 20. That was the top. Okay. And it this looks to me. Goblin. We, yes. Brian yeah, Miller, great. Yeah, great. great army. Beautiful army. Beautiful. He won last um, year's best painted, too, if I recall. No, I, I didn't. Didn't he win it with Bretonians? Yeah. No, he took player's choice last year. Oh, okay. No, maybe he took best painted. Yeah, Bretonians won best painted, I remember. Was I it? think that was him. Yeah. Was it him? Yeah, maybe no, he took man, it. Yeah, he won core comp, too, I think, with the same yeah, he did. core army. Okay, so anyway, so um, just the swing. So so the painted score, 19 points. It looks to me like an average here um, was about 14, maybe even a 13, because there were several, like, 11s and, and lower that actually broke yeah. down. So th- with the average score, so that's a five-point swing. So think about that in relation to, and that's directly relational to the battle points. So five points worth for, for an average army to the best army. I mean, is that, I think it's great. I, th- I Personally, it keeps mine it tight. Is, yeah, that, I guess. is that, is uh, that, uh, mine is that it really enhances that experience with the, you know, that's my belief with the with the painted armies, and I mean everybody really brings their A game to have their armies painted, but still, I mean five points when your spread between your best game and your worst game is only three points. So, and in most games you could get objectives. So, I mean, are you does saying that, that makes sense painting... that that the painting was weighted really heavy? I mean that that's really yeah, but like compare that orc and goblin army to some MLS painted army, and that that one's way better. I yeah, mean, you know? I, I I get it, but I'm I'm only playing devil devil's advocate, and I'm yeah, but that's it's it's subjective. It's subjective. You know, it's like if if I if you want something to eat and I cook you a bake you a chocolate cake and you don't like chocolate, that's it is what it is. There's nothing I can do about it. And I, I'm not disputing that this is bad, and I don't. I'm sure that probably the the point boys will listen to this because Wapaka coverage. I, I I'm not saying anything bad about it. I love it. I think it's great. I love you know this tournament is something different from everything else. And I'm I not and I'm not complaining or and I'm not saying that someone scored Chris wrong. I didn't see the points, but I just I'm wondering at what the level was because I've seen what well, he paints. The way that they broke it down is they had so many points for subjective or uh, objective. Uh, three color minimum, all base the same, that sort of thing. Then they had three bonus points that were what they call a subjective. Did this army have advanced painting? Did it have advanced sculpting? Uh, I, I forget what the other one was. Did it have like a wow factor or something like that? Does so. sculpting include conversion work? Correct. Okay, exactly right. So uh, whoever, but it, is, but it is subjective, and you have to you have to be ready to say I may disagree, but we're going to have to go along with the for the ride. Right. I mean, you have to do that. They may not like chocolate cake. There you go. Did yeah. you have conversions and stuff like that? I mean, was a, was fourteen a pretty fair score based off of the subjectives? Uh, I mean, did you have five yeah, people? Every single for your one of his models, he hand sculpted himself. Out I, of, I'm um, being <laughs> serious. I didn't. I mean, I don't know if he had any 
I don't know if you had any real conversions. I, I did have some conversions, but they were subtle. Like uh, the BSB was a former character. You know, I took uh-huh. his weapon off and gave him a you know the big banner. Okay, but it, it it's so subtle that it might look like a store bought miniature. I yeah, I, I have the same thing with my bull centaurs. Mm-hmm. I have a drummer that kind of just looks like he was bought that way. So it's, right. there's no way to tell. Right. You know, I, to be honest, I wasn't expecting any of the uh, like the man of intrigue. I didn't think I was going to get five votes for that. Right. Uh, I have a I, I have it here and it's six points for the army painted to a three color standard. Okay. One if the army has a consistent basing scheme. One if the army has matching movement trays. One if there's a matching display board. One if they have a consistent paint scheme. So it's similar. So so far you're at so ten. ten. You've burned um, all of those, yeah. I would assume. Are all our models noticeably and consistently highlighted or shaded? One. Are there noticeable conversions? One. Do the character models stand out? One. Is there both a man of intrigue model and objective marker? One. So that's 14. So, yeah, that's your 14 right there. So that's basically your objective points. And there's subjective points, which were, does this army theme extend beyond paint to include modeling, basing, display base, display base, and actual unit selection? One point. Does this army display a high level of technical painting skill? Does this army display a high level of technical modeling skill? Um, and those were three. And then there's raw paint score, or that was that was your raw paint score. And then you could also get votes. So did this army receive five plus players' choice votes? One point. Did this army's man of intrigue receive five plus players' choice votes? One point. And is this army receiving the best army award? One point. So only one person is going to get that. Only one person is right. getting yeah. that. How do you determine the best army? Is that just like players? Players vote. Vote? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Best appearance. Yep. Or is this army receiving the best army award? The one that they pick for the best army. That one gets the point. Oh, okay. Right. So they're not doing it by scores then for best army. They're just like doing collectively it. the judges decide. Okay. And then, I mean, I know who a couple of the judges were, and some of them were only so-so. Again, it it's like well, I, no, one no. of them I know is a very good painter. So, so uh, you know, again, it could be who judges it. But I think they had, you know, every each judge judged each army. Was it? I think they did. Yeah, I saw several I had, people. They take I the had average people with the clipboard. They took the average yeah. then of right. all the scores. Yeah. So, but my, you know, my question is: is five is a five point spread from average to the best army from average to the best, not the full spread? So the full spread was maybe you know, ten I points. Mean, maybe there's an eight. No, I think I think I got a zero. Still above average, though. Yeah, one guy got a zero. I don't know. Got a zero. Really? I could have sworn I looked. I if you look at those final scores, maybe yeah. I saw like an eight. I think in there. I but it, yeah, I just assumed someone showed up late and didn't have a fully painted army. Well, there, there was, was there were one or two that were like bare minimum requirement, three colors. Yeah. That's it. I just assumed, I, unless I misread it, but I could have sworn when I rolled down to see it, because I looked at the paint scores and I stuff. Saw, like. I saw it systematically every table uh, since I didn't actually get to play. I saw I walked by every table every single round, and there were a few armies, only a very, very few, where there were a few models here and there that were clearly not, that were getting by by the skin of their teeth by the core minimum rules. Like, here's a dot, there's a dot, the rest of this is a, is a dip. You know, like bare minimum three color. Okay. And they would, I think an eight would be justified for a few of those. But still, so, I mean, that spread right there, if that person, you know, wiped the whole board, there's no way they could have, you know, if they got perfect, a perfect score of battle points, 
They wouldn't have even they scored. They can't the, even be a top they, 10. They, they wouldn't be top 10. They wouldn't be top 20. So it's almost like the uh, some of the feedback that we got for bits from last year in that some people felt painting was weighted too heavily and that it predetermined, in a way, who was going to do better than others before right. and I think even this started. Is, is that what you're saying? Well, yeah. I'm, I'm no. not necessarily even saying that. I'm just wondering how you guys feel about that. I, I love what it does. I love the the... The, the amount of talent that it brings to the table and the amount that everybody, I mean, on Twitter, everybody's like, you got to bring your A game. It's, it's Wapaka. You know, your, your you hobby have to, you know, yeah, well, yeah. this goes your hobby a little bit to even that whole episode discussion where we talked about my idea of paint scores, where you could, if you can, you could come with an unpainted army, but you're guaranteed not to win. But this one is actually a little different because um, someone said, well, you know, I, I come in with this, you know, um, you know, that was. I guess some of the some of the concerns were, you know, do you, you know, you go to it, you know, you can't win. You're going there to play, and you automatically know there's no chance you're going to win because you just can't paint that well. I mean, they have they have a best general score though, so you could just win best general. Okay, you, you okay. could. Yeah, you well, could still true. win okay. best general. So you could you could trounce. You can get four points for all five of your games and get that award at least. You could get that award. Right? Okay, mm-hmm. I think I'm okay with the scoring. The way they have it set up because it's billed as a hobbies. Well, Wapaka's reputation, I think, it, it, it earns kind of that kind of scoring system. I think it's appropriate for that one. I wouldn't want to see it for every single one, but I would not want to see it gone from every tournament. And I definitely think that in terms of, of Wapaka, that's that's what they're meant to be. It's kind it's, of their identity. Yeah, it is their I identity. Mean, their, their main prizes are all hand-built you know, helmets and we, weapons. We never and even mentioned those. We should at least bring up, I think Bear made them all, right? Yes, he did. They were spec effing tacular. I could not believe the quality that I, I, there was a helmet that was straight out of Warhammer Fantasy. It was a chaos helmet. It was amazing. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, they had a giant axe. They had a giant shield. They had this helmet, or this hammer made out of. You said what was it? A Heineken pony Heineken keg. Pony <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> that was kind of the gag one. But the other ones were were spot on, like as, as if they would have been used. By a chaos warrior. I mean, the, the yeah. horns. He had the real helmet, yeah, animal horns great. coming out of the helmet. Incredible. That shield mm. was just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. So, so wait, who won the best overall? What's it going to be for next year? Who won it? Uh, Nickel won with his demons. Yeah, demons. So I was wondering. Oh, what did do? Demon, I don't know. Or demons. Demon things. I don't know. I guess demons. And he actually won the a demon prince crown. I don't even think we brought that one up. So for best overall, they won a, an actual crown, a demon prince crown. He brought a demon prince. So, and they won fitting. the best club too. This year, but next year. Next year, next year. NW who? NW two. That's right. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> what are you talking about? You're part of NW two. I know, but I just didn't know we had that. We had a little uh, <laughs> little jingle. <laughs> yeah, NW who? NW two. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Sound that, off. I, guess, I guess just to sort of wrap up what you were saying. I mean. I don't really mind the point differential. The five points make, makes a big difference. It, it's nice in their system because the points are relatively tight. So the difference of a few points, I guess, makes all the difference. And in the case of Wapaka, I think it fits. I think it fits the bill. I just, it's interesting to me because I have such a different opinion this year um, from last year. Because last year I came home and I'm like, it was awesome. I drank so much beer and it was a great time. But I really wish I would have done better because I crushed some of my opponents and I came in like 18th, you know, what the heck? But you're going, o- you're going I got an okay painted army. I you got were going okay. in with the uh, attitude of best general, though, and you probably yeah. got very yeah. close to that, right? Uh, I, I don't know because I didn't play to the scenario oh. last oh. year. Okay. I mean, I, you know, I, I 
be a wiped some table, but you know, didn't play to the scenario. And I came to the t- you know to the tournament this time, and I really you know I, I knew what I was planning on. I, I knew what to expect. So it was uh, uh, it was a much even better experience for me this time because I knew what to expect. I knew what I was going in for with these games, and I knew it was a hobby tournament. I had just that much more of a good time. So 2013, here we come. Hmm. You're going you're right, coming, David. Dave. It depends on what weekend it no, is. You're coming. It's at the end of January. Uh, I'm not telling my uh, seven-year-old uh, daughter. Sorry, bring her with. I gotta bring go her play Warhammer. You gotta bring her with. Right. I'm gonna bring her with all you, all the pedophile mustache-looking guys. Whoa, I'm gonna bring whoa, my little whoa, angel. Whoa. <laughs> that was the other guys. <laughs> Those are the other guys. I promise we will not serve her any MSG. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I definitely want to go. I wanted to go this year. I was pissed off. I mean, it's kind of actually, it's fortunate I didn't go because our entire our entire show crashed on iTunes. If I hadn't been home, it fire. would have been bad. So fair enough. It's fortunate for Domus's butt that you didn't go. Fingers of steel. Wait Gross. till bits. <laughs> I'm sure he's waiting. He is. I'm sure he's counting the days. He's this many days till I get my I ass think, squeezed. I don't think he's going to make it to bits. No, no, I don't think. Yeah, he's not. Twitter. Oh, but he's going to Acon. I'll get him there. Yeah, there you go. Oh yeah. Well, there we go. You guys can get a room, and I don't need a do room what you need to do. So anyway, Wapaka. So what? Uh, You're pointing what place at Chris. Did you come in, Mister Mister Utang. I don't know the exact number, but I think it was like bottom third. Bottom third. You oh, came yeah. in bottom third. Oh really? yeah. yeah, yeah. You can blame Domus for that, right? Go ahead and blame. Sure, Dom- yeah. I'll, I'll blame Domus. Blame, for that. Let's blame. Let's all blame Domus. You yeah. have that bad a battle. What, what was your scores? Four. Those darn four. paint scores. God. No, I'm just kidding. I think it ended with uh, thirteen. Thirteen battle, fourteen paint, and I think fourteen or fi- fifteen sports. I think okay. is what it was. Yeah. Where you, Ryan, where'd you come in? I was right in the middle. Like I had at fourteen battle points, fourteen or fifteen sports, and I got I got a sixteen painting. Best in the the NW two crew. Yeah, sweet. Represent and, and a mustache and yeah. the mustache. And you oh, did yeah, take course. a manly mustache, and you are you are a direct right. representative for the best goddamn banner that I have ever seen. Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> I got fifth place. Woo-hoo. Nice job! Nice fifth place with the ogres. That nice, I've never nice. played that list before. <laughs> <laughs> my God, Dave! I'm gonna lose! I'm gonna lose all my games. This is this thing. I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, team. What were you worrying about? Can't you just be happy for me? Damn it! I am happy for you. I just quit <laughs> playing it. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Well, I guess. That's that should sum it up, really. I mean, Wapaka was tremendous. And uh, next year, I'm going to sign up before I get on a stinking waiting list. I came in 75th place. <laughs> Out of 74? <laughs> 74. No, I thought you won. You I won. I won. Wapaka. I did win Wapaka. <laughs> I was the winner. I am the winner. The winner. <laughs> All oh. of them I won. <laughs> I just won the whole thing. There you go. I guess next episode we'll be talking about our campaign because campaign's running full swing. A little more VC stuff, I think, and then uh, I don't know what else, but um, whatever we feel like. Guys, first of all, thanks for coming. 
Thanks for coming to sure. uh, Thanks for having us. being on the show. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Big yeah. Noble. Welcome, yeah. yeah. Actually, hey. we need to get you back on so you can talk about your beasties. You got it. Yes. We'll talk some beasts. Yeah. Do Sweet. With the manliest mustache. With the manliest mustache. You got it. Right here. So, yeah, uh, guys, seriously, thank you for coming on. And So what do you think? You think maybe in a month, month and a half, they're going to actually start making an announcement for the next Empire book? You know, everyone kept saying that, you know, when the VC came out in January, well, February will just be a, a, a extra models month. And five, well, basically, if you look under Lord of the Rings on the GW site, if you look under the armies, they have it listed into five sections. Hmm. And now they've basically come out with, they've redone all the books. They've compiled all those little sub booklets into five main books the armies of men the armies of the free peoples mm -hmm. so we had a book last week we got five our book last month we got five books this month i'm gonna start playing lord of the rings what do you guys think you want to play with me i've uh, got the minds of moria set if you want to give it a shot i bought that's the first thing i bought before i started playing warhammer no uh, we, but I'll, I'll play some war machine with you if you want okay that sounds better okay <laughs> ouch <laughs> um but then uh I worked for GW. I don't know. During the launch of the Lord of the Rings stuff. Yeah, no kidding. No fun. Uh, I, you know, but they were like great sellers in the mall there. Maybe I've I got mine. Yeah, and the no. kids come walking through and it's like, oh, we got this Lord like of the, the Rings. Movie, only yeah. 40 yeah. bucks. Look at this. Come play this. Yeah, I mean, 40 bucks. Their parents are Good looking models, though. Nonstop. Yeah, I like yeah. the Balrog. I, st I keep still uh, looking at the Balrog needing to. I want to buy it for the Kadai Destroyer for the Chaos Dwarfs. But Don't it's 60 take the bucks. Kadai Destroyer, Chris. I'm it's just it. cheesy. It's I'm just. I'm cheesing out. You want to be like me, Chris? Don't take the Kadai Destroyer because then then it wouldn't. It won't be as impressive when Grant takes two. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> What's that commercial from Bad Dice? Uh, submit to the filth or what? Yeah. Embrace, Embrace the, the filth, Augie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I personally think the end of this month, in a week or so, you're going to see just uh, probably for March, you'll just see some models, like a second wave or a couple second waves coming out. But I think for April, you'll definitely see. That my guess is Empire in April. You probably won't see any more 40k books until the the new uh, the new sixth ad in June or whatever. That's my guess. All right. Well, listen. So, uh, folks, tune in in a couple of weeks, and um, we'll have more stuff for you, guys. Thanks for coming. We could you we haven't gotten a new iTunes review lately, and. Uh, the weather's starting to get warmer. You should think about getting yourself a garage hammer t-shirt to wear to Adepticon. The weather's still cold. Buy yourself a garage hammer hoodie. Or buy yourself a hoodie. Exactly. Get the new iPhone 4. Get a cover. That's what you need. A garage hammer phone cover. But other than that, folks, see you in a couple weeks. Have a good night, guys. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. We invite you to join us on Facebook at Garage Hammer Podcast and to follow us on Twitter. If you wish to email us, you can reach Christopher at garagehammeratlive.com. You can reach David at david at garagehammer.net. And if you want to reach the both of us, you can reach us at garagehammeratlive.com. If you enjoyed the show, please let others know about us by leaving us a positive review on iTunes. Amen.